Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio, among many other things. So come along with us, won't you? All right. Hey, Leah, how's it going this week with you? I, this week, found out that there is a Twitter account that spoofs me. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I I thought that this was just a, ham, like, there's a ham radio, po- like, parody account. Right. Um, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just for everybody. But then his wife showed up. Yes. And it's very specifically the same avatar or like the same avatar you use on Discord. Yes, I'm wearing a mask mm-hmm. in my Discord picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, this Twitter avatar also is a woman wearing a mask. Hilarious. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going to say what the Twitter um, at is it's not gonna be because I'm not going to I'm not going to feed it. <laughs> but I was actually like, is this is this terrible? I was kind of flattered. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly not the expectation that I think they have. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Thank you. No, I mean, I just I didn't ever think I would I would make an impression on somebody enough to spoof me. <laughs> It's pretty funny. It's it's mainly jabs at another account, which I assume is a parody of you and right. and other and other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh, it's so funny. The fact that people spend calories thinking about doing this kind of stuff, and it's like, guys. I mean, I will guys. say that it's not that the account says anything mean about me. It's really just being used as a weapon <laughs> against so funny against the uh originating account <laughs> it, it yeah it's 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 i guess well thought out yeah i um, mean it took if, some time if you're gonna make a universe mm-hmm. like really commit right? right so kudos build build that narrative that you've been building in your brain i like it so thank good. you thank nice you for including me yeah <laughs> Well, thanks again, everybody, for coming out to the Ham Radio Crash Course. We like to kick off the podcast with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And today's minute is going to kind of talk a little bit about something that I'm now on my fourth year of doing. What? Wow. Every Christmas, we make something specific into an antenna. Well, you make something that's not supposed to be an antenna into an antenna. Arguably, well, in general, I like to do that for fun, but... Every Christmas, we take Christmas lights and we turn them into an antenna. Yes. And this year, no different than any other year, but I'm challenging myself a little bit. Doing something that is, the more the more I'm getting into it, the more I know that this is not going to work as expected. But hey, who cares? We're going to be putting RF into bulbs. This is, always, this is always a really fun live stream mm-hmm. because I always go out and get a behind the scenes. <laughs> And then I'll post it to like the ham tactical stories mm-hmm. or something. But the the minute for today is make stuff into antennas. Just try it out. It's it's a lot of fun. You know, worst case scenario, you get yourself a pretty decent tuner, usually an external tuner. But I've had pretty good luck with the uh, tuner in the G90. Seems to do a pretty good job of just tuning stuff up. They're not going to be good antennas. They're not like going to be good performers by any means. But it's fun and it's funny. And you'd right. be surprised sometimes. Uh, barbed wire. People have done that. 
That works surprisingly well, believe it or not. Man, that would be a really great way to keep people out of your property. You just key up. It's not electrified. It's just Morse code. Is there a way to like reverse engineer that? So if somebody does touch your barbed wire antenna, it would send a tone to your radio so that you would then be notified somebody's touching your or trying to breach your uh, perimeter? Probably. That's like a no-brainer then in an Armageddon situation. (laughs) Some kind of dip sensor or something like that that would key off when um, there's like a voltage drop because it's going into a human. Yes, yes. Some kind of draw sensor. Fantastic. That would be fun. Using ham radio as a security system. (laughs) You just, well, you could just hook it up to like a, like a Arduino. Could you just make the whole, can you make the whole fence that? So when somebody touches your... Because uh, barbed wire is usually at the top of chain link. So could you make it just so that right. when somebody Well, I'm thinking touches... electric fence in my head. Like I'm thinking of an electric fence. Oh, okay. Right. And so you could hook it up to like an Arduino. And then when somebody touches it, like actual Christmas lights running along the fence turn on. Nice. While they're being electrocuted. And then it hooks up to like a loudspeaker that just does the Wilhelm scream. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of, mm-hmm. if I may suggest... Christmas lights, mm-hmm. why not just a bunch of O lights? <laughs> Fine by me. Blinding all the previously mentioned offensive lights. The, the previous, amen- yeah. So we, we found the um, the assault flashlight. Yes. It's called the Marauder 2 by O light. I post, so O light also makes weapon lights, like uh, underslung handgun weapon lights and oh, really? rifle lights and stuff like that. And so many people, when, Blind I posted, your opponent when I posted before. the picture of that Marauder, uh-huh. so many people were like, you better be careful, that thing's an IED. Because, like, <laughs> I guess some of the gun lights have just blown up. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. From Olight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's I, this is probably unfair of Olight, but they're kind of like the Baofeng of the flashlight world. A little bit. I thought bit. their flashlights were very expensive. Yeah, but not in comparison to like an equally priced competitor or like an, a higher quality competitor. Uh, like their Surefire, Nightcore, those are all. These are names sh- I've never heard of. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm also a little bit into uh, the candle power. <laughs> candle power forums used to used to go there a lot when forums were a big thing back in the day. But yeah, some of the more expensive, like Pelican used to make really good flashlights. And uh Anyway, all those names I mentioned, they make really good lights that are competitors to Olight. Mm. Generally considered to be more reliable than Olight. Won't blow up on your gun. Won't uh, blow up. Oh, see, that's, you know, that's a selling point. <laughs> Maybe you just have a bunch of Olights on a bandolier and you just throw them at people. <laughs> bandolier of Olights. Bandolier of Olights, that's right. So that's kind of the ideas. Make stuff into antennas. I did a video on my little kit that I sometimes carry around with me on just turning random stuff into antennas. And it's a lot of fun. You got to have the appropriate radio for you. QRP is generally no problem if you're playing around like that. So yeah, have at. It's a lot of fun. It's at least usable for like shortwave listening or just listening to the bands in some cases. So yeah, enjoy yourself. Get out there. Have some fun. Turn something that's not an antenna into an antenna. That's right. I'll bring the beer. Well, we have uh, some beverages were sent to us by Jason, Ham Radio 2.0. He sent some beers. I don't know what's going to happen within the next couple of days. Mm -hmm. I believe Jason is actually just a few days away from hitting 100,000 subscribers, which is a huge milestone. Very exciting. Yeah. Congratulations to Jason. So when you listen to this, if the one action you take... (laughs) 
if you haven't already, <laughs> go to Jason's channel at Ham Radio 2.0 on YouTube and hit the subscribe if he's not over yeah. 100K. Yeah, for sure. And he's actually doing a giveaway when he hits 100,000. He's giving away a Flex 6400 HF. Wow. Radio, which is a big Flex. That's because they're not cheap either. They're like expensive. Right. Yeah. Quite expensive radios. So make that happen, at I'm least for the giveaway for alone, right? But Jason has sent beers in the past. We've exchanged beers before. And he's he's never steered me wrong in a beer. He's always sent really good beers. And this yeah. is no exception. He's a beers and cigars guy. I've never um I've never taken his advice on a cigar, but his mm. beers are solid. I I've, I've never been in a situation where we would exchange cigars, but I'm sure they're probably pretty good. This I think is... we've talked. I think he, he also likes Maduros. I like Maduros and um shade growns. Okay. So this is Turning Point Beer. It's called Pecan Brownie. Mm -hmm. Imperial Stout with pecans, cocoa powder, cacao nibs. So double the, double the, the chocolate. Cacao. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And vanilla. And it is brewed and canned in Bedford, Texas. I love it. And I really appreciate him not sending an IPA. Thank you so much, Jason. I have a couple of Deepest other ones that are gratitudes. here in chillers in case we get to them. But they are all not IPAs. I think he might have sent one or two, but these are all like stouts and, and ambers and whatnot. Because I think at the end of the day, he wants me to send him those ghost pepper beers. That's what, <laughs> I'm still going to send, send the man the beer. I'm, I'm going to, because they're, they should be fun for him to, to drink on his live stream. Anyway, join the conversation by leaving a review on iTunes for the Ham Radio Crash Course, and you can find it on iTunes. That's where we generally read the reviews and uh, we do appreciate people taking the time to do that. Or you can email us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review, however, wherever you listen to podcasts, will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and future hams, or like we say, the ham curious, and we appreciate it. Hamlets. So, the, ha the hamlets. <laughs> Add some little hamlets to the hamily. All right, so the first review was from Salissimus. The first? More than one review? More than it? one, oh, but hang on to your butts, guys. Successful week? Hang on to your butts <laughs> on these, okay? Salissimus writes, great podcast. This is a great podcast. You will laugh. You will cry. When do we cry? When Have we made people cry? Hopefully tears of joy. Hopefully. I mean, my, my family's story is kind of sad. Yeah, that's true. Mm. You will learn a little, a little about ham radio. Okay, you might learn a lot. No, it's okay. You're right the first time. <laughs> Thanks, Josh and Leah, and keep up the great work from Ken KenKD9TUH. Thank you. And I really like how a lot of these reviews manage expectations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a little ham radio. Mm -hmm. It's more ham radio than you would expect mm -hmm. as you're going through it. Right. But not as much ham radio as you would expect by the name. That's right. That's <laughs> so then we've got one from... Greg on two wheels, and he gives a one-star review. <gasps> no, and Greg! I just happened to have Google up, and I Googled Greg on two wheels. No, don't dox Greg. Come He's, on. It's on the internet. It's not doxing. It is doxing. No, doxing is like figuring out personal information, like where they live, the phone, where they work, that kind of stuff. I didn't do that. I don't he know. has a Twitter account, and I don't know if it's the same Greg on two wheels. I'm just saying there is Greg on two wheels on the internet. Wow, how bad is this review? You really hit you in the feels. Huh? You're like, who is this Greg? <laughs> he says, giving a voice to annoying geeks. If you're into listening 
to hour after hour of emails <laughs> from the most annoying, nerdy, <gasps> know-it-alls. What the hell? I will not allow people to talk about the email correspondence tower <laughs> like this. N- n- know-it-alls imaginable. What? Well, you do you. The, you know what? <laughs> This sounds like somebody who's just very insecure about the lack of knowledge he has. <laughs> I, I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Greg on two <laughs> if, any, if anyone, um, there's, I don't know, there's all these stupid in, aspirational, inspirational quotes. It's like, you can't, you can't please everybody all the time, right? But you can't actually like be in the public and have some kind of public-facing thing without someone not liking it. No one can ever like everything you're doing, right? So for Greg, it's not for... He, the Hammer Crash Course is not for Greg. I took he it. Just, thanks he thanks just, for trying. He just, had to do the, he just had to do the, you know, this isn't an airport. You don't have to announce your departure. <laughs> he just had to do it in that fashion. I mean, thanks for leaving yeah, the thanks, review, thanks I guess. Thanks for spending the time and doing it. Thanks for getting out there. We appreciate um, it. I, I think... You know, we've we've mentioned that we really like the five star reviews. <laughs> I mean, you can leave it salty if you want, but yeah. could you go back in there and make it five? We'd appreciate it. Thank you, Greg, on two wheels. Greg's not even going to hear this. He's maybe done not. with our Who knows? Podcast. Well, he said hour after hour, so maybe he just listens to the first part before the end. <laughs> Don't know. Anyway, it is a show, though. Do you it's know, a it's show. A multiple segment show. It's a show. It's yeah. not like a ham radio, tightly focused thing right it's it's a show yeah now i'm butthurt many other things joe and pensy has a review for us five star review thank you joe (laughs) and it's titled josh has it yeah what do you have i'm minutes into the cast with his wife but it's late it needs my full rested attention again this gentleman has reignited my interest in ham radio get some of this now Wow. So what a juxtaposition. What a juxtaposition. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you you to all the positive reviewers. I deeply appreciate (laughs) the time that you've taken. Oh, it's it's always a it's always help the podcast reach more of the ham curious. We do appreciate the iTunes reviews because it does mean it does put tell iTunes, hey, this is, you know, should be in front of other people. It's just like the YouTube algorithm, that kind of thing. So we appreciate all the good reviews. All right. Leah. What have you been up to this week? What have you been using, having fun with? I've been using the USPS. <laughs> yes, you have. Uh, so uh, the the coffee has gone out. Uh, the The first bulk of orders mm-hmm. has gone out. And I found out what the back of a post office looks like. <laughs> Never been seen before. <laughs> What does it look like? I, well, I, I went in and I asked them if I could get a cart because I have a number of packages. How many packages did you have? Over 40. Over 40. Yeah. So I've seen people go into the post office and mm-hmm. grab a, a wheelie cart and bring it out, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, bring it back in to make it easier for, I'm assuming the postal Make it easier and, for everyone. Yeah. So I asked them for it and the woman looked at me. She was like, how many do you have? I'm like, I don't know. Like, 40 they're small boxes mm-hmm. right she was like could you just drive around back and i'm like the is that a felony the back <laughs> am i 
Are you telling me to commit a felony? You mean the employee area? <laughs> the back? Mm-hmm. Or is there like a drop-off area I wasn't aware of? She's like, no, no, no. Go to the... It's like go, an extra large drop-off past, area. Go past the... We ship you in the car yeah. with the packages. <laughs> go back to the chain link fence mm-hmm. that's got barbed wire across the top. <laughs> right, right. Don't touch it. No. <laughs> it'll, it'll scream at you. Yeah. <laughs> and so I go back there. And there's, like, no one back there. <laughs> right. I'm assuming because it's the middle of the day, all the mail carriers are right. off on their right, routes, right, right. right? And so I see somebody kind of in the back warehouse. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> they, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> You're not in uniform. Postman's arrest. <laughs> You're coming with me to the, to the post office brig. I wonder if that has a head. You know, <laughs> I'm sure there's a restroom in the post office. In the brig? No, the brig. <laughs> the, the brig is specifically a jail on a ship. And the first thing they said is, "Are you here to pick something up?" Oh no, no. And then you said, "How dare you?" <laughs> and I was like, "And I wasn't aware that was something you could do. Like you just bypass the long line you mean this at the is, front of the post I office. Could just come back to here, come back here, and pick up." <laughs> I've been a fool. <laughs> I'm up here for the express uh, drive-through <laughs> pickup, apparently. And then I, I was explaining, I've got some stuff to drop off. They said that it would um, it would be better if I came back here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the guy said, "Okay, well, pull your car over here, mm-hmm. right?" And so I back up, and he like looks at me, and he's like, "I'll be right back." Does not come back. <laughs> okay. And so I'm waiting there. And then finally I see somebody else. And I'm like, hi, I was told to wait here. And then she was like, are, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. Was there an index card that I didn't get in the beginning here that gave me the instructions? I feel like I am a burden upon everyone at this point. And I was like, well, I have some packages and I was told to drop them off here. And then she... There is this um, this metal cart that obviously they use to like take a large amount of packages in and out of the warehouse mm-hmm. to the trucks, right? right? She's like, just throw them all in there. <laughs> I was like, you you want me to just in there in this uncovered <laughs> cart area? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. And so I'm standing there just like loading this other cart from my from my trunk and my back seat. Mm-hmm. And then I leave it there. I'm like, okay, is that? Do you... Are we good? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> so somebody actually did get the package today. They're they're in Orange County. Okay. So, I mean, I could have driven it to them faster than the post office would have delivered it. But uh, Joe got his package today. So I oh, know that nice. they shipped. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Is it uh, Pinchy Joe? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. I, so, I think I can say that. But I was... iTunes I was, doesn't know about Spanish. Right. <laughs> but I was uh, very particular in actually choosing USPS as the shipper. Oh, why? Uh, well, a number of things. Mm-hmm. Um, one, U- UPS won't deliver to P.O. boxes. Oh, and so many hands have P.O. Yeah, boxes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. But on top of that, I yeah, do... Yeah, I think they combust if they cross the threshold. Yeah. <laughs> 
into a post. <laughs> it's like sacred ground, you know? It's like consecrated. Consecrated. It's just like holy water everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they got to douse themselves with a bucket of, of USPS water. It's basically aqua velva that they pour on themselves and then they can cover they can cross the uh, the threshold. And actually the the there's a uh, there's a workaround if two FedEx guys are holding the UPS guy and carry them into the then then they they both the the energies counteract each other when entering a USPS. But that's only happens during a solstice. Oh my god. Cuz FedEx and, and we UPS wait can't for that. Right. Yeah. They can't work together if it's not a solstice. So, or if Mercury's in retrograde. Mercury's always in retrograde. <laughs> Does Mercury have any other grade? <laughs> Does it have a forward grade, a future grade? <laughs> Must it always be retro? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, I also want to support uh, the U.S. Postal Service in sure. large be- part because there are these pensions. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Those pensions aren't paying themselves. <laughs> They're not getting there on stamps. I, I'm genuinely worried because every like, I don't know how many years, it seems like the post office is going to go bankrupt and then all of these people will not get their pensions. It's really, that really worries me. Yeah, I, I guess before we get a bunch of emails about the Postal Service, because I know that, I feel like that's coming. I feel like it. I got an itch. Because I know there's a lot of people that don't like the Postal Service. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, there are human beings who worked there, regardless of your political feelings, yeah. that may be subsisting off of it. Yeah. Right? So regardless of hot takes on political stuff, mm-hmm. we got to take care of people regardless, yeah. right? So I get it. I see where you're coming from. But, but I'm also that, not like, I'm not in love with the price, right? That sometimes the, the, the postal service. They're, they're actually not significantly. No, um, I mean the government, the, the cost yeah. to government, taxpayers, et cetera. But, but I guess my other thing is if we're going to have to pay the tax dollars to help out USPS every once in a while anyway, mm-hmm. I might as well get a service out of them. <laughs> right. You know, so. And I will Plus, say. Plus I like stamps. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I will say that as far as post offices go, our postal workers at the one that's by us, yeah, pretty good, yeah. really good. That one guy has the longest beard I've ever seen in person. Yeah, I think he was a player. Uh, he was once in ZZ Top. Yeah, and he's actually very tall, so yeah. the length of his beard is even more impressive. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. <laughs> All right, so that's what I use this week, USPS. Okay. <laughs> So me, I've been playing around with the DX Commander again. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you might know where I'm going with uh, some of the topics I've already talked about with making antennas and whatnot. But let's just say a DX Commander is prominent in the upcoming live stream for Christmas. So is that the the DX Commander you set up in the front yard? Is that the biggest DX Commander there is, like the tallest? I don't think so. That thing was very tall. Yeah, it was really, really tall, but I could be wrong. The Nebula or the, the Nebula. Nebula. The Nebula. <laughs> no, you, you Do you space? No. Do you even space? Oh, you don't you don't remember the, the background of the Nebula. No. So Callum was doing uh ham radio trivia. He would do it every once in a while. And he would do it with his he would he would have his daughter on. I love ham radio trivia. And his daughter is so cute. She's so funny. And, and I mean ham like trivia on ham radio, not like trivia about ham radio. Oh. Yeah. 
What is a trivia on ham? Oh, oh, a trivia that's conveyed via yes. ham radio uh-huh. versus trivia questions about ham. I could see that yeah, for you. I like yeah. the trivia net yeah. the most. And his his daughter was on it, and one of the questions, the answer was nebula, and she's like, "What is this, nebula?" <laughs> and so then he named the antenna the nebula, but oh, everyone refuses the nebula. to call it the nebula. So we all call it the nebula. It's technically the nebula then. Yeah, I, I actually don't. I know what a nebula is. <laughs> but when I when I connect Callum's largest antenna in my brain, it comes out as nebula, even if I don't want it to be that. Uh, so I don't think so, because a lot of people have asked me about that. But I, I tell you what, I swear, once you build one of those antennas, then it's just like, oh, this is a piece of cake. It, it was... So easy to use. I, I love his stuff. I I can't. It, it's it's really cool when when somebody again that is a ham has a cottage industry on making a really good product. It's a kit. He just got a new facility too. He just got a new facility. He's doing videos on it. It's super cool. What a, what a cool concept, right? That he's got. You know, he's retired now. He's got his little bit. He's not even little, but he's got his business that he's running, and he's selling the kits. Like that's he's basically sourced like. It's kind of like, um, what's the HelloFresh, right? Okay. He's putting together the great, like, good ingredients. He's packaging it up really nicely, and mm-hmm. it comes with instructions, mm-hmm. and it comes to your door in just extremely it in quickly. way too much, like, plastic, or? There's so much gyoza sauce that comes <laughs> in the package. Much like HelloFresh. So much <laughs> sauce. Extra, like, who needs this much sauce? It's it's just so cool. Anyway, I opened it up and he sent me some stuff because he knows what I'm doing. I know some of you think you know what I'm doing, but I'm probably doing something slightly different than what you're thinking. It's just so nice. Callum is so cool and so and so nice. Um, anyway, he's he's helping out on that. So got to get that whole thing set up and it was just wild. It is so tall. The mast is so tall. And I, yeah. Impressive, really. Is, well, yeah, you can see the pictures on Instagram. I posted it over there, and uh, man, it was, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, alrighty. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into you the ready? unknown I will go, go. for I shall ready? fear no Let's man of peace. One go. foot after on. the other, for go. I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. <laughs> All right, Leah, welcome to the Preparedness Corner. What is on deck today? I have an unconventional Preparedness Corner. Unacceptable. <laughs> it actually, what convention are we pulling from? It will exactly? not prepare you for anything. No, right. <laughs> so What I ended up perfect. picking up is a board game called The Worst Case Scenario Board Game. And this is a game that can be played by, let me see, it looks like... Three to six players mm-hmm. and suitable for ages 10 to adult. Okay. So I thought this game would be kind of fun in how to deal with difficult scenarios, preparedness scenarios. Mm-hmm. And I started reading them. And I'm, I'm actually just going to shoot. I, I don't know how to play the game. I'm just going to give you scenarios. Okay. Uh, so you're just About reading what cards you would do. at me. Yeah. I'm okay. going to ask you what you would do in this scenario. And we've previously talked about a different game called Conflicted. 
mm-hmm. which is a prepper card game. Which I have. I bought it. I, I have like the Kickstarter version. Yeah, it's of that the that beta, came out many, many beta years deck. ago. Yeah, there's there's many other versions about that, but so. But I'm gonna read you from from both cards from both decks. Okay. Well, what are the differences with the decks? Well, one is conflicted, and the other oh, one is oh, worst oh. case scenario. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> what what would you do in a surprise air raid attack from a foreign enemy? Interesting. Boy, that's a that's an interesting one because we don't really have bomb shelters. It's like Red Dawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's the mere fact that it says like there is an air raid, so you know it's real. So there, you don't have to have the ambiguity of like I would do this or that, right? Like it's it's an air raid, right? Yes. Confirmed. Get armed would be the first thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, collect family. The concern that you have is you may not want to drive because then you're moving. You're, 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 they see the movement, right? What is, isn't an air raid typically targeted Planes, around like densely populated areas? In, in today's warfare, one would assume so that it would be more of a tactical strike against, you know, power. But they're not going to bomb Cerritos. Well, I don't know? know. It says air raid. Sure. So that could mean carpet bombing although possibly unlikely more like it would be a tactical attack on power water infrastructure bridges um there could be a air cavalry component where they were dumping people out in parachutes that's true possibly generally that's not necessarily what you would say with an air (laughs) raid Mm -hmm. um but you know why not it would it would largely be a lot of collecting things and co-locating them that Mm -hmm. i could probably easily grab and go so Uh, you would bug out i would prepare to okay right all right i'd be prepared i'd get the gas cans up in the car um i mean honestly though if it if it is somewhere they're indiscriminately bombing then the best thing you can do is like try and find some place you can hunker down the most protected place your home which by the way doesn't exist uh, with modern bombs there's nowhere you can go. It's all over. Unless you have a shelter that you can go into, like a tornado shelter, but we ain't got those. And we definitely don't have basements. Okay. The next card is infected with a flesh eating virus. I'm infected? Yes. Go to the hospital. Good. A time machine breaks after taking you to the year 1250. <laughs> is. It takes me to the year. That's not a. That's not a really preparedness. That's just a, a real bad scene. <laughs> it takes me to the year twelve fifty. Do I have anything like on me and on my person? There's no details. Just like what I'm wearing. We can you assume. you make it, it create your ideal scenario out of this worst case scenario. <laughs> Hope that I end up somewhere where they know English. All right, locked in a room with bats. Chill. <laughs> Bats don't freak me out. All right. Plus, we didn't specify what kind of bats, so I'm just assuming they're like fruit bats. Vampire bats. Why do you have to assume that? Because I've made it the worst case scenario. Oh. I am the game master. (laughs) I mean, at some point, you can just start punching bats. It's true. You can also... Bats are pretty weak little mammals. You can also um, shove them in a bucket and put a lid on. What? Yeah. (laughs) Is that a TikTok? No. (laughs) Something my dad did. (laughs) 
<laughs> and when he was in the Philippines. <laughs> that was like one of the ways he made money while he was in the refugee camp. Was catch bats to sell him? Yeah. Wow. Uh, the last one is discover human remains buried in your basement. Call the police. Call the police. All right. So these are... That's... eh. This is the worst case scenario, right? That's that game. Let's juxtapose it against conflicted. Mm -hmm. Your bug out location is far off the beaten path, but you feel the need to put something as a barrier to discourage people from heading down your way. There aren't enough materials to build a physical barrier. It has to be a psychological one that would cause people to turn away just from seeing it. What kind of psychological barrier would you build and how would it be effective? Uh, Probably just take some kind of carrion you find and put it on a stake. Really? Like a cow's head. You know what I would do? Hmm. I would figure out what like the scariest... Put up a ham radio antenna right in the front. (laughs) I would figure out what the scariest animal is Mm -hmm. and then try to recreate its paw prints. All over the area mm-hmm. so that people would think that that's like an area for that. And then I would put up what looks like spider webs <laughs> so that people will think there's so many spiders. So <laughs> you, made, you made a Halloween. <laughs> you made a haunted house. They'd be like, there's a lot of spider webs. Nope. <laughs> I'm out. Whoa. Too many spiders here. The other the other thing, which is kind of funny, you there's, there's this game we used to do back in the day was um, we would take we would take a piece of cardboard, okay, and I would uh, I so would high tech. I would cut it out in the shape of a cat, <laughs> and I'd paint it all black, okay, and then I'd make it like in a scared pose, like with its back arched, and we used to have like a whole bag of these clear marbles. I think one of my friend's moms was really into like floral decor and okay. had all these clear marbles so we would put two marbles in where the whole spots would be <laughs> and then we would like really late at night we'd set one of these cats up like in the middle of the street and we'd see what people would do <laughs> and a lot of people like would stop and get out of their car and they'd get close and they just start laughing hysterically and just <laughs> get back in their car and leave some people were got real mad and they just kick the thing like kick it <laughs> ag- angrily somebody hit that thing they sped up which it's like this is a 25 and that dude's doing like 50 and just totally plows it down it, it was actually really funny it's like the most harmless thing ever that we used to do. Um, <laughs> the other thing that we would sometimes do <laughs> that we would put after the cat <laughs> is um, we take a couple of empty milk cartons and put like some washers in the bottom of it. And we'd attach them with high tension, um, high test fishing line and put it across the street at about three feet high. So then when they pass the cat, because they like turn around, they end up hooking the milk cars straight (laughs) in the milk cars and they're just dragging down the road. You're such a hoodlum. And we got some guy where I swear we heard those milk cartons banging around the back of that car until there was no more sound (laughs) that could be perceived. (laughs) 
And we made them loud. Like it was full of washers and stuff. <laughs> um, did your dad wonder where all of No, we did this at Phil's house. Come okay. on. <laughs> Oh, no, we did it at my house. No, yes, we did it at my house a couple times because of Mar Vista. <laughs> that really busy street that people would fly down. Yes. Oh, man. That was that was a fun... That was... Boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't even remember the question anymore. <laughs> what are the psychological barriers? That yeah, carrying. Okay. Like on stakes. So here's a tough or one. like weird, not even, dem- I wouldn't use demonic because that all then has a connotation. Like people would think, oh, they're Satan worshipers, right? So they come out there and have preconceived notions. Yeah. Just, just weird imagery, like weird little structures and stuff, like formations of twigs and stuff, like in some non- Descript. Just leave a bunch of like Blair dead, Witch dead like, bodies wooden, around. No, like like Blair Witch esque little s- stick men, like hanging around. Uh, all right, okay. This is the last card I'm going to read. Okay, because I think it deserves one more card since I read so many of the other games. Mm-hmm. Right after being forced out of your bug out location by looters, you and your bug out group of twenty people half of them children walk for hours in a snowstorm looking for shelter. Mm -hmm. You find a 45 foot insulated truck trailer that would be the perfect shelter within days of moving in. A family contracts a life threatening virus Mm -hmm. sickness and death could spread through the entire group. If they stayed, but throwing them out into the snowstorm would surely mean the infected family's death. What would you do in this situation and why? Um, put it up to a vote. Hmm. I don't know what else you would do. Well. I mean, up to a certain point, like if you put it up to a vote and people are like, oh, no, they have to stay, then I would consider leaving. Same. Yeah. Either that or I would figure out a way. To or just cons- leave. Construct a outdoor tent. We would quarantine them in the metal bunker yeah you get uh uh like a not a metal tent a, a canvas tent right mm-hmm. and figure out a way to heat it okay you know i mean you're still in too close proximity most likely hmm. but also it's like how do you know that they have a life threatening virus well, the card told us. No, I know, but then the game that's, master said that's like already a little in a deep, a, a bit deep. You would be good in Dungeons and Master, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, because you're like game master said. Yeah. <laughs> or you would be an incorrigible presence in any group that I'm in, <laughs> as I'm trying to meta my way out of problems. <laughs> so the two games again: worst case scenario and conflicted. I'll put the links in I don't, the show notes. If, I don't even know if... Can, oh, no, yeah, we did look up Conflicted a while ago. They still exist, and there may be other versions of it, mm-hmm. you know, that they've got a variety of options out there now. So if you and your preparedness-minded friends, of which I am assuming hams have mm-hmm. at least one other... <laughs> ma- yeah, ma- maybe, if you are not that ham. Right. Or maybe you turn it into a net. <laughs> yeah. Uh, preparedness game net. The conflicted anyway. net. Okay. Right. Do we have voicemail? That is. 
Well, we confirmed no voicemail this week, but Leah, do you want to give the number in case someone wants to? Yeah, 562-334-2389. All right, thank you very much. That means we're moving on. What's happening? The staircase has changed, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Welcome to... Leia's email correspondence tower brought to you by hamtactical.com. <laughs> if you want to get some of the coffee before it's gone, which um, we've, we've got a decent amount left, so there's not a big rush. But if you still want to try and get it before Christmas, this would be it. Yeah, we broke even with the coffee where we're at right now. Yeah, so yeah. we're all good, except it's just Leia's time. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever goes on at the post office. But yeah, if you still want some, go check out hamtactical.com. And I think we've got a couple of shirts and some other stuff that's going to come out soon. Yeah. We had a breakthrough. Right. Are you talking about... Breakthrough. Are you talking about the shirt we were talking about in the... No, I'm talking about the logos. Oh, yeah. Hats. Yeah. Hats are coming. Yeah. Yes. That's a thing. Right. Very excited. You are very excited. Because I want an actual hat with the logo on it. I myself want a hat. (laughs) So this is going to be great for me. Anyway, if you want to reach us, you can reach us at Leah at hamtactical.com. And you can email us. Please make it about uh, ham radio topics or a prepping topic if you have um, something along those lines. We don't mind the dipping into the where does the poop go on the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> just, uh, I think least, that might be a dead horse. Is it? Are we done beating know. it? Well, maybe. I don't know. I hope. I, maybe. You just I have hope. made it your hill to die on. I, I just don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but include it, a little a little ham radio tidbit if you're going down that Yes. Road. If yeah. you're going down that that replicator hole, I'm ex- add some ham radio. I'm excited to get into the emails this week of our very knowledgeable, wonderful email correspondence well all right then let's let's go for it oh i didn't mention the merch and if you send us a merch idea and we make it into a merch we'll send you one for free it's that easy all right the first email reads a long time ago in a ham shack far far away okay and this is from jeremy dear leah and josh let me start by saying how much i enjoy your podcast Thank you. We enjoy you listening. Thank you for listening. You both do an amazing job of explaining difficult subject matter so it becomes easy to understand and fun to listen to. Like where the poop go. (laughs) Your patience with repeating questions from inexperienced operators like myself seems endless. Keep it up. Keep asking the questions. Yeah. I first stumbled on the live streams when I was looking for videos about MobiLinked last April and found out about the podcast that way. I've been hooked ever since. Oh, well, that's awesome. On the I'm live glad streams to know as that people well, are actually way. finding yeah. the show via the live streams because I sometimes forget to mention it. So, all right. Fortunately, there's quite the backlog of podcasts for me to dig into. I have, for example... Yet to find out what the cat cup and uh. bee allergy references are all about. Yeah, you know, it's it's real deep in there. I, and I think we also end up explaining it a couple of times along the way, too. We have. Yes. You might stumble on us explaining what it is before you actually stumble onto the original episode right. that it's mentioned. <laughs> but I believe it was October of 2020, somewhere around there. Possibly. Yeah. 
That's okay. All you have to know about cat cups is that they're red solo cups and they bring all the cats to the yard. They're for the cats. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With not enough water. <laughs> for for the them cat. to actually yeah. imbibe upon the water. Speaking of references, I'm not much of a Trekkie, more of a Star Wars fan myself. Mm-hmm. It, your recent tangent got me thinking, where were all the toilets on the Death Star? I never saw any signs anywhere. Does everyone just know where to go? Seeing how I only ever saw males on the Death Star, do you suppose there is even an equal amount of women's bathrooms? Also, do stormtroopers have to take off their entire armor or do the soups have a flap on the back? Storm poopers. <laughs> good, good. I'm going to have to I'm not convinced this. that there isn't a toilet in Leia's in the brig when she's in the on the uh the death star okay i'm not convinced that that's not there's a maybe a toilet in one of the shots i could be wrong i know that there's like a flat slab she's laying on so who knows right so anyway my question for you is about involving family in the hobby Mm -hmm. i have two wonderful daughters the oldest is three years old and my youngest is 11 months old yeah i mean that might be a bit young maybe yeah (laughs) Skim walkie-talkies. I realize it might not be possible to involve them at all at this point. Right now, it's hard to find radio time, even for myself. Mm-hmm. How do you guys manage your time? From what age did you guys introduce your kids to the hobby? How do you get them excited about it? And do they have any interest in becoming hams themselves? So at the ages that your kids are right now, you take them on potas. Sure. I mean, that's, that's yeah. really it. It, it would have to be like a family affair. Yeah. Because you can't have one person just manning the radio and not watching the children. Right. It'll be tough, though, because the attention span is short. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, the kids are willing to stay at parks much longer. Sure, but it's, it's not going to be related to the radio. That's true. They're not going to be asking a bunch of... Some might. Man, There's probably a, a, a minority that will. Uh, but at the end of the day... Strap a couple of cheap walkie-talkies on them. Oh, man. Kids love walkie-talkies. Walkie-talkies are the jam. Just just give them walkie-talkies because then then at least they understand what the concept of a radio is and mm-hmm. what it does. It, it doesn't have to be ham radio for it to be adjacent enough that it will do something in their, in their little minds that, that reminds them of that in the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how do we manage our time? Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. So it's much less sleep than we need. Right. That, that's the largest sufferer, I think. But what ends up happening is, uh, I mean, I manage all the kids' activities. Josh does Cub Scout stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's usually the only thing I tap him in for, just because he's he was a scout himself. Right. Uh, but also, the kids love going to meetings with him. Right. It's It's super fun for them. And Ben especially is like, my dad was a scout, you know? Right. But a lot of the stuff that the scouts go over are things that Josh already knows about or really enjoys. And one of the best parts of being a parent is actually introducing them to the things that you liked as a kid. Right. And watching them discover it. Yeah. That's always really fun. Christmas is super fun as they're around the ages of our kids, which is like five and eight. Because I love 
Harry Potter, mm-hmm. right? And we do the Harry Potter movie series during Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Ben is at the point where he he understands everything now. He's right. he's Hogwarts age, right? right? And Edison is now not uh, so afraid to watch them because the movies get like a little scarier, scarier, right? Yeah. So uh, that's really great. Mm, but one of the things that Josh does is he just always has a radio on him wherever we go. Right. And usually a camera. Yeah. And the, one of the good things to do is really go hiking. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as I, I think he was maybe being more just uh, specific about time management. Mm. So like my time is I wake up, I go to work. Um, I'm at work for, you know, X amount of the day when I'm done at work time, which could be actually all dis- discrete at like hours at work mm-hmm. or I'll have to be uh, on call or I'll be working on my laptop at home or I've got a phone now. So I'm doing emails that way. And I handle dinner. So. Right. And then I will largely work on a video a couple of times a night. I'm sorry, a couple of times a week. Mm-hmm. And then I will be editing. You know, yeah. And, and then. My, and the editing office is literally in the middle of the home. And then on Saturdays, because I work too, mm-hmm. but my schedule is much more flexible. But it means that I'm really working six days a week instead of working a full eight hours on weekdays. That is because of your job. Yeah, but still. I mean, there's time where I work on Sunday, too, to make up for the time. But about half of Josh's Saturdays are dedicated to, like, family stuff. So basically helping me juggle the kids as we kind of handle their activities. live stream setup. Yeah. Right. Because Ben has kung fu and there's Chinese school in the morning. Yeah. And then on Sundays, it's generally like we we're either catching up around the house or we're going to do something fun with the kids. And if it's something where like we're going out with friends Mm -hmm. because we have like a very tight knit, like three families that Mm -hmm. are all close together, uh, I will generally go and do that. And then Josh will work on ham radio stuff. And if it's a, like a long descriptive video or something along those lines. So Uh, we went to like Knott's Mary farm on Sunday. Right. Because we have Knott's passive. And I, built the dx commander yeah the other thing to keep in mind too people always ask me it's like where do you find the time i don't really watch tv that's a, well i mean you do but you pick only a select show for a period of like a day or two and then we'll blow it out and then i'm done either that or it's this episodic slow release mm-hmm. like we are like now the watching the back. expanse again it's back. yeah so we'll watch that, but that's like one thing. And while we're doing that, we're largely doing something else. Yeah. So. And I will say that a part of this really works because I do work. Mm-hmm. And that means I'm not, I'm not like homeschooling the kids all day. Mm-hmm. I think you had to be a lot more involved with the kids when I was home with them all the time. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, no, I've got to go now, go do Oh, that's things. true. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can Whereas, see that. I really, I really enjoy the time I spend with my kids. So I don't, I don't mind being the point person because I don't get a ton of hours with them mm-hmm. when I'm working. And I also have uh, picked up a lot more work at work. Yeah. So I'm even busier there. Mm-hmm. I am tapping into another beer. 
And I normally don't necessarily mention this, but I wanted to mention it because um, this is an interesting title for a beer. This is the Double Stuffed Temptress. Ooh, look at that can. By Lakewood Brewing. I don't know. The name of that is a little. Oh, it's got like a little uh, silhouette of a pinup girl. Mm-hmm. Imperial Milk Stout. Brew, ale brewed with lactose sugar vanilla with chocolate cookie pieces. It's a part of the Seduction series. Wait, did Jason send this to you? The Seduction <laughs> series? Take perfect chocolate wafers, sandwich them together with a sweet, creamy filling, then smash them into a million pieces and two-handedly throw them into a boiling brew kettle. You'll be rewarded with a uniquely complex yet comfortably familiar brew that is packed with double-stuffed deliciousness. Hmm. What a sinfully Sultry brew is what they called it. You know what it is? What? It's a thirst trap. <laughs> so what you're saying is that Jason is posting thirst traps. Literally posting. Haha. <laughs> I'll save you a bit of that so you can have it when you're I'm gonna I'm gonna drink it right now. It looks so good. So yes, and our kids also are oh, that is good. very interested in becoming hams. Ben for a while ben is carrying around yeah. a Gordon West uh, technician exam prep book. <laughs> he had it in his backpack no matter where he went. Yeah. So yeah, it's something he definitely likes, and he's both kids hang out with Josh in the ham shack too. Mm-hmm. Your kids are just very young right now. At at the ages that they're at, there's very little yeah they're just going to be with you while you're ham radio operating yeah it's tough at that age good question though well now that we have bored you with our (laughs) our weekly schedule Mm -hmm. jeremy says i'll leave you with this uh, these three ideas for t-shirts a picture of a straight key with a text if you need a computer to do cw you're doing it wrong (laughs) okay an ft8 waterfall with the text ft haters and that's h8 ers gonna hate that's h8 okay 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 a radio with underneath it keep calm and count to 15 as the british world war ii propaganda poster keep calm and carry on yeah i think uh, uh, we've heard the keep calm and carry on suggestions before yeah yeah um, and if we make any of your shirts, Jeremy, you'll get one. Thank you, Jeremy, for your email and your merch ideas. Jeremy signs off. Looking forward to receiving a print of these three guaranteed winners. <laughs> okay. Wishing you and yours happy holidays. 73s from the Netherlands. Ooh. PD1JHG. Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy, for that email from the Netherlands. I hope your holidays are uh, nice and warm. Where you're at, keep yourself bundled up in the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because there's nothing better than it being cold outside and you being warm inside. Yeah, that's. We had a torrential rain today. Mm-hmm. If like people's umbrellas were flying away, if they weren't flying away, they were flipping um, inside out. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the kids were just like, you know, we shouldn't have gone to school today. Storms are serious. And I was like, man, it's water. It's I like loved taking going a to shower. school in the rain. <laughs> I loved going to school when it was a, a rain day. It was so much fun. 
I'm never appropriately dressed for the rain, though. Every time people see me dressed in the rain, they're like, either aren't you cold or you're going to ruin your shoes. It's like. But I wear okay. what I wear. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. And the next email is titled Man Pack Antenna. And this is in response to uh, yes. an email last week mm-hmm. where a emailer asked about a good man pack antenna. Mm-hmm. And this is from Don. Leia and Josh, you guys are fantastic and I enjoy listening to you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for it. listening. Last week, Michael asked about a man pack setup. Mm-hmm. I know when I was in the Marines, we would carry the old PRC-77, a 30 megahertz radio, and walk around with it in our Alice packs. Right. That's what I said, the Alice pack frame? Mm-hmm. Frame pack. Yep. We would use a three-foot tape and 10-foot whips and would cut a WD-1A cable to the length for the antenna. We would wrap this around our Kevlar helmets and we would be the counterpoise. Mm-hmm. That may explain a lot about my sense of humor and other issues I have. Now it works. Yeah. All that aside, I would also recommend placing some RF reflexive material between his body and the radio. And you should definitely listen to Don when you're talking about RF because Don is the RF field the tech. RF field tech. That's right. That's and thank you, Don, for reaching out too. I haven't I haven't gotten a chance to yeah. get back to you, but uh, appreciate the. Uh, the information you sent. And that's a KE5 ADX. Thank you, Don. Always a wealth of knowledge. The next email is titled Try New Things. And this is from Brad. Josh and Leah, hope all is well. I wanted to encourage my fellow hams, new and old alike, to try new things in the hobby. What you get into this hobby may not be what keeps you in it. Good point. I got my license thinking I would just enjoy the rag chewing aspect of it. I thought it would be really neat to just be able to have conversations with people that are really far away. I think that is a very attractive part of ham radio for me. (laughs) I heard mentions of POTA and FT8 and initially thought those just aren't something I would be interested in. I got bored one day and started doing FT8. It was okay. Not very fun at first. Then I found Grid Tracker. Now I have a separate monitor just running that program. I mean, it makes my ham shack look like a command center. (laughs) FT8 is now so much fun to do. And when the bands seem dead, I am still making contacts. Mm -hmm. Our local ham club has a Discord channel. And one day, some dude I had never met asked if anybody would go to do poto with him. I wasn't really interested, but I had the day off and nothing better to do, so I told him I would go. So, like a Craigslist encounter, I meet this total stranger in a parking lot, hop into his truck that looks like an antenna with wheels, and head to the park. This fellow was Ryan KI5FWJ. I watched Ryan activate this park, and while I didn't participate, I realized that this is something I wanted to do. Nice. He helped me get set up, and I must say, I am addicted to activating parks and Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. While I initially thought that these would be of no interest to me, they have turned out to be some of my favorite things to do in this hobby. I encourage people to get out of their comfort zones and try something new. There you go. I mean, it really does seem that the different things you can do in ham radio as technology improves is like limitless. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm, yeah, to a point, right? But I mean, you're constantly pushing the envelope. Every time something new comes up, there's always something new and interesting to do, right? Like mm-hmm. this this week, this Saturday's uh, live stream I'm doing with Kyle, AA0Z. And with Kyle, we're going to be talking about how you can create like a, a, it's basically like a server on your Raspberry Pi. And it can interface, you see my little uh, stream deck that I have on yes. my, with mm-hmm. little screens and the buttons that I push? Yes. Well, you can create ham radio automation that can be push button clicked, like switch different settings on your radio. Oh, that is cool. And it can be programmed via a connection to the Raspberry Pi and a connection to the radio. It can also do things like show you propagation reports, show you like a uh, like a with geochron. a push of a button. Yeah, sure, or uh, whatever. However, you want to display it. It's this really cool system for what they call shack automation, which is kind of a thing that's getting more and more popular. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited. All right, I have to mention this beer is fantastic. You want to? I want I'll take an, I'll more trade you the, of uh, these. The double stuff temptress tastes like an Oreo cookie. Um, yeah, it does. I'll trade you, you. You don't like it because I don't it like it like as much dessert. as the, the brown. Yeah. yeah, it's too um, it's too sweet for me. I like it, but I really do like like lactose in in beer. I'm fine with a lactose yeah. beer. It just that one's got cookies in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Brad continues. Okay, so now for a couple of non ham related items. Okay. Item number one. Chili and cinnamon rolls yes. are amazing together. I'm sure they are. Chili and cinnamon roll day at school was the best day of the month. Just dip that cinnamon roll in the chili and your taste buds will thank you. You know, it'd be funny if you go set up in front of a Cinnabon mm-hmm. and you just have a hot plate with, with a bunch chili. of chili <laughs> and you charge people like a buck a ladle. You know, what? I'm going to make this. We, I just go get some Cinnabons and bring them back. I mean, I've got a bread maker. I can make fresh cinnamon rolls. Oh. I do make a very good you, chili. You, you do make a good chili. And I, you have also made cream cheese frosting that's very good. Yeah. So I'm going to try it. Everybody has me sold. Oh, I this, will, well, yeah. I don't know that you're going to like it. I will absolutely love it. I'm sure I will. Because I like, I like salty, savory, and sweet. All oh, I was thing. going to like omit a ton of sugar from the cinnamon oh, rolls. It was going to be. I'll have, a, I'll have a pocket, be. like out of my back pocket, I pull out like a, a, cinnamon, a Cinnabon. <laughs> that was a Jim Gaffigan skit where he was like, you go to Cinnabon, you get the, the beanbag chair Cinnabon, that you just sit in it and you eat it. <laughs> the middle of those things it's, is just so yes. amazing. But it's, it's almost like, it came out fully cooked and then it regressed back into a dough state. <laughs> it's magic. After mere minutes of being on the on the table. So good. <laughs> Item number two. Well, this is probably beating a dead horse. I wanted to say that Josh is probably onto something when he says the poop was just <laughs> beamed out of people on Star Trek. In season one, there is an episode called Skin of Evil. There is a creature on the planet Vegra 2 named Armus. Armus tells Riker that this race of titans sloughed off all that was evil and vile about them, and he was created out of this evil energy. He is, however, clearly made of poop. (laughs) Okay. I don't remember this. That's like first season. Riker didn't have a beard, Leia. That's why we don't watch it. Oh, only bearded Riker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he's lifting his leg above a chair to get Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what you got to do. 
In the future, that's how you sit down. He made up some self-satisfying creation lore when in reality, he has to be made up of the crap that is beamed out of everyone through some sort of transporter mistake. He came alive. <laughs> yep. So the answer to where all the poop goes is Vegra 2 to a creature named Armis. Hmm. Picture attached as evidence. And there is a picture of what absolutely looks like a toxic poo man. Yeah, I think he kills somebody too, that guy. Anyway. Well, like with his stench or? Yeah, he shoots a green laser or something. Oh, wow. Poop green laser. All right. Sorry for the long email, Brad signs off, and bringing up topics that should have been long dead. You guys are great. I love topics that are long dead being revived. <laughs> That's why she married me. <laughs> 73 1X Crew, K5 NFB, Brad. P.S. I have met many, uh, plenty of famous people and did not geek out as much as when I saw I was working KI6 NAZ on FTA. Oh. Thanks for the contact. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's very nice. That's awesome. Well done. And I'm definitely not famous and don't qualify as famous. So Josh don't. also thanks you for your contact. Don't be weird. <laughs> not you specifically, but everyone. <laughs> thank you, Brad, for, uh, for convincing me. It's time for chili and cinnamon rolls. Yeah, yes. man. Yeah. <laughs> it's also something you could make happen. Yeah. I know what the Cinnabon is. <laughs> you also make a very good chili, award-winning chili. I Yes, I have award-winning chili. All right. So the next email is titled, T-shirt idea, and this is from James. Josh and Leia, person in an Adirondack chair sled with a mobile on his lap on his lap and dogs wrapped around the shirt and Christmas lights antennas dragging behind. <laughs> because that is pretty that good. One time. <laughs> that is pretty good. That you confused the name. I corrected myself. <laughs> I corrected myself. I corrected myself. I'm into the shirt idea for just the sheer fact that it will immortalize a mistake that you made for a second <laughs> and correct it. I mean, Adirondack is a race too, though. So All right. So how you would do that shirt is you, it would be side shot, right? So traveling left or right, right, on the shirt. Uh -huh. And the dogs would be wrapping around the lower half like a corkscrew. Uh -huh. And then the antenna would be coming off the back and going up. Josh, you're already sure. designing it. Hey, James, if this gets made, you're getting I just one. don't know how we would do it. Like that's, that is a level of graphic art, artism that I do not have. Well, James Artistry. notes that he wears a 2XL and would like it in a long sleeve for Christmas. <laughs> I don't know what you want to put for a witty slogan. <laughs> and James also mentions, by the way, the team support leader is still part of the spear, quote unquote spear, military reference, should be on the page. This is a reference to the fact that I myself am not listed on the ham radio yes. crash course page. I find it awkward to write about myself. <laughs> <laughs> but you changed like tenses, like through the, through the writing of the actual yeah. website, which was funny. All right. Well, that's James KI5 OEB. Thank you, James. I will consider both the shirt and adding myself to the website. Who knows? Maybe, maybe one day. Very good. All right. The next email is actually um, 
you forwarded this to me about a cool story for W6NAZ, which is remarkably close to your call sign. Yes. So uh, I wrote this. <laughs> no, Richard sent it over oh, to you and you forwarded it to me. Because Richard didn't have you in the... Right. I don't think he sent it to you. Mm-mm. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. This but I am going to read it. Making sense now. It says, Josh, I keep thinking of Lenora Kingston Jensen when I see your call. You have big shoes to fill with your six NAZ call. In case you haven't heard of Lenore, here's her obit that mentions her call, W6NAZ. She also ran phone patches for the soldiers in Vietnam. I used to pay her bills at the San Fernando Radio Club all over the U.S. when long distance was expensive. Mm -hmm. Lenore Kingston Jensen, 79, radio veteran, film and television actress, and accomplished ham radio operator. A native of Los Angeles, Mrs. Jensen began her career as a child actress in vaudeville and moved on to such network radio dramas such as Don Winslow of the Navy and Against the Storm and later acted on popular television series including Ironside, Beverly Hillbillies, Father Knows Best, Love American Style, and The Donna Reed Show. In the early 1960s, she had a continuing role as Mrs. Weeks on the daytime soap opera General Hospital. Yeah, pretty wild. Mrs. Jensen was recognized in a This Is Your Life television episode for her ham radio work during World War II. She helped servicemen overseas communicate with friends and family at home. Known by her call sign W6NAZ, she continued to provide emergency communications throughout her life. Beautiful. Mrs. Jensen, known professionally as Lenore Kingston, was the vice president of Pioneer Pacific Broadcasters on Wednesday in Van Nuys of cancer. Oh, man. Yeah. That is so sad. But so I, how did that start? She was passing traffic during she was passing calls during Vietnam. Uh, starting in World War Two. No, but go back to the top. Yes, she also ran phone patches for soldiers in Vietnam. So she was doing both World War II and Vietnam. God, what a she life of service. It's amazing. Both wars. Well, also being an actress on very notable programs. But, okay, vaudeville, which is like plays and stuff. Right. Radio. Very few people made that transition. And then television. Yes, that's, That's remarkable. amazing. And radio. Yeah. She did all, like, actual amateur radio. She did all of it. She is the embodiment of broadcast. Seriously. She's yeah. all the broadcast things. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Richard signs off, 73s, and thanks for your videos. Happy holidays. And that's from Richard. Thank you so much. I'm Richard, gonna, great email. Thank you. I'm going to leave off his call just in case he didn't want it read on the air, but I didn't want to not read it because right. it is such a fascinating woman right? and Great an amazing life and she deserves to be honored. Mm-hmm. All right. The next email is titled, how many vehicle antennas is too much? What's your answer, Josh? Uh, how many is too much? Five. Uh, okay. Anything above five. Okay. And that, well, this is from Jace. Good day, Josh and Leah. How many antennas is too much on a vehicle? I currently have five. There you go. <laughs> I did not read this email. You're, you're fine. <laughs> One more, you've you've crossed the boundary. 
four if you don't count the FM music radio. Oh, yeah. Don't, nobody counts that. In before, people start talking about spacing. There is two feet or more of separation between all the antennas. You could still have a problem, but, you know. All right. Well, you're living on the wild side right now. Jay signs off. Anyways, thank you both for what you make. It makes my Fridays that much better. Well, thank you for joining us on Fridays. And that's Jace, KM6 OTF. Bonus picture, my 3DR has a diamond SRH 805S antenna. And I love how it looks. It's so small. Is that the stubby thing? Yes, it is so small. That's very cute, Jace. That's that antenna is trash. That is a radio you could I'm fit glad you in your like, purse. I'm glad you like. So Jace can fit the radio in his purse. Yes, you <laughs> can keep it in his purse. I mean, I like the look of it. I, um, like, I like the whole thing. I, I love the stubby antennas for the look, but they are not good performers. They really aren't. But Jace, if it works for you, then hey, don't change anything. Thank you for sharing that picture. I will post that in the HRCC podcast channel on the Discord. And that's where you can find all the pictures that are centering the show. It's true. And if I ever forget to post pictures and you were thinking to yourself, I wanted to see a picture of that. Let and I didn't know post or it. post them yourselves. If you remind the me, email. I mean, remind me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The uh, next email is titled merch suggestion. Bripes. Do you know what a bripe is? Yes. Okay. This is from Paul. He's he obviously saw my comment. <laughs> Yes. Hi, Leia. First, thanks to you both for putting out great content. Well, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. I recently discovered the podcast via the YouTube channel. I listened to an episode last night and then stumbled across the most absurd merch idea I could think of this afternoon. So here we are. Custom. Branded. Bripes. Because if you're going to give it the beans, why not take this to the logical extent and put the beans in a bripe? It's hands-free and could easily pack down with QRP gear. I don't think it's hands-free. Just saying. It cannot be hands-free. It's too hot. Because if you don't know what a bripe is, and I will put the link in the show notes, it is a... It's a pipe for coffee. It's a brewing pipe. It's a brewing pipe. Yes. (laughs) And if you go to the video from James Hoffman, is it James Hoffman? Yeah, I think so. I think so. The guy who the looks like guy. a barista. He looks like he is the coffee made manifest he is, uh, in human form. He is the coffee sommelier. Yeah. There's a cork handle that you're supposed to hold it by when you drink it and sip from it. So you're not just supposed to like put it in your mouth like you would a smoking pipe. And just keep walking around. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not going to work. Oh, yes, it is James Hoffman. Paul has included the link to James Hoffman's review, which I will also put in the show notes. And if you uh, if you go to that video, you will see that one of the highest rated comments is my own. (laughs) All right. Well, Paul signs off. Best Paul. Thank you so much for the suggestion of the bribe. This is probably not something. That will end up on hamtactical.com. As of today, I have... Oh, nope. You know what? Wait, what's the highest rank? Dethrone. I'm 2.5K likes. What is your comment? The coffee device for those living in Middle Earth. <laughs> it does look like that, though. Yeah, it totally does. It looks like a hobbit pipe. <laughs> There's a 3.6K comment. Uh, this one's pretty good. You're at a festival. It's 6 a.m. You're stumbling back to your tent. You bump into a bearded Hoffman. He hands you the bribe. 
think is good. <laughs> All right. You know, I would have never known what a bribe was had it not been for Paul. So thank you. That's you've shared a treasure with the world. <laughs> the next email is titled follow up ham stuff. And this is from Ken. Hello, Leia and Josh. I hope you are recovering from your cold last week. Yes. And I, I, I sounded terrible on the podcast. You were clicky. The there was some like sinusy clicky noises, I think. Yeah, that first day I was clearly not feeling very good. <laughs> and it must have just sounded terrible. So deepest of apologies for such an unpleasant listening experience. Well, it seems great minds think alike. You had asked if I could compare my old radio with the new one. I did because I love comparisons. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that on the first day I received my call sign, I put the old ICOM HT up against the TYT UV390. They both send and receive quite well, hitting the local repeaters. The ICOM has a little more heft to it, like you're holding a tool rather than a toy, i.e. the TYT. Uh The biggest difference to me is the sound quality. The ICOM has a more mellow and soft sound to it, almost rounded at the edges. That is a good description. Rounded at the edges. I like it. It's soothing. Whereas the TYT is very loud, bright, and almost angular. Angular. Wow. Wow. These are, I'm kind of feeling, you know? Sounds like we got an art major that's emailing us. In or was it art therapy? The art therapy is the other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other thing I kind of like about the ICOM is the ability to program frequencies on the go. I know the TOIT has the ability to do this, but it seems a little more complicated. Yes. Anyway, both are great units. Now, now on to the HF rigs. The ICOM 7300 versus the Kenwood TS 530S. Mm-hmm. Here, there is quite a difference. Ken's also included a picture of all the radios together, which I think is a really cool shot. So I'll Wonderful. drop that. Love in that. The, Thank you. Um, in the HRCC podcast channel of the Discord. The Kenwood receiver function appears much less sensitive, or is the term selective, to incoming signals. There is less noise in a way, but also signals are harder to find. The transmit function does work well, but tuning the old school tubes does take a bit of practice. And when I hit the transmit button, it sucks so much power, I can almost feel the lights dim in the room. Not really, but the sound makes it feel that way. Kathunk. I really have to throw out props to the old timers who ran these rigs. With the ICOM waterfall, you can see the signals across the band. Sure. And tune in with a touch of the screen. With the Kenwood, no such luck. You got to scroll up and down the band, hoping to get lucky as you pass each frequency. Those old hams had way more patience than I do, for sure. Mm -hmm. This has to be why they're so salty. Do you know what I mean? Like when you first get into something and it was like so hard and you had to like fight tooth and nail to mm-hmm. get in every contact and do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then as things get easier, as time passes, then you're salty about like all of these kids people. don't know how hard I had it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of it's interesting for like Greek organizations. Mm-hmm. They 
back in the day, they used to do a ton of hazing, right? But even in like the span of four years for like a freshman to a senior, Mm -hmm. seniors will always be like, oh, my pledge period was so hard. You guys have it so easy, right? They were beating me. Yeah. (laughs) I almost died. It's like, it was four years ago, man. (laughs) There's no way that you were in a life-threatening situation and then I had it easy as pie, right? I just walked here. Yeah. (laughs) I applied online. It was an easy process. (laughs) I was wearing pajamas. So I, I think that really has to be the crux of the whole thing, why there seems to be this divide between Mm -hmm. the people who embrace the technology Mm -hmm. and the people who are like, you guys are appliance operators. Right. You know? I I can see it, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, embrace the technology. Things change, man. You can use the new radios too. Nobody's telling you that because you were licensed before this year, like that you can, you do not have access to the same things. Like you still have access to all that incredible knowledge that you have, right? Like and everything you have. So yeah. take the new technology and bring your knowledge that you have and the experience and do amazing things with it. You know what? You really hit on something too, because if you were a ham during a period of time where you really had to know how all the components worked and you had to fight for every contact and you had to also know how to repair your own radio Mm -hmm. that once those components become somewhat obsolete because of new technology, Mm -hmm. now all of that knowledge you painstakingly learned Mm -hmm. is worthless, right? And so there. I mean, is, you can still build electronics. There's still a need to build electronics. But yeah, I mean, if you're looking. But then there's no there's no respect in it because people will be like, no matter what you build, I can touch the screen. I can see. Do you see me touching the screen <laughs> right now? And I'm there. I can see where there are people talking. I can touch my screen. It will take me there. <laughs> and now I'm there. I didn't have to spin anything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and also it's it's kind of unfair in a, in a certain sense that you're comparing an SDR, software-defined radio, to right. a, a traditional tube-based radio or hybrid tube radio. The, the thing with that is the people that know how to work on a hybrid tube-based radio, they're not going to know how to work on an SDR. Exactly. Nor, so nor can you really work on an SDR in some cases. So like you're you perpetually having to learn and not everybody likes that. And, and you're having to, you're, it's, it's a completely different profession. Like, yeah, it's, I, I, I'm it's having a hard time drawing a comparison. between like but, a cell phone operator and like a switchboard operator. Well, no, I mean, you're literally talking about understanding electronics and schematics and circuitry versus I know how to develop software. They're not congruent. And it's, it's interesting because we are of the generation who knew a world before internet. Right. Right. So for us, it's just like things change and then suddenly the world is different. But for a long time, things changed very slowly. Uh, at the turn of the, at the, turn of the 1800s to 1900s, that's when things kind of started going really fast. Right. We, we, were, we were still using horses for a lot of stuff and then planes. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's kind of wild that we went from the Wright brothers early on in the 1900s to 
putting someone on the moon before there was the internet. Right, but that doesn't impact your everyday. Well, sure you know, it does. Whereas, whereas the internet is like basically another world that we live on. Well, we I mean, live the in a products that world. come from yeah. the advancements affect your lives. Yeah. But if you're talking about a living, growing thing that's always adapting and changing all the time, that is sure. the internet, right? Yeah. That, that's true. Things happen so fast because of the internet. It's I mean, great. It, and and it's, it's, it's really good for the people that have like a FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah. You can just go like, there is no way for me to experience everything. And you can just accept that because it's impossible to experience the internet. I do have a lot of empathy for, for like how older hams that get really salty about this stuff feel. Mm-hmm. Because there are times where I look at our kids and the amount of technology they have at their hands and all of the entertainment they could have. And I just think, man, it was actually better before you guys had all this. Like, we really had to figure things out, you know? I just look at them and go like, you noobs, you don't know how to use a controller. You don't know how to do a Hadouken. You don't know how to do a Shuriken. How old are you, Ben? Eight? Come on. Pick it up. Man. I had carpal tunnel by the time I was seven. Yeah. <laughs> Literally from a Nintendo. I had four buttons and a D-pad. When you got like 10 buttons on that thing? Come on. I mean, they would argue that makes it harder show to do some, combos. Show some effort. Or you get out of here. <laughs> get right out of here. All right. Trying to assure you can with a cross pad direction. Just stop. Well, Ken signs off. In the end, I think that the rigs are probably much more equal than I have experienced. The limiting factor here is my inexperience. I do look forward to trying to master the Kenwood when I have the time. And this also has to be a subsect of ham radio, right? Where you are really into these for lack of a better word, retro radios. Oh, no, it's, it's the classic out, car of, yeah. of radios. The guys yeah. who, okay, you don't know this because you haven't really gone to like the ham shows with me or anything like that, but they're some of the, and they call them boat anchors, right? Like I have a couple of quote unquote boat anchors in the garage, the receivers. I have a transmitter too. When you when you see these things in their re- Re, or not what's, what's the term I'm looking for? Refurbished look, they're amazing, they're so cool looking. They look like are they classic cherry? Cars. Yeah, they're cherry. <laughs> um, they're like hot rods, right? Like right. classic cars that you just want. They're, they're antiques that are restored with like loving care, right? And then yes. that's what they do. That's oh, I'm done with this one, it works. Time to go to the next one. Right. It, and that's like their, yeah. that is their hobby is restoring these radios, which is a beautiful thing. Um, it's a smaller niche for sure. But right. yeah, I mean, that, that's what Bob Heil does, right? Like Bob Heil's a big AM enthusiast. So he's a ton of these old radios. They're just fun. Fantastic. All right. Well, Ken signs off 73 from Ken, KD9TUH. P.S. Did Leia read this as Da Ken? <laughs> I, did, I did not. Is this Da Ken? <laughs> Thank you, Ken, for following up with my question. I really do appreciate that because I am truly fascinated with uh, the the retro versus new school uh, comparison from cars to radios and everything in between. Because there's like 
when you think about music, mm-hmm. I actually do think vinyl sounds better. You know, I can pull up almost anything to listen to on an Alexa. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's something really um, centering about taking a vinyl, playing it, the warmth, That's the, the imperfection. You're, you're yeah. commenting on the experience, sure. not the audio quality. Well, I mean, maybe using a retro radio has that, too. It sounds like... Well, AM sounds different from single right. sideband. AM has a much warmer tone to but it. But like Ken was saying that the amount of power, it even felt like the power was being sucked <laughs> into the radio, right? Like you could almost see the lights dim. They didn't, but that was the feeling, mm-hmm. right? And that's got to be actually a pretty cool feeling, you know, that all of this you're, Yeah, you're energy. experiencing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. All right. The next email is titled Beans, and this is from Mike. Hey, Leia, I believe it was mentioned that your coffee beans were going to be a limited time deal. Uh, To be honest, I ordered some beans on Amazon and it is pure mud. Uh, I'm not judging your coffee, but if your beans are good to me and if there is enough interest, would you consider selling them again? Uh, We we might. I, I don't. I don't think so, though, because well, I, I'm missing something. They're available now. Right. But what am I missing? But if Go he wants to back. reorder. Them, oh, right. Well, um, we could always just give him the information from the roasters. Yeah, I could. I could definitely send you to the roasters. I Josh actually stopped me from buying beans for him uh, f- for a while because he realized very quickly from his experience in buying beans and doing this ridiculously involved pour over method (laughs) that there is a very big difference between freshly roasted beans and beans that have been sitting for months or that's why coffee doesn't coffee even whole bean coffee that you buy in the store doesn't have like dates on them most of the time right and so you could be buying coffee that's over a year old right this is like young coffee right and which is one of the reasons why we were like okay well we're gonna line everything up and try to get it shipped out as close to the make date as possible right i literally picked up the coffee beans less than 24 hours from when they were roasted literally yeah they were still warm (laughs) no but seriously if you if you like it and and you're you you want more um you know you just let us know or, you know, if enough people ask, we'll, we'll just provide the info somewhere. We'll put yeah. it on Ham Tactical yeah. or put it on the Ham Radio Crash Course website. I did talk to them. They, they may actually be willing to um, ship for us. My, my difficulty is that I don't think I can consistently pack orders in a timely manner given my schedule. Yeah, you took over the podcast studio to make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, is our kitchen table. <laughs> So, uh, we'll figure something out. If you love the beans, Mike, I oh yeah, please. I will do whatever it takes to get you some more beans. Yeah, I, I don't know how. Is there a review mechanism on Ham Tactical where people can leave reviews? No. Oh, you should turn that on for the coffee, so we can actually get people like tell us what they think about it. I'm sure people can email us. Well, yeah, but I mean, if it's good or bad, we're going to get a lot of emails. <laughs> yes. I or, like or it. Message I like it. It's great. 
I actually found that it gave me, I'm not somebody who drinks a ton of coffee. Mm -hmm. And part of that is. Yeah, it was really weird. You started yelling for Scotty to beam it up. Yeah. (laughs) But it actually gave me kind of this mellow energy. It didn't. And I, I also didn't drink that super fast, but I, I feel like it, I, it gave me no anxiety and I just had energy until like 2 a.m. <laughs> I drank it pretty later in the day. Uh, the, the, the thing that cracked me up though, you're, when, you, when you got back to the coffee and, and Leia did something I don't do, like I made her a cup before I left for work in the morning uh-huh. and then like 9 p.m., the cup was still sitting there uh-huh. or somewhere and you're yeah. like, oh, look at that. It's kind of oily. There's some oil on top. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the point why it's young and, and, and vibrant <laughs> young and fresh. And delicious. That's what we that's want. That's mom life. We end up having to leave our coffee and can never sit and drink it hot. That's. I think I poured you like half a cup. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Mike signs off. Merry Christmas, Mike K7. W-U-B. Thank you, Mike. And again, if if you love the coffee, uh, I will work out how yeah. to get it in your hands. It's, yeah, it's not a big deal. It's it's not like we went with some like exotic roast or anything. It's Colombian. Yeah, and so. we specifically picked it because of the roaster's relationship with the family that mm-hmm. rose the beans. So the next email is titled Ham Radio Scouting and Merch Ideas. This is a okay. Lot. And this is from Ken. Dear Leah and Josh, I came upon your podcast a few months ago when searching for podcasts to assist me in studying for amateur radio exams. Well, welcome. Thank you for listening. My commute to work is about 45 minutes, so I wanted to capitalize on that time to study since my time at home in the evening is capitalized by my two sons, ages six and four, as it should be. I am so sorry then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not about the suns, just that you were looking for somewhere that would help you study to capitalize on for the test and capitalize on your time. Uh, right. Deepest of apologies. Sorry for the distraction. <laughs> but uh, we are also a two-boy home, <laughs> mm-hmm. so we understand how consuming that can be. Yes. I was familiar with Josh's very helpful HRCC videos on YouTube, so I, quote-unquote, blind downloaded a bunch of podcast episodes on my phone. And one morning, I pulled up an episode to listen on my way to work. I'm sure many of your listeners can imagine my surprise when I noticed that the podcast was over five hours long. (laughs) Surely that was a glitch, right? I fast forwarded expecting to hear four hours of dead space and was shocked to discover that no, this was no glitch. There was, in fact, five hours of content. I, too, was surprised. Every (laughs) week. What could they possibly be going on about for five hours, I wondered. I slid the progress bar somewhere in the middle and listened to a letter from a listener about their bee allergy status. This went on for a few minutes, and I began to think I made a tremendous miscalculation when I downloaded the podcast. Ain't nobody got time for that. Mm Having a very high opinion of the HRCC YouTube channel, I told myself that I would give the podcast 10 more minutes before giving up on it. Surely there would be some ham radio content in there somewhere. I understand the desperation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And after a moment, you began talking about Cub Scouts, why you signed your son up for the program and the benefits that scouting offers. I instantly knew that I was in the right place, that I was home. Aww, oh, that makes me so, so nice. happy. Yeah. And in, in reality, it's and I think we have this in the show description, too, that it is more a lifestyle podcast than a we're we're teaching you all kinds of things yeah. or staying on one topic um and and by the way i'd like to remind everybody we're doing podcasts wrong oh yeah in in the four hour anything above like two hours is like what are you doing <laughs> like what are you actually doing <laughs> proof that this is just josh's way to get me listening to and talking about ham radio every week I mean, <laughs> if we were smart, we're, we're actually recording one episode over two days. We could just do we two could days? Just do two episodes. It, would that be smarter? Days. Well, for, for everybody that at, like does podcasts that I would tell about this, they would laugh. At, <laughs> they would laugh. <laughs> they would think that we are the dumbest people that have ever <laughs> podcast before. Never been done before. <laughs> I just, just, it's insane. Well, I mean, we also have the issue that we don't consistently record on either Tuesday or Wednesday, right? So if we were, you want to drop on a specific schedule so that people know when to expect it. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. All right. Well, Ken continues. I was a Cub Scout and Boy Scout growing up. My father passed away a week before I turned eight. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. So scouting, oh, that makes me so sad because Ben is eight right now. And the idea that that is the point in Ken's life where he lost his father. Yeah, that's sad. Oh, I'm sorry. So scouting not only offered me the opportunity to seek adventure, explore the world around me and develop both hard and soft skills. It afforded me the opportunity to interact with and learn from male role models. Oh. This yeah. was a big deal for a boy without a father. Oh, I'm so I'm so glad yeah. that you had uh, that kind of resource. I attribute most of who I have turned out to be as a person to the scouting program, and I can't recommend it enough. Among many other things, scouting taught me about servant leadership, and that led me to a career in a nonprofit organization management. Oh, wow. As a matter of fact, I spent over five years working for the Boy Scouts of America as a professional, helping grow the program that gave me so much in life. Since then... I spent a few years working for Boys and Girls Club of America and am now leading a nonprofit community and economic development organization. Wow. All of this was possible because of my experience in scouting. I got like literal chills. That's that's, that's a that's a really impressive story. Nicely done. Ken, thank you so much for all you're doing. And helping out kids, man, particularly Boys and Girls Club too. Like, you know, that that's that's great. Like it's a real calling. Mhm. You know? And uh, and it can't be easy. I, I've worked with a lot of nonprofits and uh, the people who work in them. It can give, be very frustrating. Uh, you know, they they give it all they can mm -hmm. and almost they're not fairly compensated for their time. There just aren't the resources in right. those organizations. Right. So, of course not. Yeah. Well done, Ken. Yeah. 
Ken continues, when my oldest son started kindergarten last year, we were quick to sign him up as a lion cub. He is a tiger this year, and I took over as cub master for the pack. Of course he did. Of course he did. Yeah. His little brother tags along to meetings sometimes and is excited to be an official cub scout next year. Oh, man, when Edison became a lion this year... He was just so happy because he had gone to all of these meetings right. with Ben, right? And Ben is now a wolf, wolf mm-hmm. which is incredible. I know. It's wild. And uh, and honestly, Ben, as he's gotten older and has like grown into his own personality, he is such a responsible kid. He We went to Knott's, mm-hmm. okay? He packed his own backpack. And he was like, I'm actually going to bring two backup water bottles. I told him he didn't need to do that because you can refill your water like anywhere at right, Knott's. Right. Uh, but he's like, but you just always need water. And I'm like, honey, I'm going to have to end up carrying this bag. I don't want to carry three water bottles. Right. He's like, no, I'm going to carry it the whole time. And I'm like, you say that, but I'm going to have to carry it. He carried it the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. That's awesome. He, I mean, you can always dump the water out if it gets too heavy, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, the he did end up taking out the extra uh, water bottles, but and he's he's that kid who will be like, "Oh, you look like you need help. Let me help you." Like he will. I will end up carrying Edison's backpack because Edison immediately takes it off like I'm a butler when I pick him up. Right. He's like, "Take all of my stuff." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Ben, when he comes out, when we pick him up, he will take the items out of my hand to try to carry them. I know. Yeah. Which is so amazing. Yeah. And uh, and then Edison, upon seeing that, will be like, no, I'll just carry it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carry it. <laughs> Can't let his brother yeah. win. <laughs> and I do think a lot of that, I mean, we obviously try to instill that in, right. in the kids to be, you know, responsible for themselves and to help people when they, uh, when you see that they need help. But also having a community that reinforces those values like so much of who your children become as adults mm-hmm. are actually like based on who is in their social circle right like don't just let your kids pick whatever friends they want <laughs> you know <laughs> like you gotta yeah. vet these people <laughs> and that's tough though right it's it's like picking your son's girlfriend that's not if you start at an early enough age because kids like boys especially mm-hmm. when they make friends they just stay friends forever <laughs> i mean look at you and and phil yeah you guys knew each other from cub scouts mm-hmm. you're now you all have your own kids and everything and you're still each other's friends like even living so far apart right you well, know that's true that's true so absolutely and especially now that scouts is co-ed put them in an organization like this that reinforces whatever values you're trying to instill yeah it's it's great yeah i I mean i know there's so much politics behind the whole like girls in in scouts now but it's good for the girls too absolutely i I think that there will be many girls that grow up with that that will be much better level-headed well-rounded young adults mm-hmm. right from from their time in scouting like why would we yeah. why would we uh prevent yeah any i jumped person? my own car this week 
See, so and that's all from being in the scout. Like yeah. You're a lion now, right? Yeah, it's really impressive. <laughs> from being a scout mom, <laughs> it's really impressive that they're teaching uh, automobile car jumping to lions. That's the first rank because you had to start all over, right? It's like when I you got my first badge, right? You know, <laughs> it's like when you go back to get a completely different degree. Like, gotta start all over. All right. Well, Ken continues. Uh, to bring this all back around to ham radio, okay. my first exposure to amateur radio was on a Boy Scout campout in sure. the late 90s in Central Oregon. One of the local scoutmasters started setting up a bunch of electronic gear on a folding table, which he connected to a wire suspended up in trees. Nice. This, of course, got my attention. Within a few minutes, our group of scouts were talking on the radio, chatting with other scouts on the other side of the country. Oh, so it's a jamboree. It we a learned that this was called Jamboree on the Air. Nice. Which Ben has one of those patches. Yeah. And then I think other kids are like, where did you get that? Because right now there's just on belt loops. Right, right. right. And he's got, it's and a big ass patch. It's so big. And he uh, placed. Get this. He um, he did end up placing in uh, Pinewood Derby. Mm -hmm. So that is there. These patches all come in like different. He looks how like a Korean, hang. a North Korean military officer. <laughs> so many patches already. And medals <laughs> that just have like little doingies hanging off of them. <laughs> Pieces of flare. Where did you get this massive patch? <laughs> so hopefully that's... I made him dress in his uniform too. For what? For Jamboree's on the air. We went to the shack and he made a bunch of contacts with scouts. Oh, I love that. And he was wearing his uniform when we did it. It was pretty cool. So Ken says, I came home very excited about ham radio. And I asked my mom about getting my license. After looking at the prices of the radios, she told me that finding a pen pal would be a more affordable option. <laughs> Stationery is cheap. <laughs> While we couldn't afford an HF rig or even a serious VHF radio, I got a pack of FRS radios for Christmas that year. Oh, nice. And I convinced all of my friends to get some, too. Our group of teenage friends had nicely FRS nets, as this was before kids really had access to cell phones. Good memories. That's cool. I am actually considering giving... Uh, there's There's a kid who lives, like, five houses away mm -hmm. that's in ben's house uh, mm -hmm. ben's house ben's class and like giving them a radio no joke when we were going somewhere i i turned the frs radios on mm -hmm. bunch of the kids have them already on this block yeah they're already using radios and i gave it to ben i was like talk to him just be nice mm -hmm. kids that we know yeah it was the kids down here the... oh the one that the house that has like six kids in it yeah and they're talking to each other? Or I don't. It was just, they, down I, the... I turned the radio on. They were all on channel one FRS. And I was oh, like, that's amazing. What's happening? You should definitely do So then again. I turned on the amplifier. <laughs> so that the only voice they could hear was Ben's. Right. <laughs> all right. Okay, so Ken says, when I grew up, my interest in radio communications led me to volunteer for the Coast Guard Auxiliary as a radio operator, and I still still give back that way today. Cool. My wife and I like to take our boys camping and hiking, so a few years ago, I got my GMRS license, and we frequently camp outside of cell service. 
the GMRS radios are great, but they left me wanting more. Yes. And I thought back to that jamboree on the air. And this year, I decided to test for my ham license. I started studying a few months ago, right before I found your podcast. I took all three tests down in Washington, Iowa, back in November. I only missed one question on each the tech and general test, and I failed the extra test miserably, which was expected, since I hadn't even attempted to study for it. Now I have a goal for 2022. All right, two. That's the ham radio special. You get your technician and the general, and then you fail the extra. Congratulations, Ken. That's a great accomplishment. After only a few months of studying... That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. While I was initially dubious of the HRCC podcast, I have grown to love each minute of it. Thank Thank you. you. Leah and Josh, you do an amazing job of creating a positive culture that welcomes people of all stages of life. Thank you. Keep up the great work. I have already written you a novel, but I do have a t-shirt idea that I would like to share. Okay. The graphic would be of a spec ops soldier decked out in tactical gear with a big bushy beard as a stereotypical, holding up an HT for the whole world to see with the caption, do you even operate, bro? (laughs) This would also make an awesome window decal. That is really funny, and if we make it, you will get one. I don't know. I like the everything about that. I like. So, what what would you prefer? Do you even operate, bro? Mm. Or hold up the radio and it says operator's going to operate. <laughs> That's good too. Because he's an. So the, the joke, the joke with um with that look mm-hmm. is they call themselves operators. I see. Right. So there, there's this really old meme, like you don't know what Steam is, but Steam is like the uh, Half-Life yes. video game. Yeah. The company that makes it is called Steam, basically. And Steam has a uh, an application where you can download games that you can play. Mm-hmm. And one of them has a picture of this like operator, right? Tactically operating okay. operationally. And then all the, the, the buttons have been replaced to just say operate. <laughs> like the the title of the game is operator operating operationally <laughs> and it's just everything's operate it, it's really fun it's a funny meme it's a very old meme but that's kind of the joke is that you just however many times you can put the word operate into a game was what made it good so operator's gonna operate and it's holding up a ht would be kind of funny all right okay well we'll workshop this and if we make it you'll get one ken Ken signs off on one final note. With all this discussion concerning bathrooms on the Enterprise, it does give new meaning to the phrase to boldly go where no man has gone before. That's true. <laughs> that is true. 73 from Eastern Iowa, Ken, N1KEB. Very good. Thank Nicely you so done, much, Ken. Ken. Great email. Thank you. All of it. Uh, that, that was a wonderful journey to your ham life. That was great. Yeah. The next email is titled Ham Question Story and a Hot Take, and this is from Toby. Hey, Leah and Josh, as the title says, I have a few topics in this message, so let's get right to it. Okay. First, my question. I have a Chameleon MCOM2 and fed half-wave antenna and a Yaesu FT991A radio. Mm-hmm. In checking the antenna SWR with my Nano VNA, it shows it's around uh, 2.2 to 1 at the highest, which is on 40 meters. 
However, when I key the radio at the full 100 watts, the SWR display on the radio shoots to around 5 to 1. Okay. If I lower the power to 80 watts, it's perfectly fine. The internal tuner seems not to make the difference at seems not to make a difference at 100 watts. On all other bands, 80, 20, etc., the SWR is fine with and without the tuner at the full 100 watts. Any ideas what could be causing this? Not really without seeing it. That antenna is meant to be ran with a tuner. Is it possible that the antenna was you had already transmitted like a lot when that happened? Because you can saturate the toroid in the uh, in the matching unit, and that will cause the SWR to spike. Once you get to a certain level of heat, then it's no longer going to transform correctly, and you're going to get that SWR, that reflection back uh, into the radio. I'm guessing that's probably what's happening, but I... So that's what I've experienced with with any antenna that runs a toroid up to a point. But I don't know because I, he's not here. So I can't really okay. ask that question. Well, Toby, maybe um, it should. Well, let's let's come back around to it with a little more information. By the way, um, at some point, you may just want to email Chameleon real fast and ask them because um, they'll, they'll respond to you and it's their antenna. So they'll, awesome. they'll take care of you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not the service uh, center for <laughs> Chameleon. <laughs> Well, Toby says, now for my story. A couple of weeks ago, an anonymous emailer shared his story about playing radio while sick with COVID. Yeah. I wanted to say thank you to him for sharing his story. I know it took a lot to do that. I agree. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's uh, a a lot of people would not, right? What? Would not share their COVID story so that it can serve as... uh, anecdotal information for people Mm -hmm. who might not know. (coughs) Sure. I know from firsthand experience, I'm sad to say, I caught COVID a couple of months ago and it was an experience for sure. I decided to detail and share my experience on my podcast. Toby, you have a podcast? I didn't know that. Please send me a link so I can post it to the show notes. Um, I chose to do this because I felt the information that is out there, unfortunately, biased And people, myself included, feel we really can't take it at face value. I wanted to explain what I went through so hopefully someone else is going through it could manage their expectations. Or maybe someone could listen so they could understand what a loved one might be experiencing and how they might be able to help. Or maybe it's just a simple record without ulterior motives or selling anything either way if anyone wants to listen to that they can search for the renaissance polymath in their favorite podcast player and listen to episode 16 i'll also include the link to that episode for your show notes yes so thank you toby does follow up with the link to that show and i will put that in the show notes thank you toby and thank you for sharing your story you know i i think that uh it, it, there's like so many uh, parallels with the Spanish flu, mm-hmm. right? And I wonder if we had had firsthand accounts of people like actually in their voice and hearing what they went through, if we would be perceiving where we are in the panoramic very differently. I don't know. I don't know. Once That's it became true. a political football, it, it was over. 
I mean, it's tough because, of course, people should have the right to choose, right? And you would just hope that... It's an interesting... The, the thing I sometimes think about is how will future generations look back at us in the history books? Probably much like we look back on the Spanish flu. Right. And so, you know, I'll be I'll be dead and gone by that point, so it doesn't really matter to me. But sometimes I think about that stuff like... In, in the terms of humanity, like trying to take care of each other, sometimes we just don't do a good enough job, even when we have all of history behind us. That is an example of like what not to do. I will say this, though, mm -hmm. regardless of whatever opposition people had to whatever medical treatments were available. During right. The well, Spanish what I just flu. said could go in either direction, depending on what your political beliefs are. Every Like we... Humanity made it through, right? And we're going to make it through this. So I think that the well, same way... statistically, most likely, yes, right? Yeah. Well, true. Okay. But I think that people will look back at it as, oh, there was a massive panoramic. And we're learning about that. And I don't know that they're going to put any intent either way. But it... It very well could set a lot of legal precedences. Oh, yeah. We don't know where this is going yet. Yeah. So we haven't hit the free fall for that yet. All right. So Toby says, and finally, my hot take, mm -hmm. because it is because of this podcast that my wife and I are now watching Star Trek. Whoa. I didn't I, expect that. I considered actually starting Voyager That's <laughs> because of this podcast. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> The next generation for the first time, the first time, Toby, will really enjoy this ride. Okay? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will tell you that the first season might be a little rough. It's true. You've got to wait for Riker's beard. Much better. It, it, mm -hmm. it gets much better. So stick to it if I'm, you can. I'm keeping my eyes open for a bathroom, but haven't spotted one yet. We are also only on season two, episode eight or so. Oh, okay. All right. You're... So they, they got past the first season, so they're probably good. Josh, you mentioned that you never see a toilet. I think you also mentioned the living quarters are equipped with quote-unquote bathrooms. Taking that literally, I would infer that these people are actually bathing. Would you agree with that assessment? Yes. Okay. But that, who knows? Who knows? What's maybe the point of a bathroom? Maybe it's a hydrosonic the, shower. Okay. For efficiency, I would also infer that they are showering and not taking baths. Maybe then, just maybe, everyone is waffle stomping that poop down the shower drain. Maybe that's the culture I mean, of the future. I mean, why have a single purpose device when the more efficient way would be to make something dual purpose, also known as the Alton Brown method? I literally didn't even know waffle stomping was a thing until TikTok. I was mm -hmm. just... I, I was like, this is the thing that people do. I did not know. I think drunk people. <laughs> is That's the primary use case for this. I remember the first time I saw a video of somebody talking about how they do this on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, why? Why are you talking about this? Like, why did you make this the video that you put on the Internet for everyone to see? TikTok's weird, man. And then imagine going, for me to see it, it had to have been viral. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, you are forever going to be the waffle stopper. 
TikTok. So, okay. So just just take the imagery of Jean-Luc Picard just dropping a deuce <laughs> right in the shower. <laughs> now we have to stamp it out. <laughs> oh my just God. like back in... The, and that's Sean Connery. How did I get Sean Connery? <laughs> just like we do back... I can't do Jean-Luc Picard. I, I can't... Just like we do back on the... No, that's not right. Just like we do back on... Just like we do back on the wine. What was it got a vineyard, right? Yes. Just back like just like we do back on the French vineyard. We stamp it out. That's still that's still a bit Connery. Yeah, just, well, yeah. I I'm not That's all right. I, I'm very stuck in the Connery. That it is. It's something. hard to let go once it, it's in hard the to Connery. Let, it's hard to let go. It's, <laughs> that's Did you hear that Nicolas Cage has a movie where he plays Nicolas Cage? <laughs> Isn't every movie that no, Nicolas Cage does? it is actually him playing himself. What? <laughs> I think it's it's by Lionsgate. And I thought initially it was a joke when I saw it. Uh, no. This is a full-blown movie where Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Cage. He is supposedly broke, mm-hmm. and then he has to... Uh, he owes wherever he's living like six hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Oh, this is literally. <laughs> so this the story is else. he's not playing himself <laughs> in a story unrelated to himself. No, it's a story about himself. So he gets offered a million dollars to come to somebody's birthday party, mm-hmm. which initially he says no, and then he realizes he needs the million dollars. So he goes, and then all of these other things happen. That's that's the movie. But he is Nicolas Cage, playing himself. And Nicolas Cage, I, I know you know the ongoing joke about him is you don't know if he's a good actor in bad movies or a bad actor in good movies. He, he has both been in really good movies and he's been in really bad movies. Yeah. And sometimes it's his acting has helped and sometimes it has hurt. He has really got to be living large for him to do the number of movies he does, even picking up the very bad ones. But arguably, he is he is an actor who has gone through many phases of acting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he still has... Face off. Like, <laughs> like Arguably, he still, even when he was younger, right? Like the the one that what was it, chasing Arizona or something, Arizona? I don't remember. Anyway, he, he's like relatively normal in that. And then like The Rock comes along, and then obviously Face Off comes along. But even that is not like the fuel unbridled Nicolas Cage. That that intense insanity. Like in Mandy. Like in man, like in the bathroom scene Ooh. in Mandy. Or anything, any scene in Ghost Rider. <laughs> Ghost Rider was a horrible movie. I don't know horrible. that I've seen it, but don't make me watch it. Oh, yeah. That's, the kids would love it. No. That's a, that's a Marvel uh, movie, by the way. Oh. Ghost Rider. Part of the MCU is what you're saying? I don't think it's part of the MCU. Oh. No. This is tough now. Mm-hmm. I am conflicted. <laughs> because I'm even watching a TV show about the worst Avenger right now. Ghost, Ghost Rider, someone else to be the new worst adventure. Ghost Rider is basically kind of like the Grim Reaper on a motorcycle. Right, right. And he has these chains. 
mm-hmm. and how he vanquishes evil is he wraps him with these chains and the chains force the person that are caught in them to kind of live the sin that that person has created, mm. which ultimately kills like most people. Well, that is the chains, justice. So here's a little MCU canon. The chains don't work on Deadpool. Huh. <laughs> they won't work on Deadpool. All right. Well, I'm back in. I'm going to watch this. It's, <laughs> it's so dumb. It is semi-MCU. Yeah. It's okay. Well, it's it's that weird era of, of Marvel movies before. It was like before where Disney. DC is at now. It was kind of like what they were doing like, you know, 15, 20 years ago. All right. Well, Toby continues. Well, I hope I got Leia to laugh at least. Indeed, you did. I love hearing her laugh so hard she goes silent. I do. I do that sometimes. That's, <laughs> That's when you really got me. That's I when I got her. Can't even breathe. <laughs> also, I've gotten a kick out of hearing my name occasionally pop up. For example, I was the ox that had to be put down in the Oregon Trail reference. I was the horse in another episode. I was the dog in the so I'm so sorry, Toby, Toby. That's not because of you. It's because I had a really dumb cocker spaniel growing up named Toby, <laughs> and this dog was the butt of a many joke in our household. We're not saying you are a dumb dog. I believe he spells his name differently than we yes. spell the dog's name. Yes, this is the Tobe yes. version of Toby. The Tobe. <clears throat> so our dog was T O B Y, and he was just the dumbest dog and uh oh boy so when when i think of this when i think of an animal doing something just yeeting itself or whatever <laughs> it's a toby <laughs> it's definitely a toby not you toby not you toby yes, cocker, the spaniel, cocker toby. spaniel toby i like cocker spaniels but you won't let us get one yeah because so. a toby <laughs> a dog. well toby says it always makes me laugh Wishing you both a Merry Christmas. Sincerely, Da Toby. <laughs> da Toby. From Toby. <laughs> KT0BEG. I want to really note if you haven't noticed about Toby's call sign, mm-hmm. his name is in the middle of it. It's KT0BEG. Yeah. That's fantastic. Oh, Toby and- G. And his last name starts with G. So he's got basically his name. So it's Da Toby G. Yeah. <laughs> with the sweet saxophone. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Toby. I was thinking and of Da Ali G show. Oh, I thought you were talking about Kenny G. Because <laughs> that's Kenny G always comes, yeah, what's up? It's Da Kenny G in the house. Respect. Booyakasha. <laughs> Now I'm going to play this ridiculously straight saxophone. <laughs> Where do you even get one of these Thank things? You. <laughs> Thank you, Toby, for your email. And I hope you really enjoy Star Trek. And I'm excited to listen to your podcast. I do. I do have a funny story about that. So when I was in middle school, um, I played in the orchestra <laughs> and uh most of the kids played alto it was a large section of alto not you saxophone players no i played the alto first year <laughs> um then i moved up to tenor there was a baritone player nobody played the soprano okay there was no 
nobody was like, hey, Miss Baker, um, where, where do I get that sexy straight saxophone? <laughs> Not even when, you know, Kenny G was making it big. Yo, Miss Baker, where do I get that sexy straight saxophone <laughs> and a perm? Yes, yes. Sweet perm, too. Sweet perm. Straight sax, sweet perm. <laughs> That's right. All right. I think that was on the album cover. <laughs> straight sax. All right. The next email is titled, A Short Documentary Recommendation. I promise it is ham radio. <laughs> Okay. And this is from Austin. Hello. Thank you, Josh, for your comments on the tough book questions I had a few weeks ago. I found a short documentary called Last Voice from Kuwait. I found that it goes along well with all sorts of themes that the podcast has covered. And Austin has provided a link to a short article on the WinLink website about the effort and the documentary. Oh, okay. And a direct link. It is a 30-minute long documentary, so we will oh, definitely cool. watch that. Thank you for the recommendation, and I'll drop these links in the show notes. Thank you. It is about a ham radio operator named Abdul Jabbar Marafi, 9K2DZ from Kuwait, who provided life-saving messages out of the country during the Iraqi invasion and occupation of Kuwait in the 1990s. Wow. He would use RIDI messages and an early type of WinLink called AppLink to get info out of the country and to the United States. Most of the messages would go to the U.S. government as intelligence, like Iraqi military activities and locations, while others would be forwarded to media to report what was happening there. Wow, Some messages were radio telegrams to families in the United States, and the operators would forward them to the family by letter or phone. Wow. That is amazing. That's super cool. And I've actually long thought that one of the best ways that we could really find out what's happening in a country is by getting someone in that country a ham radio mm-hmm. and and really fluent with how to use the ham radio you know the this problem is, why, is like, always the antennas <laughs> this is why it was really interesting that you didn't like latch on to that uh sasha barracon show the spy on netflix why because it's like did i fall asleep it's mostly about radio Mm. He's got like clandestine radio parts that he had to smuggle in to Iran. I think you Was were it watching Iran? it yeah. so late. Maybe. And it, the pacing of it is actually quite slow. Mm. I don't, I didn't feel like it was that Okay. Slow. Well, my attention span must be much shorter than yours. Okay. Well, I like Dune. <laughs> that is very slowly paced. <laughs> it's like, man, you could have fit like three books in here. <laughs> All right. Well, Austin continues, hearing the stories from within the oppressed country makes me think a lot of the stories Leah has shared about her family and their battle for freedom. Mm-hmm. And to Human have a, suffering is uh, not based on any race or culture. <laughs> it's, uh, and I, I'm really glad that Austin brought this up because like, it's a very odd time to be patriotic, mm-hmm. you know, especially, well, for anyone but also as a minority, right? Mm-hmm. Because now you have um, like second uh, second generation immigrants mm-hmm. 
that are so far detached right from they what grew it was up like. here yeah but also that in a lot of countries you are only hearing about what that government is allowing to get out right yes so I think that people really do take for granted what it's like to be able to live an entire life not knowing the fear of a war-torn, unstable, or mm -hmm. like full-blown corrupt yeah. government that has like no citizens rights. It's It's really interesting. And that's one of the dichotomies of like, the political mouthpiece on both sides when you think of the freedoms we have to say the things we say about the government yeah. if you were to compare and contrast that to any of the governments that are in our history books that are not far removed from history we literally have parents that have fled from countries like vietnam yeah and obviously what's happened in thailand and everything else like that right yeah and like my uncle was like in cambodia mm-hmm you know, around the oh, that's what I meant, Cambodia. Thailand. I meant Cambodia, not Thailand. Yeah, um, yeah. All of that is really interesting. That again, we have books on this and firsthand accounts, and we're not really heeding any of the lessons. It's it's insane to me because uh, one of the things that people are always confused about is why the uh, the Vietnamese population in so many areas of the country are so deeply patriotic mm -hmm. and why they are so like dedicated to the right. Whereas a lot of other Asian groups have already, you know, like moved moderate or to the left. Right. Because they've got multiple generations under their belt. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And it's like, you, <laughs> they literally can see it when they close their eyes. Yes. Yep. You know, so for them, the idea that anything like that could happen here, right? Everything that they fought for is a, is a bridge they are not willing to cross. Right, exactly. This is because not, yeah, because they believe one hundred percent because they lived it that this is something that you may not think would happen, and it doesn't and it happen fast. Happened. It happens over time, and it and they lost everything. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, it doesn't start fast, I should say. Yeah. But then it can ramp up. But sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is. If you aren't, it's unfortunate to me that like if you haven't personally experienced what that trauma is, mm -hmm. that there are so many people who will not listen to it. Right. And understand it. Which are oddly enough, the same people that are probably telling you to stay in your lane. Right, right. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, what lane have you been in? <laughs> anyway, Austin continues. And to have a lifeline like amateur radio being the only service out of a country puts into perspective for me that the voice that amateur radio can have for places under oppression. And I, I totally agree. I mean, and I mean, it sounds like this individual is slightly clandestine, though. It, right. If they were if they were feeding information to the U.S. government. It's going a little bit beyond uh, amateur radio at that point. Can you imagine how many people owe their lives to this ham radio operator, though? Oh, sure. Yeah, there's probably tons. Like the idea, I think people don't realize that 
one person can genuinely make a massive difference. Right. You know, and and, and I say this all the time, like ham radio heroes, right? Mm-hmm. And that is the epitome of that. Yeah. I I spoke early about trying to get ham radio into the hands of people in these exploited countries, mm-hmm. but you can't ship anything to them because the government's so corrupt. They're going through all the mail. We're like airdropping ham radios you know? over North Korea. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, yeah, he'll take that Baofeng money in North Korea. And buy Crown Royal with Yes, exactly. How many Baofengs for a bottle of Crown Royal, you know? That's so. that's what their currency will be in the future. Baofengs. Yeah. That's it already it. is now, I think. So uh, Josh and I had mentioned in a past podcast, um, after hearing about Xander and the Southwest Idaho arc, mm-hmm. uh, that we wanted to help fund some of these free radios that they give to under 18 year olds and so i sent josh a message and i was like hey here's here's the paypal like send them their years uh worth of bow fangs right 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 right. and you're like how much is it And i was like well i I think they gave out five bow fangs this year so uh send them five bow fangs money (laughs) okay (laughs) done completed and josh immediately understood (laughs) sent done because that's the currency that you talk in now. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, Austin signs off. 73 Austin, KI5POL. Thank you so much for sharing this, Austin. I am so excited to watch this. I can't even tell you. And uh, I'm going to drop this in the show notes. And if you guys are also watching it, let's let's talk about it because I love yeah, things like this. That's right? awesome. All right. The next email is titled Noah and FT8. Oh, there is the most hilarious meme that was posted today in the HRCC podcast channel. Yeah. And they it was originally referencing Noah has a law enforcement arm. Mm-hmm. And then somebody said, well, it only addresses this section of the law, right? And it's about affecting weather. Right. And I was like, so... Are you saying that I will get in trouble for doing a rain dance? (laughs) And then somebody posted a picture of the guy whose head is peeking out from under, uh, from over a wall. Right. With the black hat. Yeah. And the hat says Noah. And he's saying, did she say rain dance? (laughs) And then somebody posted, somebody come look at this and there's so many dudes. Yeah. So many Noah dudes. That made my day. I, I laughed so hard. <laughs> All right. Well, Devin says, hello, Leia and Josh. I've been binging on the podcast and love the inside jokes. There are a few that go over my head. It's okay. There will be more that you will. You'll know. Yeah, exactly. But I do appreciate you shining the light of truth onto Noah's insidious plot (laughs) to listen in on all of our conversations. Yes. Yes. To help spread the word. I put together a design for y'all attached. Hope it's good for a few laughs. It's supposed to be an ear. Does it translate? Ears are weird. And here's the picture. It says national oceanic and atmospheric administration. 
always <laughs> listening. <laughs> and it's an ear. This is a very good logo. It design. is a very good logo. It's like a two tone blue. I will post it in the. Uh, you know what scares me about this channel. though is that we're all doing it as like a joke, but there's people out there that say that's that is saying birds don't exist. What? That birds don't exist. What's in the sky? Birds. But they're drones that the government is. Oh, what? Yeah. And when they land on the power lines, that's when they're recharging. What? Yeah, there's people that believe birds aren't real. What about birds that are hatching out of eggs? Uh, That's not real. That's somehow a very realistic animation. That's like what NASA did for the moon landing. What, What about bald eagles? That's just the most patriotic drone. What about woodpeckers? Because they make a lot of noise. How do they listen to you if they're damaging a tree? That's where they're planting the microphones after they bore the hole. What? And so the trees that have like a million woodpecker holes in them, that's just a massive listening device? Well, that particular drone needs to go back in for recalibration. Oh, it's a broken drone. It's broken Okay, drone. got Okay. Well, as long as it's gotten it. I mean, it's all logical. Yeah. Devin, you are a very talented graphic designer. I there are so many things that is happening. It is here. very funny. Yeah. That is really funny. That is definitely going in the podcast channel. I, I almost want to make a shirt on it, but it's like it says Noah. People will yeah. think that we mean that. <laughs> and they will think that we're insane <laughs> about this. <laughs> They'll think we're insane about this. About this. <laughs> yes. Which I don't want to be. About this. About this. Yeah. This specific thing. Well, Devin continues, while I'm here, I also had a few questions about FT8. Please forgive me if it's material you've covered already. Probably if it's FT8, let's go for it. It's okay. That's, you know, that's kind of what the podcast is here for. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the same things I've said, but in a different format. (laughs) While I'm here, oh, once I started to get the hang of it, I decided to try to try working all states. Okay. I mean, you could go State Farm, too, but that's all right. How the heck do you know who's where and which address counts? Does it go by the state the operator was licensed in or the state they currently reside in? For example, example Mm -hmm. only, not trying to call any specific operator out. I'll see a K6XYZ call sign and think, great. I can try to work someone in California only to look them up and find out they're actually in Ohio. Ah. Is this part of the challenge or am I missing something obvious? So there is um, something that operators need to uh, do when they use FT8 out in the field. Under settings, under the generals tab, you need to set the grid square. Because that is the grid square you're transmitting from. And that is part of the traffic for FT8. So my call sign could be KI6NAZ, but when I transmit out of state or out of my grid square, I update my grid square because you may only be looking at getting all 50 states, but there are some people that are trying to get all the grids. So there's some people that have taken it to that level that they're trying to work rare grids. And people will do that so people can get the contacts on these super rare grids. So you should always go in and at least have four characters in your grid square. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope that helps, Devin. And and if if you don't know what your grid square is, which you probably do, but for everybody that doesn't know, go and Google Maidenhead Grid Square Lookup. 
and you can type your zip code or your discrete location if you have Latin long, uh, you'll likely get a very, very multi-character uh, grid square. Do not necessarily put that in. Just put the four characters and you're good. So if he's working all states, though, that is based on where... 50 states. The, it's the work all it's, states. it's based on where the operator is located at the time of transmitting. Correct. Yeah, so I could be KI6NAZ, but I could be operating from Wyoming. Right. And so I would need to tell the person making a contact with me, I am in Wyoming. You know what would be a really fun road trip? Hmm. Is if you figured out which states are the least activated. I just said Wyoming. And then you go to those states. I just said Wyoming. That's one state. Yeah. I'm saying which states. Well, good news. They're all connected. (laughs) (laughs) It's Wyoming, the Dakotas, and Montana. Wow. We could do that. I've always wanted to go to Wyoming, the Dakotas, and Montana. I'm pretty sure that's the answer. I'm sure there's probably like a Rhode Island in there or New Hampshire or Connecticut or something. But um, yeah, generally those are pretty, uh, pretty sparse for ham radio, those states. Are you, is it because it's like the least? Yeah, like per capita. But what about Alaska? Mm, don't know. Good question. Maybe. I could be totally wrong. Okay. Well, Devin, I hope that answered your question. It is the physical location of the You need to update that. Yeah. Please do have your grid square as accurate as you can. Well, Devin says, also, I've been hunting call signs. I'll see one that I want to work, make the QSO, and then when I'm done, a different op will call my call sign on that frequency blob. For example, I see K1ABC, make the QSO, then VE1XYZ will start calling for me in that same frequency space. Mm-hmm. Seems like bad form. What about the original operator, K1ABC, that was using a bit of the band to call CQ? Or is it no big deal? Are you sure they're calling on the same frequency? A lot of times they're not calling you on the same frequency that you're working on. Also, you're probably not also working that call on the same frequency. Mm. Because there's a shift uh, in hertz on all of the transmissions generally. So your your transmit frequency is displayed on the WSJTX screen. And your receive frequency will jump to the receive frequency of the station you're trying to work. Oh, interesting. So when you are transmitting to that station... Again, that station is listening to a wide swath of bandwidth, uh, 2.4 or higher kilohertz. Okay. You will be positioned on, say, 1,500 kilohertz and transmit at the 500, uh, sorry, not kilohertz, hertz. And you'll be transmitting at the 50 hertz wide space that is FT8, or is it 500? I don't remember. The station calling you is probably calling on their own hertz space, and you're hearing them because they are listening on your frequency and you are listening to the wide swath of the bandwidth. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, that'll show up, by the way. It'll show you when you're looking at the at the transmission, when it shows up in red, it will show their transmitting hertz space. And you'll see really quickly if it's the same as the one you're on or the same as the frequency of the person you were just working, et cetera. And if it's not, then I would argue that it's not in bad form. It's just them being efficient because they can hear you and they've waited for you to complete the QSO and are now trying to try you. It's so, but even if, if the QSO is over, mm-hmm. even if it's the same frequency space, would that be bad form? Yeah, technically that original station has that frequency. 
because oh, they so were working K1ABC. contacts. The first one that he replied to oh. is kind of transmitting in that hertz space. Okay. Like that's their frequency. They're kind of parked in that so lane. Then, so then VE1XYZ should not be hopping on that same frequency. Ideally, no. Okay. Like it's it's a huge multi-band highway and the waterfall is the, verti- the vertical, you know, our progression as we go down the lane. Okay. If somebody were to slide over all the lanes and get into your lane and start doing commerce with people in your lane, that would be like, well, hey, I was already here doing commerce. Okay. You know, or exchanging postcards. All right. In this case. Yeah. Interesting. What a what a bit of etiquette. Yeah. Well, Devin signs off. Anyway, thank you for the great show. You two are awesome. Thank you, Devin. So are you. Thank you, Devin. 73's Kevin, uh, Devin, uh, KC1KAZ. All right. Thank you so much. And for that wonderful graphic. Thank you. Welcome to day two. Uh, we opened another beer. Yes. For day two. And this is Stripper Dust Vanilla Porter by the Pappy Slocum Brewing Company in Abilene, Texas. It's like a really fantastic vanilla porter. I haven't tried but, it yet, but Leia's but already drank like her whole beer. There's glitter everywhere. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's real good. That's a, uh, mm. light mouthfeel though for a porter. Pretty light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had actually told Jason uh, in the process of thanking him that the double stuffed mm-hmm. beer that he sent was my favorite because it tasted like Oreos. Mm-hmm. But now this one is my favorite. Yeah. This is, this yeah. is very good. This is probably the best one. So thank you again, Jason Ham Radio 2.0. What's mm-hmm. his call? 6.5 uh, ALC there. What's Jason's call? He doesn't have like one of those like K-murder calls where I can really remember. K at MRD. His, his call is actually a little trickier to remember. Yeah. It's uh, KC5HWB. There you go. And just so everybody knows, as we're looking at the, the countdown to 100K for Jason, mm-hmm. he's at... 99.6k <laughs> that's so he's almost there nice everybody go ahead push him over the push him over the edge <laughs> <laughs> that's very nice Leah. that's yeah. nice sentiment <laughs> well between the first day and the second day we got some physical mail physical, physical mail. mail hey before we get into the mail mm. can i mention something that i learned today that i'm very upset about <laughs> okay Today, yes, with the Cub Scouts, we went on a tour of a local fire station, mm-hmm. right? And the guys were great. They showed us all of the things on the fire truck, even showed us the radio on the fire truck. Radio. Yeah. And then, you know, they showed us the living quarters. It's a very small fire station. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't even know where it was. And it turns out it was like a two minutes from our house. Right, right, right. <laughs> You're talking about the one on Artesia? Yes. Yeah, that's like yeah. right down the street. It's tiny. Mm-hmm. Then we get into the common area where there's a kitchen, dining. It's basically like a, it's a like very a, small living room yeah. situation. The firemen told us mm-hmm. they have to pay for everything. It's like a blank slate building mm-hmm. with a stove and a refrigerator. 
and a microwave, I think. Mm -hmm. And then they have to supply everything else. So they pay for their own internet. They pay for their own, which I don't even understand. Don't you need internet to just to do your... Your gerb? Yeah, like upload your fire reports or something. I don't know. Upload your fire reports. <laughs> not no, not be notified of an emergency or anything. Be notified uh, to no, update your fire report. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then they have to pay for their own cable, all of those things. And I'm just, what a crappy way to treat people who risk their lives did, to keep people safe. Did you ask the clarifying question of, is this a special thing because this is like a smaller firehouse or are all firefighters like this? That's what they I They decided ask. to just screw over this one fire station. <laughs> Maybe it's not large enough to require like a budget, like a, a, a larger operating budget. You know what? Than power and like gas or whatever. I guarantee you that there are some HRCC podcast listeners that are feverishly typing. Either firemen or fire fire department adjacent. And I want to know because now I feel so bad. I want to go over there and pay for their Netflix or something. I'm so upset for that. Just slide the username and password (laughs) under the door. Here, you can use this. I have HBO Max. You can use this. you know what? Here's my Hulu password, too. Oh, do you want Disney Plus? <laughs> Take that, too. <laughs> Can't do that because you don't know the username and password for that. That's a true story. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I, it's, it was really interesting when you told me that. And I feel like I don't. And they pay for their own food. I have which follow I guess on is, questions. That's, oh, sure, uh, sure. All right. I, they, they get paid decently and they've got yeah. a good pension. Do, do I need um, to drop off some sheets for the twin beds they're having to sleep in? It's like, what? It's just they they have to work twenty four hey, hour shifts. Leah, these aren't orphans. Okay, they're, they're grown men. <laughs> okay, I'm right. I'm assuming that um, there's probably some kind of uh, economic. It makes sense. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. Listen, in every other job in which you would be forced to work a twenty four hour shift that would include the requirement of sleeping somewhere, mm-hmm. they would provide you what you need to sleep. And they're like, and this is our laundries, <laughs> like our our washer dryer. We do our own laundry. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Why would they you not do take, their own laundry? But you take your fire clothing mm-hmm. and you put them in a like a household washer <laughs> a Ken, dryer. A Kenmore. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Are you serious? They're not syntossing your clothing for you. Well, I don't know. They may do that for the some of the jackets and stuff. May have to be professionally handled that's just it's dry clean only <laughs> and then we we went outside and i was like is that a fire watchtower and the guy looked at me like i was a moron <laughs> okay and he's like that's how we dry our hoses it's like a massive i know it, right right leah i i know this firehouse and that is the first thing that jumped out at me <laughs> it wasn't an antenna and i definitely never thought there was someone that was going to sit up there <laughs> I was like, that is really proactive. I would have never Do thought. Do you call that the crow's nest? <laughs> and then I asked the ultimate stupid question. Right? Where's the Dalmatian? No. Where's the no. pole? On the fire, the fire truck, pole. there are wooden ladders. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that seems like an interesting choice. Is that? By-? And then he, <laughs> the fireman goes, well, 
we don't want to be electrocuted, so mm-hmm. we can't use any conductive metal. Mm-hmm. But aluminum will fold under a small amount of heat. Yeah. <laughs> the heat of fire and the full weight of a fire person. And I was like, all of this checks out. Thank you for answering my very stupid question. <laughs> I don't think it's stupid. I think that was a, a good question to ask. <laughs> Why do you have a flammable ladder? <laughs> Well, you see, flammable turns out to be better than meltable (laughs) or just quickly bendable right? or immediately fails. Yes. (laughs) Also, uh, the ladders don't generally they don't use the fire to hold the the ladder up. They use things not on fire to hold the ladder up. Oh, so generally, I would assume the ladders are never in a situation where... You would just like avoid putting the bottom of the ladder in flames. If if the entire home is fire... Yes, yeah. You wouldn't necessarily put the ladder (laughs) on it it to then get on top of the fire. Ah, yeah. You know, seems like... Just, so, I don't know. So I obviously asked the question, mm-hmm. what is the number one cause of fires in our neighborhood? Mm-hmm. And they flat out said electrical fires. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> People are using too many jerry-rigged, like, over, <laughs> um, like, extension cords. Right. And, strip like, plugs into yeah, strip plugs. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, whereas, like, you should just, if you're going to need a strip plug, you should just go ahead and install another outlet. What? Yeah. That strip plugs aren't permanent solutions? <laughs> so, I don't know if you know this, but I actually do have strip plugs in our kitchen. And now I feel like I should unplug them. <laughs> or they're temporary, right? You're supposed to turn them off. You're not supposed to leave them on all the time. Yeah. Don't come looking in my shack or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I learned a lot today. Very good. Yeah. All right. Well, there you and go. Like, uh, I can't wait for the updates. Yeah. <laughs> that one HRCC arsonist, though, is going to email and he's going to be like, don't listen to them. <laughs> I just want to bring them cookies or something, you know? <laughs> I just feel so bad. He, instead of giving them. So here's probably some of the reasons why they're not provided things. Yes. Um, I'm assuming a part of their pay is a stipend to pay for necessary goods. Uh, not from what I understand. They even had to get their station shop back donated by Home Depot. Like this is. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and part of it is probably also the community taking care of them. But here would be my recommendation. Instead of giving them cookies. Okay. Give them a gift certificate to the grocery Four store. No. <laughs> so they could buy whatever the they want. Mrs. Fields cookie. No. <laughs> Go get them some Cinnabon beanbag chairs. <laughs> and some chili. And some chili. Yes. Just give them a gift certificate to Ralph's, man. Do you think or they Kroger want some skyline chili? Or Kroger for people chili? that don't know that, you know. No, no. Just just give them a gift certificate. The whole thing's very confusing for me. Okay, so we got a couple of physical mails. <gasps> physical mail. With a bit of a tragedy. Which we'll talk about here shortly, but we got this first one. This one's from Bob. I'm not going to put a lot of personal information in, but just wanted to, uh, he says, hi, Josh. First off, I want to tell you how much I enjoy your YouTube channel. I'm 38 years old and have been a ham since 2004. My call sign is, and then I'll just leave that out because I don't, you know, I don't know that he expects me to read it, like the emails, obviously. Sure, sure. So, yeah. It's vanity call sign that has my last initials. For some reason, when I got my general, I thought it would be cool to have that call sign, and it would be easier to t- uh, to yell during pileups. Being 38 now, I probably would have just stuck with my original one. 
Anyways, I've drifted in and out of the hobby over the over the last 15 years, mainly because of my suburb-style house with aluminum siding, and for some reason, I've always thought it was an obstacle to put up an antenna. I've always been apprehensive that my neighbors would care, but I feel that I am thinking too much into it. Yes. I would agree. With all that being said, I really enjoy your video on the TN07, my go-to antenna. It might be a good solution for me to get back on the air and a gateway to other antennas. I know that you are not the creator of this antenna, but I have purchased many antennas over the years, and they all tend to not pan out. At $500, do you think it's worth me taking a look at it? Do you know of any other antennas that are similar that I should look at? Thank you for posting your P.O. box on your channel. Sorry to write Sorry to write you. I'm finding it difficult to meet ham radio operators around here. Which is interesting because he follows on and says, San Diego seems to be a hotbed for ham radio. I wish Michigan was that way. And so I assume, yeah, Michigan. K&MRD was from Michigan. And he oh. ended up leaving going to Texas. I think I'm stuck on the aluminum siding too much and how it would affect the performance of a wire or any type of other type of antenna that I put up close to my house on the outside. If you have any feedback, I would greatly appreciate it. I will not hold you to any recommendations, and I know you're a busy person. Thanks for accepting my letter, and if you don't write back, I understand. Uh, so, well, thank you, Bob. I, I appreciate you setting that bar super low. <laughs> uh, but I, I I did like this letter, and there's a couple of things that wait, I wanted to Wait, hit. does Bob listen to the podcast? Is he going to hear know. your response? <laughs> I don't know, but I, I think the question's good regardless. So the, the TN07, the go-to antenna, is expensive at $500. It's very mm -hmm. much so expensive. And really, the people it's for are those that just kind of want to put something up and not really think about it and just use it. They're not, it's not necessarily for people who are going to geek out on the performance of the antenna um, because it is, you know, it's, it's not as efficient as a, as a cut resonant antenna. Um, for Bob, I don't know, because, you know, again, there's not a lot of context here. Well, and Bob's in a suburb. Sure. Right? So the Not a lot of context, but where I'm going with this is DX Commander. DX Commander's like, you know, less than $200. I'm going to have to request that if you say DX Commander on the show... That you do it properly. Give DX Commander. Like that. <laughs> Put some spice on it. <laughs> Put a little spice on it. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I would check out a DX Commander. Um, the only downside of a DX Commander is having to lay radials, but I don't think that's a big problem. I really don't, particularly if you uh, slightly trench them uh, in your grass or wherever. It'll get to the point that the grass just grows around it. In fact, once they become trenched and you can mow all the way around the DX Commander, it won't cause a problem. Huh. And there's direct berry coax that you can throw right into the ground at the same depth, you know, about two inches or so, and they make devices to do it. Or you can make your own. You can look on lines. You can look on, on lines. lines. That's right. right. Go to YouTube.com for more information. YouTube.coms. YouTube.coms. <laughs> now, the aluminum siding thing, you're far too worried about that. Um your your wire would have to be pretty close, like a foot or less close, and at a pretty decent amount of space. It will affect it somewhat in its its uh, resonating pattern, but not enough to worry about. And again, if you have no antenna, I would I would rather just use the aluminum siding as an antenna than have no antenna. You know what I mean? Mm. So. You know, put a tuner on the flashing on the side of your house and the uh, on your roof, and just light that thing up. That's what I would do. 
So we got another one, and this uh, came from K W four K M B, and there was just a post-it, and it says this tool measures tire tread depth. Heard you mention it on the podcast. All the best, the best from Matt. Well, Matt, that's the tragedy. Matt sent this in a envelope, like a letter envelope, and I'm going to go ahead and say someone who was handling this letter between you and I, Matt poked a little hole and uh, poked a little hole in the bag. What? And took the the gauge. So it's gone. They stole it? Straight up stolen. Yeah. Was it stolen or were they like, you know, being the... Oh, they're just looking out for my safety? The postal police. And they thought it was like not something that was okay to ship. I'm going to go ahead and go with stole it. Why? I... I don't why, know why. Why steal tire depth gauge? So if you if you want to ship something that actually has structure to it, you don't want to send it in a letter. Like a, a sticker's fine uh, in a letter, like you would send an envelope letter. Uh, you need to use like a, a more serious padded envelope, something along those lines, if you want to send something like that. So Matt, sorry about that. The super nice of you though. Uh, I would. Uh, those are super cool. Appreciate that. Uh, the last one. This was super cool. This is now I'm sad. I wanted to see what what it was. I know, right? So I believe the name is pronounced Senmas or oh, it's Seamus. Seamus. Oh, the the spelling of it. My bad. It's Seamus. Uh, and he wrote it in fountain pen. <gasps> on on actual uh, a man after your own heart. Yeah, and he wrote the pen in the lower left corner. He wrote the pen he wrote it with and the ink he used. Oh, man. And the ink is really cool. It's Noodler's Sequoia Green, which almost has kind of a brown tint to it. It's really nice. You've really hit on a, another one of Josh's esoteric hobbies. Oh, yeah. This is super cool. I actually <laughs> want to find out what um, what tip he was using because I think it's not – maybe it's a medium. might be a broad. Anyway. Great. Uh, I hope this letter <laughs> finds you and the family well and enjoying the holiday season. I've decided that instead of emailing in, I'd write a letter, as not only is it a joy to do, but always a pleasure to use my fountain pen and inks. I know you also... beautiful paper, too. Yeah, I know. It's super stationary. Super cool. Yeah. I know you also enjoy fountain pens, Josh, and they pair well with everything. I agree. I want uh, want to thank you both uh, so much for all you do. For the ham community, family, but for humanity... Wow. You both are such a positive and amazing pair in all you do and promote. Thank you very much. Thank you. Whether in the delightful podcast, which I love listening to weekly, or the superb YouTube videos, there is always something valuable to glean, enjoy, and uh, enjoy and smile about. Having been a ham now for 37 years, I've seen and heard a lot. Yet I, I not only enjoy the nostalgia parts of my radio past, I also embrace all of the newest advancements. This is one of many aspects I love about HRCC. In all the areas of ham radio are discussed, debated, and embraced. And the podcast are a superb roller coaster of joy for me. Oh, Frequently so compelling nice. me to laugh out loud and giggle and talk back to you in agreement. Thank you. You are both such a bright ray of sunshine. Your faithful Seamus in Washington State. Thank you, Seamus. Beautiful, beautiful letter and a wonderful. It was, you know, like the 
he picked a, a stationery. It's got like a light tan color to it. And then he used that cool ink. Yeah. And he, he has very good penmanship because this is not lined. He just did it. That it's, is impressive. It's really nicely done, Seamus. Okay. Well, I think we can continue on with the emails. Thank you for letting me do a little. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Intro. Thank you for all of the written mail. Yeah, I'm, nice. I'm bummed out about that tire gauge because those things are cool. But um, yeah, I, you know, I, mm-hmm. that's not the first time that something like that's happened in the post. Um, people have sent like a small trinket and it's gotten ripped out and it's specifically ripped out. It, that's a little baggy. They left the baggy. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if it got caught in a machine, like a sorting machine, it wouldn't have left the baggy. It would have ripped all that thing out. It would have ripped the whole envelope apart. Okay. All right. It's sus. Super sus. All right. Well, the next email reads, recent podcast, and this is from Old Iron. Mm-hmm. Hello, Leia and Josh. Hey, Old Iron. In a recent podcast, you asked that emails have some ham radio or prepper content. Thank this you. actually made it a bit easier for me. Excellent. I start emails and I never finish them. Mm. I hear new fun subjects on every podcast that I want to comment on. I add and remove comments with every new podcast. Oh, boy. Nonsense comments on. Coffee, cereal, Star Trek, Marvel, Doctor Strange, Supervillain Thanos, Junior Mints, Ice Cream Cakes, the word cake is more of a suggestion, in my opinion. Lawn- <laughs> They're more of guidelines. They are <laughs> rules. Lawn mowing and yes, bees. I don't always get stung by bees, but when I do, I prefer bees over hornets or wasps. Stung a couple of times a year and so far no allergies. That's good to hear. I'm glad that you weren't taken out by hornet, wasps, or bees. I, indeed. My last email was only ham related, and I and I will update that now. The Moby link has been shelved. I have given up. Well, if well, you remember last, I week. do. Yeah, yeah. Old okay. Iron had a real tough time with the Moby link setup. Uh, I'm super confused. You may have to you may have to email me at hoshnasi at gmail because it sounds like he watched the video. Yes. So he's perhaps getting stuck on well, a particular point. But he also had an Elmer. Yeah, but the Elmer said he got it working. Yeah. So can can the Elmer show you how Take to get it working? Take the radio over to the Elmer's house <laughs> with the Moby linked. By the way, as a side note, Leah, I did open. This is probably going to be right up your alley. This is the Sin Mint because Leah like killed the first beer. Leah's. This is the oh, Sin is so Mint Christmassy. Temptress Imperial Milk Stout Ale brewed with lactose sugar and vanilla with mint. Graham cracker fantastic. and natural flavors. This is like York peppermint patty in a stout for you. This is Christmas in a beer. Yummy. Thank you again, Jason. Oh, okay. that is good. Yeah. All right. It's you were minty saying? though. I have the Elmer look at your devices. All right. Well, Old Iron says the MobiLink has not yet met the same fate as my all-in-one remote, which went from package to trash in less than an hour. Also easy setup. I do feel bad about spending money, but my sanity also has value. A quick side note, I was asked by a registry officer if I had trouble following directions. Uh, you decide. <laughs> like registry officer, what's that? I'm not sure. When you throw the word officer on it, I'm led to believe it's probably a military thing. Possibly. I know nothing about the military, so I'm going to nod and agree with you, okay. my wise husband. I, oh, 
<laughs> and if you're wrong, I will also enjoy Do you know people what? correcting you. <laughs> this happened at work today. I normally don't mention work stories, but it happened today. So there was a new scheduler that I've only talked to on the phone, and I happened to be on this other building. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for someone else because I was in the same building, and I always say hi to this uh, other scheduler named Susan that I've worked with a lot. She was out, but there was this new guy there. And uh, he jumps up and he's like, hey, who are, you know, who, who are you? We do the whole thing. And he says his name. And I'm like, oh, I'm Josh. And he goes, oh, OK. Yeah, we've talked on the phone. Totally. And he looks like he's retired military. Like the dude is. Oh, I thought you were going to say he looks like a scheduler. And then I wanted to know more. <laughs> the dude is like he's he's built. He's tall. But as I was walking up, I noticed he had a coffee on his table. And he also had a bottle of Gatorade. Oh. And as I started talking to him, he brought it to his lips for a second and then put it down. What? I'll, I'll get to that. Does that mean anything to you? What the I just Gatorade? said? The Gatorade? All the things that I just said are major tips. I just assumed that he was trying to stay hydrated when drinking coffee. Right. Okay, good. So um, I'm talking to him for a little while and I was like, so you, you were in the military. What, what, what branch, you know, what'd you do? And he's like, you know, he mentioned he, he was in the army and, you know, he did this that, and the other. And I'm like, yeah, it was the, uh, it was the spit jug that gave you away. Oh. So th- there's a, um, if you, if you work with, cause I spent a lot of time on, on bases in, in different capacities, mm-hmm. even dudes who are like flying satellites will have a beverage that they drink from and like a spit jug. That's interesting. And the, the, um, the, the concept behind it is they can't really take smoking breaks. Ah. Plus, when you're in sub-Arctic temperatures, right. it's not really wise to smoke anyway. And sometimes smoking is straight up prohibited, depending on where you're at, particularly if you're in the theater. So it's all chew. Because the smoke, they say, could be a, a, a giveaway. Right, right. So everybody's chewing. They're all, <laughs> they're all chewing. And so it's, it's the funniest thing when you, when you go to a place like this and there's all these, you know, blue suiters running around and they all like spit and stuff. It's so funny. Anyway, I'm like, yeah, that gave all me right. away. And He's like, those, oh, man. <laughs> none of those people are registry officers is what you're saying. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Well, Iron continues, in another recent podcast, Josh, you spoke about preppers getting radios, mm-hmm. not using them, and perhaps not being liked by hobbyists. I would say I'm definitely prepper-minded. Okay. I belong to a radio club, and I go to all the meetings to learn as much as I can. I don't think anyone in the club has ever heard me on the radio. Okay. I watch most of Josh's YouTubes and obviously enjoy the podcast. I am studying for my general and try to absorb as much knowledge as possible, but I almost never use my radios. That's fine. I say rag chew away, hobbyists. Some of us preppers will be listening and, of course, be ready to help if needed. We'll be listening and we'll be judging. <laughs> I'm probably not judging. So but I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't rag chew very often. I seldom rag chew. I got too much stuff going on. But even if I didn't have stuff going on, I, I've never really been a rag chewer. I'll talk to people. <coughs> Woo. I'll talk to people that I like know in person, mm-hmm. like on the repeater. You know, I'll talk right. to those guys. And I'll talk to people I know on Simplex and stuff. But I don't get on the radio just to like chat. Mm. Right. There's so much stuff going on. Like when I want to do radio, it's it's usually like, Digital modes, conveying a message. You do listen a lot, though. I do listen a lot. And I will make contacts for people that I know, or I'll call CQ to make contacts, to just make contacts with people. Mm-hmm. 
And those conversations are are light, and sometimes they dip into things a little bit, but they're not just out there like the same four people chatting every night. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything against you, that. You did teach me a bit of etiquette mm-hmm. in that arena. What? When you had me get on HF, mm-hmm. and you were like, okay, so you get the contact stuff out of the way, mm-hmm. and then you usually ask, oh, what are you, <laughs> what are you using? <laughs> right? right. And then you kind of have to gauge if the other person actually wants to continue talking. Right. You know, because not everybody does. Right. But then some people are also raring to. So talk. I'll generally say like when, when somebody has like a really good audio quality mm-hmm. or their signal's really strong, I'll want to know what radio they're talking on. I'll like, t- I'll, I'll ask what microphone they're using and what antenna they're using because I find that interesting, right? Like that's. That's kind of more the shop talk than it is like, so Sandra had to go, you know, to the vet. Is, is Sandra the dog? Sandra's my wife. <laughs> it, you know, like that, that kind of like Who was the Sandra date. Go, why did Sandra have to go to the vet? To pick up Toby. <laughs> oh, no, Toby. Our son. <laughs> okay. See, I'd be a good Toby guy. podcast listener. I want you to know in this case, this Toby in this hypothetical story is a human son, <laughs> not an animal. So you've been upgraded. So see, that's why I know I would be a good rag cure. I'd be like, tell me more. <laughs> I don't have enough details about your story. <laughs> right, right, right. No, and, and that's what people do. They get on the air and they're instead of instead of like talking on the phone, they talk on the radio. Yeah. That's great. Love it. It's just not something I do that often. I don't really do that. Um, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that makes you prepper-minded. I'm not saying that's what the emailer is implying either. I'm just saying that, you know, it's maybe not the thing you do all the time. Well, I mean, I think what Old Iron is getting at is mm-hmm. that for preppers, ham radio is a tool. Wait, I'm confused. Did we change emails or that's still Old Iron? That's Old Iron. Oh, okay, okay. Boy, the way we transitioned, we had so many diatribes, I didn't realize we were still on Old Iron's email. <laughs> I thought we moved on to a completely different email. Sorry, Old Iron. Continue, Leah. Well, I, I'm saying that I think that Old Iron is saying that preppers are more ham radio as a tool versus ham radio as a regular communication method. I, I think it takes all kinds. And yeah, yeah. But of and he's again, saying I, that too. He's saying that too. I, I still stick to my my idea that people who align themselves that would qualify themselves as a prepper i'm sure they all got a baofeng and i bet you most of them don't know how to program it by hand straight up well you can listen all you want but they don't know how to program it by hand and if they're not on the air making some amount of contacts then the whole thing would be foreign to them if they ever needed to use it okay all right well old iron i i He's studying for his general, so I don't think that applies to him. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that's him. No, yeah. not at all. All right. Well, old iron, <clears throat> excuse me, signs off. Please keep doing what you do. Even us listening only licenses, are even us listening only licenses. Appreciate your skills and always look forward to what you both share. Thank you. Absolutely, one of the best podcasts out there. Oh, that's just amazing. It's impossible. That is ma- so amazing. nice. <laughs> Take that, Joe Rogan. Take that, Joe Rogan. <laughs> so this Sin Mint Temptress is amazingly good, but it made me a little gassy, and I like coughed a couple of times, and then you just coughed, so. Well, for now, 
no WinLink emails, and I will continue to use three remotes to watch TV. <laughs> 73 <laughs> old iron. There's, there's got to be like some $200 universal remote you can buy that's easy to program multiple different remotes into. I bet you there is. There used to be the Sony. It was like, it almost looked like a tiny laptop. It was huge, uh-huh. but it did like everything. Or you could just get an Apple TV, I guess. Yeah, I mean, since we stream everything, I can do everything from my phone. Right, right. You know, yeah. That doesn't really help with over-the-air cable, though, I guess. No. Everybody I know who has cable uses multiple remotes. So I I. Oh, yeah, and the cable remotes suck. I just have to believe that there's just no good all-in-one remote out there, or everyone would be down to one remote. Going back to the comment of like what we use our time, like spending our time. Yeah. Do you think that we became more effective or efficient when we got rid of cable? Yeah. We cut the cable. Very early on. Like before we moved into this house, that was like the benchmark. This house, we've never had cable in. No, I don't know that I had. I I don't think we had cable at our apartment either. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. Hmm. Anyways, thank you, Old Iron, for your email. I am with you, preparedness-minded, mm-hmm. maybe a ham radio as a tool, you know? Yeah, like my video today. The next email is titled Episode 121, and this is from Russ, our maple purveyor. Mm-hmm. It reads, good morning slash evening, Josh and Leia. Josh, I have a question, comment about Packet and WinLink. Okay. As you know, I want to deploy some Packet nodes here in Vermont. Are there certain requirements for WinLink traffic to migrate across the Packet network? Do the nodes have to be a dedicated computer and radio, or can it be a radio with a TNC or net.rom network? Oh, uh, or the, I'm sorry, not network, um, net.rom or the net x one j eprom when i moved from five land i brought my packet radios and tncs both nodes and bbs and would like to hopefully be able to plug and play it after just changing the frequency uh 145.01 megahertz to 145.05 megahertz any other recommendations to make the winlink deployment successful yeah, so there's a curiosity I have. Are, are you trying to be a user of WinLink to get into other like gateways, like packet gateways that, that are connected to the internet and provide email? Or are you trying to yourself become uh, a packet gateway? Meaning you are the people that contact you to access their WinLink Answer email. both ways. So if you just want to be a user, then, yeah, you just use your packet uh, TNC in KISS mode and you run the WinLink software to work with it. If you want to be a gateway, then you have gone beyond my capability because I've never set up an RMS gateway. Is there somebody? And that- RMS is probably the wrong term, but the to be the person that other people contact to access their WinLink account through your internet, basically... Um, I don't know. You, you can Google that, though. There is guides online on the WinLink website to, to start that process. Is but there it's kind someone of like a repeater. in the YouTube-averse that I don't know. does this? I don't know that answer. Probably. Anyone on staff? 
I mean, you can ask in the Discord, but I would I would just start by going to the WinLink website and looking because it's kind of like running a repeater. Mm. The frequency that you want to use cannot be a frequency that's within a certain range of another packet gateway that is within range of you. Because okay. if you were on the same frequency, then you'd be kicking both of them on and off and all that stuff. You want to have your own frequency that's registered on the WinLink website and reg- registered within the software. Okay. So that people know you're there and can communicate to you. So if anybody's listening and has an answer for Russ, please feel free to write in or hop Post on, on the, the Discord, yeah. HRCC podcast uh, Discord channel. Mm-hmm. Russ continues, the OM who was talking about packet in and around Denver is possible even at 50 miles. My father and I ran the MSYS BBS in Santa Fe for the better part of the 90s. And we routinely communicated with the Sandia node above Albuquerque, which is about 50 plus miles as the crow flies. Sure. Two 50 watt radios with at least a five eighth wave antenna. And it's not a problem. Yeah. We would even send messages from our BBS in Picos to family in Phoenix. The following link is a Google map created by WW2BSA of all known packet systems. I will drop that link in the show notes. Oh, good. I actually haven't seen that. I think it's Pecos, by the way. Pecos, not Picos? I think it's Pecos. It's Pecos, Bill, and not Picos, Bill? Yeah, it's Pecos, Bill. Oh, man. Sorry about that, Pecos. Picos, Pecos, Pecos. I think, I think it's Pecos. I have okay. <laughs> Anyhow, gotta run, Russ signs off. 73... Da Russ. Ha ha. That was a funny derailment. <laughs> that was funny. All right. Thank you, Russ. Hopefully Josh answered your question. If not, uh, maybe a discussion for uh, someone else to answer via email or I'm, Discord channel. I'm saying that there's the Windling page. They're the people who registered yeah. the nodes. Mm-hmm. Go talk to them. Yeah. You're, that's like third party... That's going through an intermediary to go to the person that you want to talk to. The, the guides are there on the website. That's the answer. Go okay. there. All right. I know well, you want to go to the Discord, but like <laughs> go to the website. <laughs> Just go to the WinLink website. The next email is titled Apologies, and this is from Don. Good day to you, Dame Leia and Viscount Josh. I want to apologize. Viscount or Viscount? Viscount. Yeah. Thanks for catching that. I. <laughs> I want to apologize to you, Leia, if any new test equipment shows up. On last Saturday's After Chat, I promoted my channel and told Josh that the older test sets that I used for work could be found for under $500 on eBay. This is totally my fault for tempting Josh, and any purchases <laughs> should be held against my account and not Josh's. I didn't buy anything. <laughs> I didn't buy anything, but I do want some test sets. Really trying to take one for the team over there, Don, I see. For more ham radio, I will be meeting with K8MRD, K-Murder. What's up? (laughs) On Friday with my test equipment and grounding stuff to see if I can help bring his S level on 40 down and perhaps fix his internet as well. Oh, yeah. He's got all kinds of problems. For an update on that project. Nice. What's going on with Mike? Uh, when he uses the internet, like when he uses radio, it kills the internet. Oh no. <laughs> so <laughs> something's going on. His, his RF is like, I will be the only form of communication. <laughs> That's right. When you work with me, you work with only me. <laughs> and it's just like a malicious RF. 
it actually cuts the wires. <laughs> every, every day he comes out, the wires like, oh man. Why though? <laughs> Don signs off 73 KE5 ADX, the RF field tech. That's nice. That's awesome that you're going out to Mike's to help him out. P.S. Josh, did it work taking the responsibility for that suggestion? Just kidding, Leia. I haven't. I, I'm pretty picky on used gear. You may have to message me and tell me, like, what are some good ones to keep an eye out for? And I'll, I'll set some uh, eBay alerts. Have you ever seen the series of videos where somebody is sitting next to their significant other mm-hmm. and they call their significant other's best friend to see if they'll cover for them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so like the husband will call the wife's best friend and go, hey, is, you know, wife's name with you? And then the best friend always lies and goes, yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's right here. She's actually in the bathroom. She can't come to the phone. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. This is the HRC security and you. (laughs) We have been getting a stream of DX engineering boxes. No, that box was a box that I had taken out of my shack that I've had for weeks. It was it's for trash. No. I bring in the packages. I got one box. One box. You got one today? Yes. There was another one yesterday? No, I didn't get a DX engineering box. That was from the trash from the shack that I'm throwing out. You mean out. the sealed box that is sitting underneath the wagon? Oh, I didn't see a sealed box <laughs> sitting underneath the wagon. What? There's no wagon over there. That's because the kids pushed around the box and pushed the wagon. That's what I'm saying. That one is empty. If it was no. under... It is sealed. Listen to me. Listen it's to me. Sealed. Yeah, folded. I folded the lids over. It's got it trash has in it. Tape on no, it. Yes. You taped close a trap. I, I do not believe gotten, you right now. I haven't gotten a DX this engineering is box. The most ridiculous. I haven't gotten that's a DX engineering box. That's not even a real box, Leia. That's, <laughs> that's not a box. That's, I haven't got a DX engineering that's box. That's the in, same box that you saw yesterday. And I was like, I brought two separate boxes you did in, not my buy guy. Two, you did not bring in two orders of DX engineering back-to-back days. You did not. Maybe a, a day apart. No. It doesn't I haven't matter. gotten a box in them in like a week and a half. No, it's not true. It's true. <laughs> then you didn't see the box. <laughs> then I haven't seen the box. So there is a, a DX engineering box somewhere in the house, probably under a wagon getting towed around somewhere. And then, and then I was talking to the admins. And I kind of made this joke that you made yourself a DX engineering advent calendar right. for the number of boxes That's that right. have shown up every day. Right. And then immediately they were like, oh, no, you know what? That's a test unit. I was like, I handle the finances. <laughs> I know when something has come in and I know the vast majority of packages that come to this house are not, quote unquote, test units. Okay. <laughs> the vast. Yes, yes, yes. And then what has, multiple people tried to defend you. In this whoa, conversation. whoa, whoa, whoa. They were like, well, you know, that's just the deposit. <laughs> it's a security deposit. I'm not. Distrust. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Don. <laughs> Thank you, Don. Thanks for trying. Uh, the next email is titled Shirt Idea, and this is from Ryan. Hello, ham radio friends. First, let me say how much I enjoy listening to the podcast. It's both entertaining and educational. I was perusing the ham tactical website and saw the 
I'm with the bands topic for merchandise, I started to think of popular and recognizable band icons, and the band ACDC came to mind. Oh, yeah. The sharp capital letters of the AC and DC with a lightning bolt in the middle. What about if you replace the ACDC with SSTV? You can have the SS with a simple picture of the International Space Station and then TV or maybe some sort of meme in the middle. Who knows? I'm just spitballing. <laughs> this is... I, it's going to be weird when all the Nazis show up to buy it. Oh, no. <laughs> I have actually looked at the ACDC logo and I mm-hmm. was like, that could just be... I was like, hear me out. What if we just steal it? <laughs> We don't do anything to it. Exactly. We just copy it <laughs> and we put it on different shirts. <laughs> do you see how this one is black? This will be a green shirt. Mm. <laughs> totally different. <laughs> I call this shade Midnight. <laughs> Almost all black. Uh, but I guess you could do like ACDC, but like UHF, VHF. <laughs> like, it's too many letters, though, I guess. Anyways. No, no. You make the shirt. It's just a straight up copy of the ACDC. And then underneath it in parentheses, it says, you don't own electro- uh, electricity. <laughs> uh, I want to say if we make the shirt, you'll get one. But this... This is straight. after legal expenses are paid. <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan signs off. Just a thought. Keep up the great work. Don't let your memes be dreams. That would be. I, that's a thing. That's a thing that we send on SSTV. We send we send memes, but that's another one of them. The the, the good ones. I believe that has like George from Seinfeld on it. Oh, and that's Ryan K F. Eight IV. Thank, Thank you, you Ryan. Ryan. The next email is titled "Thanks Again" and prepared the button. Okay. This is from Jack. Hello, Leah and Josh. Thanks again for all you do with the podcast, videos, and general support of Ham Radio. You're welcome. I'm a couple behind on the podcast due to the holidays and some family matters. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Life happens. You just gotta get back on track. Just kidding. That's right. And- Reevaluate your priorities. I'm just, just pick up and, you know, and miss everything in between. It's fine. This is what you do. Yeah. Buy some AirPods. <laughs> so you can listen anytime. Some people actually want to hear their family. Use one. Yes, I understand that is the se- your secret sauce. That's, that's my secret. <laughs> I just wanted to say thanks again, Jack continues. I also wanted to say... Congratulations to my very supportive wife, Jen. Mm. Not only has she supported and encouraged my new ham radio hobby, but this week, before the ham club Christmas dinner, she took and passed her technician test. Nice. Congratulations. Congratulations, Jen. Welcome to the club. So now she is a ham also. Mm-hmm. Jack signs off. Keep up the great work you do. 73 Jack K-E-8-T-C-M and Jen K-E-8-T-N-Z. 
that's so exciting man that's that's probably one of like my favorite stories to hear <laughs> when a, a wife or yes. a significant other gets yes. dragged into this i'm just trying mm-hmm. to form a cabal okay okay <laughs> of ham wives mm-hmm. that have gone the distance and gotten licensed mm-hmm. so that we can compare purse notes <laughs> we're all getting purses <laughs> What would you call a group of hams who are wives? XYL. A ball? <laughs> would that be? Well, like a, co- a coven? No. A well, why is a cabal okay? Because it's a group with immense power. <laughs> but like evil. No. Cabal is why usually... does a cabal have to be evil? Cabal has a negative connotation. Does it? Yes. I don't equate power with evil. Honestly, and you as a ham, you as a ham should also not. That's (laughs) more power is good. The definition is a secret political clique or faction. Mm -hmm. Oh, I messed up with the secret part. Sorry, sorry, team. (laughs) Really let you down. Sorry, fam. (laughs) Congrats again, Jen, and thank you, uh, Jack and Jen, for writing in and sharing your story. I hope everything is much better about your family matters. The next email is titled Dipole. It's got an exclamation part. So I had to like really be excited. Oh, there's an exclamation point. Okay. Yeah. And this way is to, from Alex. Way to, fo- way to acknowledge the punctuation. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I read. <laughs> Reading is fundamental. Hello again. So in response to the ice buildup on the wire antenna, let me say I am in no way an expert on them as this is my first winter with the wire antenna. up. So far, I've noticed a bit of buildup of frost and I lowered it and knocked the ice off. But here in Alaska, we don't have that wet East Coast weather like Vermont. Yeah. I used to live in Connecticut, so I get how much ice builds up on stuff. I will tell you when it's cold, be careful with your dipole as you can crack all the insulation on your feed line and dipole itself. Yeah. It was about negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit when I lowered mine and cracked it up good. So I waited for a warmer day above zero degrees Fahrenheit and put up some new feed line. And Josh, you nailed it. Fairbanks, where I came from, is hard Alaska. And Anchorage is basically any other city. See? We refer to it as North Seattle. Yep. I totally understand. It's just a bit warmer. Having Well, they they do get a lot of snow. Seattle doesn't get nearly as much snow as Anchorage They got rain, though. It's real wet. Leah, I I hope we can... Mm-hmm. I hope you appreciate the difference between those two things. Mm. You do? Do you? They accumulate. You know what accumulation is? It builds up. I've That's been in like snow. In, I shoveled snow. In my dad's place, like when the snow just keeps going. Yeah, I shoveled That's that. called accumulation. I shoveled that whole deck. On the East Coast, it like will snow and then melt and then be wet and then be snow and then turn to ice some days and then be wet and then snow. Like oh, it's not That's how you get a deadly continued, A continual amount of just build up. Like Anchorage can get a decent chunk of accumulation. All right. Well, Alex continues. My six-year-old daughter even asked when we are going back to Alaska. 
My dipole is working quite well since the turn from the last time I wrote in. I worked Northern California on 1.4 watts SSB. So I'm very happy having turned it around 180 degrees. I can't turn it 90 degrees as we live in a neighborhood and the house's power lines prohibit it. I don't know my turning it worked, but... It did, and I'm thankful. We have an S3 noise floor unaffected by me killing the breaker, but after talking with other hams online, S3 isn't too bad, but higher than I was used to. On which band? Uh, 40? It says 4.7 watt SSB. No, that was the power output. Yeah, that's all I got. You didn't say band? Nope. It's probably the lower bands. Okay. Okay, but now that I'm living in the city, I guess I should get used to it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the deal with having other people around you also I, having I, electronic I still, devices. like, it, yeah, in this case, because the ice is, it's like dry and everything's hard and cold, right? So I'd still throw some RF into that bad boy. And then you'd get, it would melt some of it. And then if you broke it up, it wouldn't necessarily be tightly clinging to the insulation. Interesting. Or, hear me out, Mm -hmm. what if you melted it a little, then it froze up again, making it even tighter on everything? I mean, at negative 10 degrees, (laughs) yeah, that's that's a possibility, yeah. Just putting that out there. You just have to, now you have to start rag chewing. (laughs) Alex signs off, thank you for your podcast, and I'm going to make the jump and join the Discord, so hope to see you on there. We're you there will. all the time. Yeah. And every Saturday is the after chat. Thank you for the podcast and all your effort. Happy holidays and hope it's a wonderful time with family and friends. Alex from Alaska. I was never great in English or grammar class in school. Sorry, Leia. I tried to proofread this one after hearing how the lack of punctuation last time sounded. Sorry. I did get super tripped up. I'm not usually that bad. I don't know if I was a little tipsier than normal, but... I think you were, but yeah, okay. Thank you, Alex. I am actually... Not everything is well punctuated when it comes in, so... Leia's very good at her job on the podcast. Well, okay. (laughs) The next email is titled, Battery and Linking Update. And this is from Adam, our smoker of cheese, Mm -hmm. our resident Coogs fan. Right. Well, you didn't have to say that because it's going to get signed off that way. Yes, I know. I just wanted to put it out there right up front. Okay, got it. (laughs) Josh and Leia, hope all is well down there. I wanted to write back and clarify what I meant by bare bones with the battery I got. Mm -hmm. Do you remember you had a lot of questions about the the battery he got and whether or not there was a charge controller, right? Yep, or a BMS, battery management system. Although it does not have Bluetooth or the battery warmer features, it does have an onboard battery management system. Okay, okay, good. It also says it has the temperature cutoffs built in. However, I have no intention of testing it as it will be in the shack. And if it gets to the point where I am testing either of the temperature cutoffs, I think I will be having bigger issues. Right. I just put it in the oven. I also wanted to update you all on the linking project Sam and I have been working on. He has been doing most of the heavy lifting with setting up the reflector and after getting pointed in the right direction by your admin, Ethan, the brilliant Ethan. Ethan, indeed. Yeah. Keeping the uh, digital modes uh, a-flowing. 
We had the Yesu Fish Fusion Systems mm-hmm. Wires X-Link finished in no time. We are linking it to our local repeater once we get everything ironed out. Hopefully, we will be able to use it on our Saturday morning net this week. Since Ooh. the information on doing all of this was quite a pain to scrounge up, we have started putting together a little guide on how we did what we did. When it is finished, we will be sure to share it with Ethan, you all, and anyone else who wants it. As a start to it, we put together a block diagram of all the parts Good. involved, which is attached. Good. That's. I mean, that's what Dennis did, and that's what helped a lot of people out. So great job. I will drop that in the HRCC podcast channel. Mm-hmm. One final note, Vern's email from last week. Vern wrote a very wonderful email last week. Are we talking about week. that peacock again? No. <laughs> Spot on, what a guy. Can't say much more than that. 73 Adam WA7 CUG Goku. Goku. <laughs> this is actually, I'm going to show you the linking diagram right now because it's actually very well done. So clean. That's great. So clean. Beautiful. Yeah. I think people are really going to like that. Thank you, Adam. The next email is titled Questions and New Toys. And this is from. Uh, Wes, good morning to you both, but also good evening since you're reading this at night. Uh, You're correct. (laughs) This week I ordered two secondhand Yesu radios, an FT100D and an FT2DR. I got a great deal on both and felt good about the purchases. They both included extra goodies. I'm used to an icon. I am I am used to ICOM's user interface and the menus on the Yesu radios are a huge learning curve. Okay. I wanted to put that warning out there for any other appliance operators looking to try different bands. Josh, do you have any recommendations to stunt this learning curve? There's some videos about the FT2DR, but not that many for the FT100D. I assume this is the predecessor to the newer FT891. Uh, Any recommendations wait, uh, to the, stunt the learning curve that is switching from ICOM to Yesu user interfaces? It, it's it's really saddle time. Hmm. It, it's really just time behind the radio. There's not like you can um, read the manual. Oddly enough, uh, they they include that for a reason. I, I do go in there for some of the things that the features that are off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. That's when you would definitely tap into that. There are a, there is a thing called a Nifty Guide. What's that? It's a brand. They make a small. They're they're about twice the size of three by five cards generally. Okay. And they're spiral bound, and they have a quick, expedient, if you will, um, tips on how to navigate the menus and do the things you're trying to do. Okay. Oh. Uh- Wes continues, why do radios from the 90s and early 2000s have the coax connectors on leads rather than on the body of the radio itself? This seems like it would only get in the way, and it definitely makes installs not very clean. If they were long enough to reach the front of the radio, it would make sense for GoBox installs, but they are just short enough to be an inconvenience. I have various Radio Shack models and this FT100D with these coax leads out the back of the battery. Uh, I don't know. I haven't dealt with a radio like that. 
what what changed in radios from the 90s and early 2000s to now that they had them on leads instead of attached to the body that's really weird i don't know i'm literally cost I literally had to pull up an image of the back of the FT100D to see the leads he's talking about. And yeah, that's totally bananas. I, Is it cost? Do you think it's cost? No. Hmm. I, I mean, unless they wanted some proprietary cabling and they're like, let's do it for the coax. Okay. Like, why? <laughs> why though? I, I don't I don't get it. Oh, wait. Is it... Um. So... Now I'm looking at another image of this. So is it... Oh, it's because it's, okay. So no, it's not because of cost. All right, so I'm looking at the back of the chassis. The reason why that lead, it, it, so I can't see what the lead, oh no, I get it now. Okay, it's because it's all band. It's like we just heard the light bulbs go off. Yeah, it's because it's all band. So it, it has uh, VHF, UHF, and HF. So you can attach an HF antenna on one of the leads and VHF, UHF on the other lead. Okay. And the PL or the SO239 connectors are big, fat connectors. And the back of this chassis doesn't support that space. It, it physic, There's no physical space to put that. So they used the lead and wired in direct so that the hole's very small and doesn't take up much of the back plane of the radio. Okay. That's probably more of a manufacturing uh, type of solution. They could have put one SO239 on the left side of the fans and another on the right-hand side of the back of the radio next to the fans. That probably would have worked. I don't know. It was a design decision, but it's all banned, so that's probably why, though. All right. Well, Wes continues. Also, next week, I will include pictures of my tactical lunchbox mobile radio build. Basically, it's a fancy, quote-unquote, lunchbox or game call box that I have a battery my and my Yesu radios in. It's perfect to have on my back seat so I can play with the radio when I'm killing time. That's really smart. That's that is cool. Yeah. For all college club members or listeners in college, I'm still on my everlasting quest to grow my club, K5, LSU, and others. I'm looking to put together a Zoom call with other college clubs to see if we can get an awareness day across the nation in the spring. That is a very good idea. Mm -hmm. In my mind, this could be like field day for college clubs or students to gather and play radio in a public space, maybe even an informal contest. Any thoughts from you two? Absolutely do this. Uh, publish it. Make sure not just people in colleges know so that there's lots of activity on the air. Well, th there's, there's also events like there's collegiate day. There's collegiate oh, contests. That's, that's true. For ham radio. Yeah. So, so make sure that, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with striking out and coming up with your own ideas, but you should also definitely do the things that other college clubs do so that you're right using the material that already exists. You're saving your time, right? Sure. If they've created an event, you definitely want to hype up that event, get the marketing out for that event at your, at your campus level to bring people to your ham right. shack. Yeah. Because you can easily turn this into kind of like a sport. Oh, yeah. We can't let these other colleges' hams beat us. And then everybody's <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's ham radio. You're like, no, no, no. You don't understand. We have a very limited time. It's more of a marathon than anything. We've got to <laughs> sit there and make as many contacts as we can. And they're beating us, you know, five years running, and they've got twice the number of operators they do. And they've got 
an, an amazing antenna farm. But you really know, we tap have into like college competition. Huh? Really tap into the college competition. Right. But you know, we have compunction. <laughs> you know, like the, we also have a flex radio and a DX commander. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, like there's there's so many I'm not saying games but there's ways to market this right like it's a marketing game really is what it comes down to you're talking yeah. about college kids you got to make it cool to college kids how do you do that I don't know you get on them tickety talks that's it <laughs> and you like you know put your school logo on there stickers behind you all that stuff I've got an idea radio. for you you take the craziest things that you've heard on ham radio and you put them on a TikTok where you have the TikTok do the transcription of the words that are, that are coming out. That's you don't have to be on it. Yeah. And you just make a channel uh, with your club name because mm-hmm. TikTok works very geographically. That's actually a really good idea. You can just go, this is what I heard on TikTok today. And yes. then it's just... Uh, on, on what I heard on ham radio today. Oh, yeah. And what then, I heard on ham radio today. Yeah. And, and people love that. They really like this uh, feeling of eavesdropping and also something that they don't have access to mm-hmm. you know mm, yes. and again it's it's really location this based good. this is good right so you're gonna hit a lot of tiktoks like you're gonna be pushed out to a lot of people who are around you mm-hmm. and the other thing with tiktok is that you need to be following people who are like all, uh, pretty similar to you mm-hmm. right like you have to build your algorithm so that uh, people know what to expect from your channel, mm-hmm. but it's also pushing things that you like and you post out to people who are similar to you, mm-hmm. you know? So follow accounts of uh, that are doing ham radio. They're doing, um, you know, STEM stuff and all of that. And th- uh, that's probably a really good way to reach people that you wouldn't be able to reach in person, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Wes continues, any students interested can contact me through QRZ or Discord, KI5FRF. Josh, I heard you mention your first car was a 66 or 68 Mustang. Neither. You you missed it. 67. Ooh, right in the the sweet spot. (laughs) Missed it by that much. Well, when I graduated high school, I became the proud owner of a 73 El Camino. I am restored. Nice. Wow, that's a great graduation gift. El Camino. <laughs> to yourself or from somebody else. <laughs> I think an How El fun. Camino is like a really cool, slightly ironic car to own, particularly if you do it really nice. I mean, it, it, it was probably it's probably be hard to be like a daily beater. To do that to an El Camino feels like a bad time. Okay. But like if it was like a good project car and you dropped a, I mean, you drop a big block into that thing, that'd be really fun. It'd just be a burnout machine though. You won't get traction for anything. (laughs) So the video where you talked about retarding the timing on a distributor, I knew what you were talking about. I love ham radio, but I cannot ruin the look of such a classic with antennas sticking off of it. When I absolutely can. That's not going to hurt it. When I purchased it from the guy it was rotting at, it did have a 70s era CB in it that I will mount back for nostalgia purposes. Oh, that's cool. Definitely do that. But no antennas for this bad boy. (laughs) 
I look forward to building your quick draw Baofeng holster, Josh. Lastly, I often laugh when Leia reads my incorrect grammar and typos like they're supposed to be there. I find it quite funny. So so hear me out on this. Let me, I'll, I'll go with you on the CB. Instead of like totally being against this idea, what do, what do you think about this? You get a full length whip, metal whip CB antenna. Okay. On a spring mount. Okay. And it mounts at the back of the rear. What is a spring mount? It's literally a spring, really okay. tightly coiled spring that allows the antenna to flop around. Okay. But it's full length CB. So I think it's like, 50 inches or so. All right. Maybe more. I think it's, I don't know the measurements in the top of my head. But what you can do with that is then you can fold it over and like fasten it to a forward part of the car. Okay. So it's like a, an arch way. Huh. And so you wouldn't leave it in the fully elongated unless you were out like actually doing CV with it. But I think that would look pretty cool if you had a proper era, a, a type appropriate era antenna for CB for that car and it mounted on at the like the rear probably on the side with like one of those ball mount sides with the spring and then had the full whip come to the front of the car I think that would be really cool okay all right well Wes signs off 73 from the swamp Wes Kilo India 5 Fox Romeo Fox thank you so much and thanks for spelling it out phonetically for me that's <laughs> thank you very much the next email is titled Antenna Battles, and this is from volunteer podcast co-producer Rob. Okay. Hi, Leah and Josh. The official webpage for the ARRL Foundation Scholarship Program still has a typo, uh, amateur, in the in. first paragraph. Maybe they want us to keep talking about the scholarship, and I know, and know we will if they don't change it. I'm sure you guys can come up with a fun way to let them know. I think we're going to keep doing this, Rob. I think you're going to yeah. day 25. <laughs> day 25 of them not knowing how to spell a word that's in their name. <laughs> in the first paragraph. This is like when Edison was first learning how to write his name. He would write Ebison. Ebison. <laughs> because he would invert his D. All the kids yeah. invert all the, the letters. The ARRL we're watching. <laughs> Rob continues, Nathan and I are both proud owners of Wolf River Coil antennas. A few months ago, Mike K8MRD did some videos on the 10 antenna and fed half wave. Mm -hmm. One was available at the time, so I quickly snagged it. Little did I know that Nathan was trying to buy the same one and he had to wait a few more days to get his. Sorry, Nate. Sounds like great minds think alike, mm -hmm. you know? Since it arrived, the NFED half wave has been a smack talking battle, has been in a smack talking battle with the Wolf River coils. It turns out antennas are very talented at talk trashing to one another. They make a buzz, they make Buzz and Woody look like amateurs, quote unquote, spelled incorrectly, amateurs. <laughs> The antennas hear a lot of Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up since it's one of the songs in Fortnite, which my son Cameron plays often. Have you ever wondered how Astley has such a deep voice? Do you remember for the longest time people didn't realize that Rick Astley was a white man? Oh, yeah. They all thought he was black. Yeah. <laughs> and then, they, then the video came out and everybody was like, is this a joke? They thought the bartender that does the flip and stuff right. was, was him. <laughs> 
Well, Rob says it was only natural that one of the antennas would use that that song as a weapon against the other. I was hesitant to send this since it trashes a piece of equipment that many of us think very highly of. But it seems like Leia loves a good fight. So here it is. I can't sing. So here is Cameron recreating a recent NFED half wave attack. There's no need to use you. You're not a wire, you're just compromised. <laughs> you need a tripod to hold you. And a whip extended way up high. But I just want to tell you what I'm feeling. <laughs> when I broadcast on the air, I'm going to resonate. I'm going to radiate. That's right. I'm going to propagate. Without you, I'm going in the trees. I'm gonna feel the breeze. That's awesome. Slay with these and taunt you. He's never gonna, never gonna set you up. Never gonna, never gonna hook you up. You don't fit in a go bag. You have all those radials. You must feel so neglected when you stay inside with all the other guys. But I just want to tell you what I'm thinking so that you will understand. He's never going to take you out, never going to set you up, never going to analyze or invert you. You'll never go outside. You'll always stay inside. You'll always wonder why he deserts you. <laughs> That's amazing. Cameron. That is so good. You nailed all the points so about many, that antenna. That is so, so good. So many things. Oh, and... Uh, that song has a special place in Josh and I's lives. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. That's very funny. Oh, that's no. very smart with because a lot of the words were from the song. Yes. Yes. Oh man, oh, so that well was done. Good. That Such was a really talented good. family. Very you know, talented. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Way that's to go, Rob <laughs> and Cameron. Well, Rob signs off 73 Rob K5 DCQ and I am very sorry for the antenna that you have deserted. It was the Wolf River. That all yeah. the, never going to set you up because yeah. it's like you've got to build the thing and he mentioned the radials and oh man never going to the analyze thing. Oh, so funny. So funny. All right. The next email is titled Amron Amcon and a shirt idea. Mm -hmm. This is from Justin. Leia and Josh, over the past few weeks, I've heard on the podcast about the disasters in British Columbia. And now we have the devastation that the tornadoes in Kentucky and Illinois have wrought. So I, I actually want to take a minute because we didn't talk about this at the beginning on Tuesday mm -hmm. when like this was all very fresh. Oh, yeah, news. it was all happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And. I cannot tell you actually how upset I am mm -hmm. about the companies that didn't let their workers go home in the middle of a devastating tornado. Yeah, it's crazy. How, the lack of respect for human life. Like, why would you need everybody to check in with you? Let them GTFO and worry about it later. It's so crazy. It, the it, number it's of putting people the... that died is... Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's uh, I, I actually have to check the uh, death count right now because it. Uh, 
Uh, it's so terrible. There's a, a lot. How did the fact that the fact that the factories were basically saying this product is worth more than your lives potentially, or like it's just our to- time tracking y- yeah, is worth it- more. Like I don't, I literally cannot understand what someone was thinking. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that. Those are always one of those things. It's like, was was HR in the building? Was there anybody in the building that was like, "Hey guys, this might not be the right, the right move." These are these are people that you know, like after the emergency, we we hope come back and work for us to actually produce this product that we want to bring to market. Probably a good idea to try to meet them halfway in the respect space. You know, make sure they're taking care of their family and themselves. So, the, like the top hit when you record <coughs> this information on this tornado is the headline is a Kentucky Amazon employee couldn't drive to work after a deadly tornado. She says HR refused to excuse her absence until she tweeted a top exec. What? That, that is insane. So the, the, the tornado hits two miles from this woman's house and she missed her warehouse shift. And then Amazon's HR team said... At first, it had no record of tornadoes in Kentucky and couldn't excuse her shift. That's insane. Like, like of all of the excuses that an employee can make to not come to work, do you think deadly tornado would be one of them? Like, you couldn't look it up? I mean, also, that's that's also a clear sign. It's like, this job's probably not for you. HR? No, I mean, like... You being on the other end of that call. Yeah. I'd be like, well, then I guess I'm quitting. So every HR person that I know, and again, I I think I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by good people. Mm -hmm. But every HR person that I have ever known, met, worked with, all people who genuinely care about other people. I, I don't know that you can work in HR and not give a damn about lives. Oh, I'm sure there are people who are hyper focused on protecting the company from legal liability. And then that That's can, what a legal team is for. No, that's Not what HR, HR. A lot of HR is for that. Okay. Come on. Come on. All right. All right. Come on. But I know because I also work with these very good HR representatives that are they care about people and there is a balance. Yes. There's always a balance you can strike that is fair on to both parties. Yeah. And hopefully beneficial in some long-term way that a relationship can be maintained, right? Yeah. Whew. That's horrible, though. I, I I don't know. Like, you, you oh God. I, as as a, as as a manager, I, I don't know in what world, in in what situation where I'll be like, no, everybody, keep doing the factory things, or like stay here until I can clock you out. Like what? Crazy. Go. What, crazy you you know what have i will pay the rest of the day that's a that's a um that's one of those like this is like no offense to a, somebody who works at mcdonald's but for a long time people at mcdonald's got like hassled because it's like i don't have a button for that Th- this is the epitome of like they don't know what the button is to just clock everybody out and say we're done we're shutting everything down or like work it out later do you do you not right. understand what a massive natural disaster you got a is? clock you got a clock and you got a post-it note you can say at this time 
I'm shutting it all down. Right. Everyone's clocked out. At Every, this time. We're all clocked out. Yes. Go. Like, how hard, who, who, at what authority level did someone need to say, I'm clocking everybody out? Right. Yeah. It's and that's, that's the problem with, with these like super multifaceted management levels where there's so many different. It's also a very poor culture. Sure. It, of course. But if you have like a ton of managers, no one wants to be the one to say, I'm calling it. Well, it turns out the Better.com CEO also manages Amazon warehouses. <laughs> Great. He works, in, he works in HR for Amazon as well. That's what he moonlights doing. Right. So lots of not giving a damn about anyone. It's like tornadoes coming. The mm. safest place to be is in the warehouse. We're going to chain you to the line. Super collapsible roof. But, but we're chaining you to it. So you, it's a safety chain so that you can't get pulled away from the tornado. But the good news is you can keep working. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Justin continues, Leia, we've also heard you ask why Hams couldn't provide more help in these kinds of situations. Josh brought up the follow-up question a number of times, but who would they talk to? With recent technology, it's become easy for government and disaster relief organizations to turn to other seemingly simpler methods for backup comms. Right. This has left a lot of hams feeling frustrated as we see the value in the resource we can provide. Um, in response to who would they talk to? I, I, well, I, I answered this. I think we've also briefly talked about this in terms of like a comms plan we would set up in our own community. Correct. We'd talk to people in our community. Right. Like we wouldn't we would talk send... to the first responders. We'd listen to them. Right. But we don't need to be their ears. You literally just need a ham that lives close to either a hospital or a police department. Right. So for areas where comms are completely down, you need people in these key spots that can send <coughs> emergency support and then a ham on every block to then communicate issues that are going on in their immediate area. Like if you if there's a power outage and, you know, so if you know somebody on your block, for instance, has an oxygen tank. Mm hmm. Right. And the, the full power is out and you end up going and checking on them mm -hmm. and they're starting to run low on their non-power, like their battery operated. Right. Right. Then you're able to get in contact with somebody who's at a key location with an address to go run the oxygen over or like a, a battery pack or whatever, or get that person transported. Right. And, and I think that's, I think that's the part a lot of people are missing. The, the glitz and glamour, and I, I hate even using that term, but the, the thing that people seem to be focused with is wanting to interface with first responders. It's got a very notice me senpai thing. Like hams want to be the, the comms person in that first responder triangle, if you will. Right. I don't think that's true. I would. There are I, no. I there are some people that is a hundred percent what that's what they want to do. In a, in a and situation I'm not that's wrong. where the system is built for that, like finish. or let like races. Let me finish. Okay. But I think the most impactful thing you can do for your community is what you are building towards, which is talk to your neighbors, know your neighbors, understand what they need, and in an emergency, touch base with them, understand what their needs are. And then when communication is established, you can provide that information. 
that communication could be established via ham radio by a ham that's adjacent right. to by the first responders right. if there's no cell phone, etc. But the key factor is try to help each other first. Because as we've talked about, what have we said? We've, we've talked about this. If, if the disaster is large enough that there is no cell phone and there's no terrestrial landlines, if it's that big, there's not going to be that many first responders. Right. The first responders are going to be with their family. So you're going to be on your own, right? We're going to be on our own. So take care of ourselves. I don't think there's no first responders. I mean, if you have, like, for instance, uh, the freeze that happened in Texas, there weren't no first responders. There was just no communication because all power, all internet, and cell towers were not available. Perfect example. When I was out in Texas, right? When I was out there and I and I went and saw our friends, right? Mm -hmm. Sonia and Darren. Yeah. Sonia was telling me that she was basically doing like a shuttle service for mm -hmm. people to the market. Mm -hmm. She saw an elderly gentleman who had no way to go from his home to the HEB or the HEB. HEB. Apologies yes. to Texans. It's HEB. It's HEB. It's not deh. <laughs> it's not deh. Right? It's from. Um, You're right. It's duh. It's duh. Yeah, duh. Yeah. <laughs> duh. Duh. So he, she saw an, an older gentleman who was like freezing himself, basically, because he had no conveyance to the market. And so she stopped and, and, and helped him, you know, get his stuff to where he's going. What was that? That was just a neighbor helping out a neighbor, a member of the community helping the community. No first responder needed to be called, right? Mm -hmm. There's plenty of instances like that. I don't need to call for an ambulance unless the person that doesn't have oxygen is in dire need. Mm -hmm. If the problem is that person with the oxygen has an oxygen scrubber and that oxygen scrubber powers off of AC and they don't have a generator, then I don't need to go to a first responder. I find out who has a generator right. that I can bring over. At no time did I call the police or the, the, the paramedics or anyone. I just brought the right tool for the job to fix this problem, and I did it in our community, in our neighborhood. Good point. Good point. Right? So the, the point is take care of yourselves first, but the only way you can do that is if you build this rapport beforehand. And you don't have to be – you don't have to go door to door and be like, hey, I'm, I'm building my disaster preparedness plan, and I need to know what your, uh, your emergency medical requirements are. No. Just Have a neighborhood talk. watch block. But, but it doesn't even have to go that deep. It's just talk to your neighbors and you're going to, this person's elderly. They have zero mobility, mm -hmm. right? These things become evident when you just talk to people, right? And then mm -hmm. you just make notes of it. And then that's the thing you do. You Actually, I don't in. have an issue going door to door. I did it during the pandemic to see if there was anybody who needed anything. No, I know. But, but I'm saying when you do this beforehand, it's like your pre-work when things are good. Right. Right. You went door to door when there was already COVID. Right. Versus I'm trying to be proactive. Mm -hmm. And when you show up and nothing's wrong and you knock on the door and say, hey, I'm building uh, my emergency preparedness plan. Mm -hmm. Can I have your medical records? <laughs> right. Like that's not going to fly. But if you just talk to your neighbors, you get an idea pretty quick. Hey, she had a handicap placard in her in her front mirror. Right. Right. Okay. Mobility issues. Got it. You know, th this kind. Th you don't have to get like is type two diabetic and needs refrigeration. 
Right. right. That doesn't need, you know what I mean? Like that will come up, you know, you can solve that, but you can solve that in your group, in your community. Yeah. That's the point. Well, Justin continues, fortunately, there are a couple of groups that hams can join or participate in if they wish to contribute to the resiliency of their families and communities. Amron, American Redoubt Amer- Radio Operators Network, mm-hmm. is one such organization. There's also AMCON, AHRN, American Contingency Ham Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Leah, you might like to note that American Contingency is a network of local preparedness groups that train in a good number of areas of self-reliance at the individual, family, and community levels. H uh, AHRN is a communications arm of AMCON and assists with establishing a network across the country to pass emergency traffic if the need arises. As I type up this email, I'm actually acting as NCS for the weekly uh, FL Digi Net on 40 meters. I'm a member of both AMRON and AMCON, and I see both as a great resources to help both my family and community. In the aftermath of both Hurricane Ida and the tornadoes in Kentucky, nearby AMCON groups have mobilized gathering supplies needed through fundraising and material donations to assist those affected and drove them to where they could be distributed. Mm -hmm. Our Northeast Alabama group is still gathering materials to make secondary runs to aid with the Kentucky disaster. In my opinion, this is where this group shines. These are local blue-collar people helping neighbors through difficult times, and I can't think of anything better than that. So American Contingency goes much further. So he said American Contingency AN, which is the Amateur Radio Network. And that isn't American Contingency connected to uh, Mike. He created it. Right. So it goes well beyond that. It goes into just learning how to do things on your own. And we're talking not Mike. Mike Glover. Yeah, not right. Mike uh, K. Murder. No, Mike Glover. Mike Glover at Fieldcraft. Fieldcraft Survival. Right. Right. So learning how to shoot a gun properly, learning first aid, learning how to fish, learning how to be re- reliancy skills is, is their kind of bedrock, right? That's the, that's their, st- the, the platform to build upon. And right? if you didn't know, Josh mm-hmm. is actually their, uh, ham radio expert. He has been on, I mean, they have plenty now. I'm, yeah. I don't own title to that, but I've done talks at American contingency in their new location in Heber, Utah, I've been there, uh, I've been to their Prescott before they moved, and that's when I did the videos with Mike. I've done their podcast. Um, I've actually done a, multiple videos for the American Contingency AN group, which right. they have a, a private group that they have. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fully in support of, of what they're doing and the mission that they're doing, which is to provide reliance skills, right? That's kind of w- what I just said, right? Of, is what they're doing. Well, no, but I mean, like the the reliancy skills is knowing your neighbors, right, is one thing. But it it sounds dumb, but like, I hope that a lot of people listening to this know how to run a generator. Does everybody know how to run a generator? You you probably should, you know, like stuff like that, right? Where if those are those are things you can learn in relative short order, you just have to go seek it out. And I don't think people they don't they don't think about that because they're comfortable, right? Right. And so that goes back to the Baofeng thing. Right. A lot of people have Baofengs. They don't know how to program them. A lot of people have generators. They don't know how to do the oil change on them. They don't know what an hour meter is. 
They don't know why they should have one on their generator because none of them come with hour meters, like that kind of stuff, right? All of that, right? But that's, you learn that by doing it. Right. To me, you learn it by doing it. A lot of these things are, are very hands-on tactical things you need to learn. Like I, I'm not nearly as strong in my first date as I want to be, straight right. up. And I'm, I'm okay. Oh, actually, I was looking into uh, classes. For, right. And so this is this is the yeah. proactivity that you should do that should be a part of this. Right. So what if. So, he, OK, here's an example. What if you're in an emergency situation? You've got a radio, your neighborhood, someone in this adjacent neighborhood has a radio and they come over the pipe saying, I've got somebody in cardiac arrest. What do I do? You can't call. The, there is no ambulance right now, or the ambulance is too far away, or let's get the call started. We'll get the ambulance on the way. But in the meantime, do you have anybody that's helping you to explain what to do for CPR? Do you know how to do CPR? Have you ever conveyed how to do CPR over a phone? Have you ever conveyed how to do it over a radio? Right. If you don't know how to use that radio effectively, do you think you can convey a topic of such intensity like how to perform CPR if you've never done it? Probably not. That's true. That's the point, right? That's right. I hope I'm building to. But also, to the I point. think there's this um, this additional element of trying to do it on your own before depending on the government to do it for you. It it doesn't. I mean, it can be like a, I don't trust the government thing, and I don't think that's where you were going. I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I don't it's think just, you were. But for those that were thinking that, because I know there's people that think yeah. that. It's, again, in a proper emergency, a proper emergency, there isn't going to be a government in the first 11 hours, well, 24 hours. Well, there will hours. be, but it's kind of like everything else we do. It's You keep the, saying that, but I don't think, I've literally been to the classes where you've got people from the government that say, we're not going to be there in the first 11 hours or 24 hours. Oh, sure. Hours. Okay, okay. They're, they're not going to be there. You're going to be on your own, right? Right, but... I, I also feel like it is this, the more things you can handle on your own for your community, the better off that's going to be for the whole, right? Because you're not straining we, the yes, government. Exactly. You're not straining the first responders, right? Yeah, no, that's the, but that's the point, right? When, when we, when we have a real emergency and first responders are spread thin, some of them are dealing with their own family troubles. They have their own first responder situations to deal with at home, right? Then who best to handle the neighborhood? You. This is a, a, a really important thing we're touching on too, because this kind of goes to the core of what I believe politically. Right. And it is that one, you should expect to do things on your own mm -hmm. and you should be able to do as much as you can on your like own. Like all things. Not right? just not just emergency things, because the only way we reduce taxes is <laughs> less <laughs> dependence on the government. They're never giving it back, Leah. Yeah, they're never giving your I taxes want, back. I want lower taxes. <laughs> well, Justin continues now for my terrible shirt idea. Last week, when the term 
Elmer fight was said, all I could think of was a shirt with your local 80 meter frequency, you know the one, and below it, a cartoonish drawing of two OMs, both both holding a base station radio body, with one OM bashing the other across the face. I can't imagine what they're fighting over, but maybe you can roll it into the rock bottom line. <laughs> I want to make this shirt. But I know that people get really mad. So about mad. It. They so would get mad. so mad. But I like where your head's at because I think you're right. Justin signs off 73.0.8x listener. Justin KO4CEQ. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, for Justin. For listening in slow mode. <laughs> and thank you for suggesting those uh, fantastic resources. I, I think it is important for us to even if you were able to be a part of the first responders government entity mm-hmm. that that's actually not the best right well also you you to to have the government be efficient you're going to get lumped in with everyone right you're going to get a basic level of service that everybody gets right so Agreed. then why not um, not depend on them and have a more comfortable situation in a time when things are completely chaotic and unknown. Right. Be prepared. Well, the next email reads, extra rain to make coffee. And it is from the other volunteer podcast co-producer, Nathan. Nathan. What's up, Nathan? Raindrops keep falling on your head. And then I don't really know how this will fit inside the... Uh, <clears throat> the pacing of a song, but it's like, go inside, boohoo, and it's cold outside. This week, let's okay. start with ham radio. Josh, what do you feel were the hardest amateur extra questions when you studied and took your test? I asked someone on Facebook that had just passed extra, and he said for him it was schematics and diodes and such. I have books from the ARRL for extra, but haven't read much into them. I'm sure this will be a longer study period for me. So for me, the ones that were more difficult were the physical logic gates like NAND, NOR, or um, gates, because I'm coming from a software developer background, and the logic systems line up somewhat, but you to for me, I wanted to understand that particular aspect of it, and so I had a harder time um, wrapping my head around that completely. And then there are like... The, the diode stuff, like they have specific names like Schottky, Schottky diode and some of the other ones that have like a specific thing you have to know about them, like what they're capable of. And they have their own circuitry that people know just by looking at it, like, oh, no, that's what that is. Um, some of the network match, the L match, that kind of stuff, because those are the ones that I looked at. And I'm like, no, I, at this point, I want to figure all this stuff out. So I spent mm-hmm. more time with it. So if you think of if difficult means I spent more time with it, then then those would be the instances. Okay. And most of the stuff, by the way, most of the stuff now looking back, and even with the general questions, I, I would still grab a book. You know, I would mm-hmm. still grab a reference right, piece right. of material because I'm not doing this enough that I'm going to remember it. True. Nathan continues, <coughs> next, I want to thank you again for your wonderful video I watched early this morning about who you're going to talk to when getting into amateur radio. Thank you. My favorite line was about 
viewing amateur radio as a tool rather than a particular radio to lust after. It's very important to see the end goal before buying any radio. What will this radio do for me as a tool? What does my first radio need? Does my first radio need to be an FT5DR in an area that is two meter or 70 centimeter barren? Right. Do I just want to talk to my buddy nearby or make new buddies far away? How far am I willing to go in advancing my licensing to get to the level of wider communication over long distances? What is the cost associated with that? These are all fantastic questions, mm-hmm. uh, but also I, I want to I want to say something about the video you posted mm-hmm. because when I saw it, I was like, "Wow, this has like really professional YouTube feels to it." It's like it's just me, <laughs> just me, baby, just me. It was it was just a totally different feel to the video. It's amazing what you can do in editing. <laughs> When people say we'll fix it in editing, that's, you know, a little bit what they're talking about. Obviously, I'm not pretending to be like. I mean, at first, it felt like you were going to get real philosophical. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, I put my thinking hat on. There were questions that needed to be answered. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Well done. Well done. Always advancing your video skills. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. I spent, obviously, I, I normally post like one video earlier in the week and sometimes a second one. Right. Sometimes a third. But I spent like the whole week on that video. Hope you all enjoyed it. <laughs> Nathan continues, now to Leia. Looking on Discord, it looks like people are starting to receive their coffees. I'm glad they're finding great places to put their commemorative single event, Give It The Beans label. I'm sure they really appreciate it. So uh, <laughs> I think it was Evan mm-hmm. who posted that he put the decal on his amp. And he was like, now I get the full 80 watts. No, 800. <laughs> like 800 watts, sorry. Right, he's yeah. giving it the beans, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Next, you know when you hear a song a million times but never know what the title of it is or really listen to the lyrics? I just realized that a song I've heard many times talks about it never raining in Southern California. The name of the song is It Never Rains in Southern California. I have included some lyrics below. Mm-hmm. This is a song that the only reason I know it is because we used to go to Disneyland all the time. Mm-hmm. And in Southern California, we're, we're not like Florida that has like a massive Disney compound. We have two parks, mm-hmm. right? One is original Disneyland, the places that Walt Disney actually lived, right? Right. And then there is Disney's California Adventure. Mm -hmm. And that was Disney's love letter to Southern California, right? How much of Disney was actually in California Adventure? I didn't think he was involved in that. At all. He wasn't at all. Right, right, right. It has become more Disneyfied over time. Disneyfied. Well, it's, it's also got the MCU stuff. Right. Or will be the home. But when it first opened, and it wasn't very popular when it opened, and like a little bit behind the scenes, I was actually working at Disney at the time that mm-hmm. like DCA was, you know. As a, as a local pass holder, yeah. I loved it about that park because nobody went there. Yes. And I got to go Soaring California. When, when Soaring California first came out was like the coolest thing mm-hmm. so cool and then was when there was like spraying, smell-o-vision they were still spraying the scents yeah yeah it was crazy but every land was 
like an ode to areas of California. Like everybody who doesn't like California, don't go to California Adventure because it is literally. I mean, now you can go and just enjoy ignore, the Disney Yeah, you can go to the Disney it. parts of it. But it was like all California. It was like this like is Like Hauser would. He, yeah. would, he would have an aneurysm yeah. when he walked in <laughs> there. Like, These are all the things. Louis, get a I look love. at this. <laughs> but when you would come in, in the uh, in what is the equivalent of Main Street, it was Buena Vista Street, which is a, a street in mm-hmm. California. At, no. I think that I think that's actually where Disney Studios is based, Buena Vista Street. Right. But <clears throat> on Buena Vista Street, the only things that played were songs about California. <laughs> and they took it out, but remember the wave fountain? Yes. Yeah, there was so many cool things. Like the, um, I guess the, no, there's still a lot of cool, there's still a lot of really cool stuff in there. Um, it's just remnants. I mean, it's remnants of the old park because they turned the pier, which was like an old to all the piers in, in California. Like literally Santa all the boardwalks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they turned that into Pixar Pier. And now it's a bunch oh, of right. Pixar things. Yeah, right? that's right. And there, I think the Bodines is still there, where you can go get some free sourdough to go through the tour of the Bodines is factory. Is the Bodine? Yeah. Which one left? Is it the Tortilla Factory? Yes, the Tortilla Factory is gone. There okay. used to be a Tortilla Factory there, across the street where from you Bodine. could go in and you would get free tortillas. Hey, do you want some carbs? I think in the beginning they give you a whole bag of tortillas no, for going I never, in there. I, I I went there very early and I I never got a whole bag. I got and like then a. And if you go to Ghirardelli, they give you that came much later. That right? came much later. And the Bodine's factory there actually provides all of the sourdough to the two parks. That's that's why they're pumping out so much sourdough. All of your bread bowls, yes, <laughs> are baked in that factory, which is pretty smart. Yeah, when you think about it. And then there was like the national parks area because California is lousy with national parks. All the coastal forests. That, mm-hmm. That's kind of what that the Grizzly Peak. And then yeah. particularly when you go to the right side of the park, if you're looking from the entrance in. That's probably the only part of the park that's still untouched by like Disney licensing. And that's to me my favorite part of California is all the yeah. coastal forest and stuff like that. It's like the most beautiful part of the, the state. Because I think even Hollywood Land now is uh, just an amalgamation of different. It's animated, molested, is what you're saying. It's animated by shows, Disney. and then yeah. that just leads into like Guardians of the Galaxy and what is now like the MCU. Area. Right, because Tower of Terror used to be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but that was really good. the, the uh, Tower of Terror line was one of my favorite lines that in was Disney. such a well done i don't think i've done guardians with a gal i haven't actually. either so at before that though my favorite well probably still my favorite line and you don't it's hard it's hard now to experience the indiana line. jones 100 yes 100 the indiana jones line is the best line particularly when there was a line and you had to go through the whole thing slowly. Yes, and they gave you a hieroglyphic decoder. I still have some of the cards. Yes. The original cards that said like AT&T on the backside or whatever. It was totally <laughs> branded. It was so ridiculous. But like all the, the major rooms had like a thing. Like you could shake the bamboo pole and the ceiling would actually yes. come down. Yeah. Or the dude that's in the, the he's in the pit and you pull the rope don't pull the rope and you keep pulling the rope and then you hear all the things fall <laughs> really funny 
You know, I feel like a lot of those things have just gone away as uh, Disney has gotten farther and farther away. Or it's just things broke and they're like, we're not going to fix that. <laughs> so that. anyways, the lyrics Nathan is providing seems it never rains in Southern California. Seems I've often heard that kind of talk before. It never rains in California. But girl, don't they warn you? It pours, man. It pours. <laughs> I hear you've been having a bit of rain. Yeah, but I mean, it's like this has been like a week of it's overcast skies and rain, and it's like been three, four years. (laughs) So I don't know. No, I think uh, we we get maybe a couple of weeks of like, oh, this is it's raining. It's just gonna it's gonna rain on and off for the next like couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. You just don't remember because you work in an office. No. And your work is unaffected by rain. <laughs> right. Well, okay, fine. Uh, we are actually supposed to have rain all next week to into the Christmas time. So that's, uh, it's true. And we're really terrible about it. That's as Christmassy as we get here. That, I don't, Californians are just so terrible about rain. Like, bad about driving. Like, businesses just don't have any foot traffic when it rains. People are like, oh no, can't go out in that water. <laughs> I don't I don't understand. Whereas in the summer, everybody goes to stores to get air conditioning, you know? Right. But everybody's just bundled up looking outside going, that's a lot of water. <laughs> when it was a proper rain though, we would get like weird freak Baskin Robbins like surges. Really? Yeah, it's really weird. It, in the... Uh, in the cold months and when it was raining, we would get like crazy business nights. It's so cold. I want to be colder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then they'd like they'd sit and eat it in the Baskin Robbins and like look at the rain. It was weird. It was like a, it was almost like a tradition. Huh. I, I bet it was like a family tradition. It's like when it rains, that's when we eat Baskin Robbins. It was just always the same family coming back over and over again. Yeah, but they, it's like a were, family of like they 20. They were mean. <laughs> Johnson party of 20. Oh, they're from Utah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Nathan says, I hear you've been having a bit of rain. It's a little cold, unseasonably warm here in southern Vermont today. It was about 60 today. Oh, dude. No, it's been cold. On? It dipped into the 30s. People were scraping ice off their people windshields. Were, people were, were committing suicide in their Facebook stories <laughs> by posting pictures of frost. <laughs> And I don't, it's not ice, Leia. It's it, dramatic uh, California <laughs> ice scraping commences for frost. It's not ice. You should have heard the crossing guard go on and on about how long she had to defrost oh, her car whatever. before she could drive it. I, I do like her, but she is a bit of a drama queen. <laughs> I love her. She's oh, always, she's great. She's always so happy. Which her personality must shine so bright because she never wears a mask around any of the children. And in the beginning, you were like, this bitch. (laughs) Well, she's, I mean, she's outside. But also, I... Our old crossing guard used to have a, she used to have a whistle, mm-hmm. right? But then because she had to wear a mask, she ended up getting a bell. And mm-hmm. that's like your signal once she makes the sound. Right. That's when you cross. And uh, a lot of people had mentioned to her, it's like, oh, you know, 
are you going to have a whistle or something like that? And she was like, no, you guys aren't dogs. I'm going to tell you when it is time. And every day she gets to the middle and she goes, okay, everybody, come on. Like literally. But she's, the previous crossing guard was like a more timid Asian woman. I like that because I made the kids greet her every day. In and then she Cantonese did. She spoke in, yeah, she yeah. did. But this crossing guard's like, no, I'm very outspoken. Yes. Like, I will she, tell I you and you will scream walk. scream at cars. She will, she will fight a car. Yes. I have seen <laughs> she, her do it. Like, she's walking out there and I'm like, yo, dog, that car's doing 80. Yeah. And she's like getting in front of it, like and screaming at him and stuff. And and it, dude, she's she's wild. And like on top of that, if if it starts getting like really out of hand, where there's more than one day of mm-hmm. cars being too aggressive, there is she'll always, shoot at him. No, she gets a. There's a police officer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah she yeah. always if, gets a police she, officer. She calls for backup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Pretty impressive. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Nathan signs off. Well, I will leave it there for now. Cameron, I had to laugh when I heard your singing. I'm glad you did a song this week and got into the game. This is since this is my week off from making a song. The song was fantastic. (coughs) Well done, Cameron. Uh, That's 73 K1 MAZ Nathan in Southern Vermont. Do not be angry with the rain. It simply does not know how to fall upwards. I love the rain. Now, you guys all know I like driving in the rain. I like driving in heavy mm. fog. I like driving in the snow. Yeah. All the things. Mm. I love it. I mm-hmm. love it. It's so. I mean, you're not the best at it. No, I'm great. I'm like fantastic. It. I mean, in, in the way that you're fantastic because you love it, not because you're like really good at it. <laughs> but now it's time. I'm not ready. <laughs> It's the final. That was too fast. I thought we were still going to banter a bit. And, you're like, <laughs> and now it's time. Like, what? Dog. All right. This email titled, I have an exam in 12 hours, clouds, and a bit of radio, too. And this is from Jake. Jake. It's sliding in. <laughs> Dear Leia and Josh, by the time you read this, I will have history final in about 12 hours. So please wish me luck. Good luck, Jake. You're going to ace it. Good luck. There was no email. Rome's not real. No, do not. That crazy woman on TikTok trying to deny the existence of the Roman Empire (laughs) is the most (laughs) ludicrous thing. And she does it with such like pompous conviction. But so confident. Oh, she just. And then she pulls out all of the. Okay. So this is how misinformation is gobbledygook. This is how fake news gets spread. It's so convincing. I know. We just totally derailed Jake's last ah, email. It's I'm so, so funny. I'm sorry, Jake. I, I'm sorry I said this, Jake. But I just cannot understand why someone wants to go off and spread half-cocked misinformation. It's not even half-cocked. Oh, it's fully Co- cocked. You're right. Fully, it's fully cocked. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all the way wrong. All right. So I'm not even going to share where you can find this crazy woman because I will not feed her insanity. Nope. And also I request no emails about how Rome is not real. We don't (laughs) want. This is my hill to die on. (laughs) You're not fighting us. We believe Rome exists. No, no, no. I'm saying do not email me and tell me that Rome is not real. Oh, yeah. No, we don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear it. 
I don't believe that there are any HRCC members because everybody is pretty science minded and logical. It's that arsonist guy I talked about earlier. <laughs> Just burn it to the ground. He's like, Nero didn't do good enough job. <laughs> Jake says there was no email last week because I was absolutely slammed with studying. But this week, I'm slightly less slammed. So this email contains two weeks worth of thought, but I'll do my best to keep it short. First off, Josh has the dangerous cloud got you yet? Did it moisten you? And Leah, you're right. Cloud tsunamis do exist. The locals in Virginia call them thunderstorms. I don't deny their existence. I'm just not afeared by them. I mean, I guess a tornado is also kind of a cloud tsunami, you know, if you think about it. And you saw that devastation. Just saying. Leia, you cannot Josh, do what you're where doing. Are right you? Now. <laughs> you, you cannot say like, I'm sorry, a, a tornado is just a sniper cloud. <laughs> it like takes oh, all. I don't even want to laugh at tornadoes. It takes right all the now, cloud but... energy and just focuses it like a laser no leah you cannot do that all right i would argue that's more the wind than the cloud all right okay josh when are you going to buy the rotator so you can make some iss contacts i am not asking this to be clear jake is asking this and i, I mean i can buy it tomorrow based on <laughs> despite my better like judgment. all the equipment to do this like all the equipment to get a proper uh az and l or, or anyway rotation and tilt right mm -hmm. uh rotor is probably gonna be seven to eight hundred dollars like straight up and that's not even that may include the mast and the mounting sounds terrible leia that would be two very angry antennas that are like <laughs> moving around and shifting up and down and all this. that stuff that and it then it then it's like it's on at that point i'll be i'll be killing it well jay continues as oh, for the drop and then I also the fourteen hundred dollar uh icom 9700 that would have to come along hey thanks a lot for this jake yeah so you know hey <laughs> As for the drop I sent in two weeks ago, no offense taken, Josh. I'm fairly new to Audacity. Yes, you played the correct drop. It was actually three individual sound clips. The Jaws theme song, mm -hmm. the We Are Going to Need a Bigger Boat, and Nate saying Inbox. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see, I can see that. Yeah, you, you did add that in. All right. The Got tricky it. part was aligning the theme song to the background music in the clip. It was a little more difficult since it has two diffract songs. So I had to find a point at which it flowed nicely together. You and did. that's what you call being a DJ. No, you did. It, the fact that I only pulled out, I only thought to remember the first track and then mm -hmm. had the Nathan track. <laughs> oh, man, everybody's coughing tonight. Um, the, the Nathan track is a second track. So the fact you had a third, you you beat matched it pretty well. It's pretty good. Nice. Nicely done. Now on to radio. I will be taking a road trip. I want to bring some radio with me. I'm thinking about bringing my FT3 since we will be taking a rental. I plan on adding a BNC mag mount with a signal stick. The weather will be fairly cold and there will be a lot of hiking and skiing. Mm -hmm. I plan on wearing my FT3 when outside for most of the time on my shoulder. Josh, do you see any blatant issues with the setup? Anything I should add? So super cold temperatures with the uh, signal stick, it will get a little floppy. Really? Yeah. Instead of harder? No, yeah, it gets like... Wow. 
Why? Sad. Why? That um, seems it's affected by super cold temperatures. Like at my dad's when we were there, I took it outside at 20 degrees. Things and don't it normally like, get less rigid in the cold, though. I mean, I can think of one thing. That yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's not organic. I mean, <laughs> calm down now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I don't know what the mobiles are made of because I don't actually own a mobile for the uh, the signal stick. But there are a couple of signal sticks that I am thinking about looking at in the future going forward here. So. All right. Well, Jake signs off. That's all for now. You're ready to finally finish this semester. Correspondent Jake, K-O-4-J-U-Z. P.S. You two are keeping me sane. Thank you. Well, well thank Jake, you. I hope that you finish out your semester with all A pluses, which is what is expected. <laughs> That's what Leia expects. And she's going to be very disappointed <laughs> if you don't. Uh, I, I always liked history, though. Yeah. History was... Although I, I always got uh, the the things the things about history that bothered me was the remembering of like the key dates, which some would argue is the most important part. But uh, no, I never felt that way. I always felt like there was like a, a period of time in which there was a culture in prominence, and the things that culture did and the events that happened, I found like the most interesting. I think that's sure. why I like hardcore history so much, mm. which I would say is a better podcast than our own. <laughs> um, uh, Dan Carlin, it, if anybody is not listening to Hardcore History, you owe it to yourself to listen to Hardcore History, mainly for the reason that if you think a five-hour podcast is not long enough, who, buddy? <laughs> How long are their podcasts? Six hours. Wow. And then it's a eight-part series. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. It's awesome. All right. Well, I guess if uh, you listen on 2X, Sterling, you could go... <laughs> listen to this other podcast too <laughs> dude i'm sure he already listens okay it's time Leia, would you like to take a test it's time let's go all right well i'm on question 22 of 35 of my general test prep mm -hmm. the first question reads what does muff stand for a, the maximum usable frequency for communications between two points. B, the maximum usable frequency during a 24-hour period. C, the minimum usable frequency for communications between two points. Or D, the minimum usable frequency during a 24-hour period. And the answer is A, uh, the maximum usable frequency for communications. If you got that wrong, I would I would have been a little... You'd be mad. I'd be a little muffed. Big mad. I'd be a little muffed. <laughs> The next question reads, what is the value in microfarads, farads? Microfarads. Farads of a 4,700 nanofarad NF capacitor? A, 47,000, B, 47,000, C, 47, D, 0. 0.47. Okay. Mm, uh, 4.7. Point seven, B four point seven. Yep, nailed it. Thank you. Math. <laughs> <laughs> you want to show your work on that one? <laughs> I moved the decimal. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, the next question reads: What action results from a failure to exchange information due to excessive transmission attempts when using Pactor or Winmore? 
A, Mm -hmm. the connection is dropped. B, the checksum overflows. C, the packets will be routed incorrectly. D, encoding reverts to the default character set. Uh, A, the connection is dropped. Good. Thank you. The the the. What was the second one? The checksum overflows. overflows. So <laughs> funny. That is not at all what happens. That you can have a buffer overrun, and and that's a coding thing that you shouldn't ever have a user experience. Like you should not have that happen. Um, and but being the checksum, checksum is the like if I send you a message. Right, so if I if I sent you a text message mm-hmm. and then I put a character string on the back end, when you received that character string using your computation method that you have, if they didn't line up, then you would kick it back as a failure. Ah, it's the check of it being an accurate uh, message, so that the, the checksum <laughs> just hilarious. That was, that was my favorite. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. The next question reads, what is the reason that a series diode is connected between a solar panel and a storage battery that is being charged by the panel? A, the diode limits the current flowing from the panel to a safe value. B, the diode greatly increases the efficiency during times of high illumination. C, the diode prevents self-discharge of the battery through the panel during times of low or no illumination. Or D, the diode serves to regulate the charging voltage to prevent overcharge. Uh, oh, you should know this. Uh, you should know this. I don't know. A, the diode oh. limits the... Or, or C. Yeah. <laughs> I, I spoke too soon. I'm sorry. <coughs> the diode... C, the diode... You got it? Self-discharge. Because of my... Through my the my audible uh, yes. reaction. Yes. So diodes are check valves. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a check valve is? They only flow in one direction. Mm-hmm. So if you put a so what's the big what did I say what happens with a battery if you connect it to a solar panel at night and there's no charge controller? It heats the panel up. Mm. That's what that's that's what the diode does. It's I a see. check valve. It prevents the power. From voltage going, going into way. the panel yeah. heating it from the battery right. when there's shade well here's the last question what mm-hmm. is the recommended way to break into a phone contact a say your call sign once b say qrz several times followed by your call sign c say breaker breaker d say cq followed by the call sign of either station uh, d say cq followed by the call sign of either station no, Negative. say your call sign once. Yep. Oh, I was almost five for five. CQ implies that like there is no conversation going on on that frequency. I see now. When see. there is a conversation going on, then what you can do is th- the most polite method of doing this is give your call sign. What I hear most on the air is like comment. They'll oh, just say comment. Interesting. Implying that they have a comment to add in the conversation that's already going on. So not say your call sign once? 15 times. 15 times. 15 times. times. Okay. All right. Got it. No, it's just give your call sign once. That's it. Okay. Okay. So in today's video that I dropped, and you're all listening to this tomorrow, so it'll be yesterday's video, somebody just kind of out of the blue said, QRP radio crash course. Make a video 
about people who I saw that have to just have to QRP mm-hmm. as their first HF radio. Okay. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. I don't know that I, I haven't wrapped myself around doing a full video on that concept yet, but I, I, I could. Here's the thing. If I make a video about this topic, people will do it. (laughs) (laughs) And I I, I still believe that that's not the way you should start your ham radio career out. Um, And why? And and I got to say this. This is like my disclaimer for everybody. Having 100 watts, and and a lot of us look at 100 watts as kind of almost being QRP, particularly in the low side of the sun cycle. Mm. We're all coming out of the low side. The sun cycle's coming up, and then all of a sudden, QRP's looking kind of sexy. <laughs> okay. Because the sun's out. Yeah. Get it, Lana? See what I did there? Yeah. So 100 watts is where you want to be, to to be honest. If you're trying to do the Bouvet, you know, if, if you're trying to get to Bouvet this this next November, right? Bouvet Islands, de-expedition that's coming okay. up. And you're in the United States. You probably want 100 watts, if not an amp, and some gain. Like, just throw all the things behind your signal until you can make contact. Put put the give it the bean sticker on anything (laughs) that you're you're planning on making contact. Put it on yourself. Put it on. Put it on your microphone. (laughs) Buy buy. If you buy four bags of coffee, you'll have four stickers, right? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. The idea, though, is the 100 watts will give you consistency in making contacts. You will not make some contacts at 100 watts, but you will make more than you fail at. And so a lot of people want to instill the concept that where you start is 100 watts. And for most people, I would I would generally agree with that. But QRP. QRP is for heroes. Five watts. Five watts of power. You can be a hero on Bouvet Island. <laughs> <laughs> and there there are a myriad of different radios that will put out more than that. Like the KX2 will put out 10 watts on its internal battery. The KX3 will do 15 watts. The Shegu G90 will do 20 watts. And arguably, you could say these are closer to QRP than they are not. The one thing I will tell people starting out in QRP. Watts matter. Watts matter. There's there's a couple of things, couple of things that I think are super, super key important points if you're going to go down this road of QRP. You must have a resonant antenna. That should be your, your going in position. Whether that's going to be a dipole, it could be a linked dipole, it could be a fan dipole. But if you're portable, probably not a fan dipole, probably a linked dipole. If you have... A Yagi that you can use. And you're not necessarily portable with a Yagi, but we've got the Buddy Hex coming out. And the Buddy Hex is literally a hex beam that's portable, right? That probably cost as much as the radio that you'd be potentially buying. <laughs> uh, but that gives you gain. And that's going to be really valuable if you're using QRP. But antenna matters. It could be an NFED half wave, which are great. They're, you know, they're it's going to be resonant. You're going to be good out there. But I'll give a nod to a couple of antennas to to check out if you're going down this road. Uh, the Pac-10 Mini, great. Do that mono band, um, fed half wave for 20 meters. Again, rumors abound that there may be a 40 meter uh, add-on kit that you can buy, but you can make your own 40 meter add-on kit. A Buddy Stick Pro. I've used that multiple times in in QRP situations and on POTA. 
and have completed my uh, activation. Very happy doing that. From Southern California, I'll talk about that in a little bit too. There is the, you know, you can do the DX Commander, but that, that <laughs> becomes, the DX Commander Expedition would be more in line with what you might be doing portably, you know, okay. that kind of thing. The, uh, oh boy, the Soda Beams Band Hopper is a linked dipole that goes along with their telescopic mast. Fantastic. That would be one of the ones that I would also definitely recommend people go check out. Wolf River Coil, although Cameron lambasted, uh, works works <laughs> fine. I'll never touch one of them. Yeah, ever. I'll never. That's trash. Never. Uh, um, That's, still, yeah, still works. Never gonna set you up. <laughs> never gonna analyze you. <laughs> um, you can you can do a lot with that. Still, I, I would I would give the nod to the buddy stick pro but but the point what why am i focusing so much on the antennas because that's what's gonna matter if you're doing qrp you, you you're gonna be really gonna hyper focus on your antenna particularly if you're going down the road of single sideband and that's a important point on on uh on qrp single sideband is going to be your least helpful mode of operation you are going to make far less contacts yes. in single sideband. Just give it up. Just don't even do it. <laughs> don't, don't even try. <laughs> it, it's going to be harder. It's going to be much harder. You will do much better with digital and uh, because that goes into the noise. But also Morse code is where QRP like thrives. If you, if you know Morse code. and Low power, small data. <laughs> Low power, maximum effort yeah. <laughs> uh, with, with Morse code. I, I think if, if you're going down the QRP road, then then Morse code is going to be in your future at some point. You're, you're going to go out and you're going to try to make contacts and you're going to have a harder time with it, particularly when you start out. At some point, you're going to start saying, how do I how do I make more contacts with this? How do I get better at this? And it's going to lead you to Morse code. Which is good. I, I think that's a fantastic place to be. And you get a lot of benefits from doing that, like with going with the reverse beacon network. If you if you do CQ POTA, um, it will spot you with your call really? sign. The, the system will automatically spot you so that you get spotted if you're doing Morse code. Huh. Incredibly valuable. Digital modes, also great. But with digital modes, that brings on extra baggage of bringing computing devices into the field. So you're bringing a laptop. Or you're bringing a Raspberry Pi and a tablet, or you're doing something right outside of just radio stuff. The advantage though with QRP is that because you're packing light, you can bring things like batteries and solar panels and all that stuff that you might normally bring, but it's going to take up much smaller space in your pack. So you can bring things like a jacket and food and Ooh. wherever you're going, <laughs> you're hiking, you're whatever. So QRP is no, going to be. No, you can just live off of RF, right? Yeah, I, I do. Just eat it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sustain myself. I'm directly <laughs> just putting a, a, a coax line in my mouth and get my sustenance that way. The, the QRP radios lend themselves to be packable and portable, and, and that's the romantic side of it, right? You want this tiny little radio that you pull out and you can make contacts with, which is all true. All of that's going to be even more possible as we roll into the high sun side. But you can go further with the power that you're bringing into the field. Everybody likes the FT-891, the Yaesu FT-891, 
when they go out in the field. The downside of that radio is it's like a one amp radio on draw. So you're, you're, you got to pull a battery in that will keep that thing chugging. You may make your contacts really fast, which is really good because you're not going to sit there for all day uh, transmitting and receiving on that in a POTA. On a QRP radio, you can take your time. You can sit down and set yourself up. You can be making some coffee, hanging out with the family. You're really selling it. Right? It, it, yeah. that's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's more of a, a relaxed feeling because you got to put yourself in the mode of Q, the mindset of QRP. Mm, it can't like be fishing. this. It's very much like fishing. And if I haven't laid this out completely, you are going to spend more time trying to make contacts with QRP <laughs> than with a 100-watt portable radio. You are going to be out in the field longer. Your POTA activation score count is going to be lower than like Mike KMRDs <laughs> with the with the FT eight ninety one. Mike can knock a park out in thirty minutes. I'm not saying that's not Mike magic. It is Mike magic too, but it's also the one hundred watt radio that he's running, and that he can turn around those contacts really quickly. If that's something you want to do then you still got to focus on that 100 watts. But if you don't have a problem taking longer to get that activation done, in my case, double that time, and I didn't get like 50 contacts, I got 15 contacts in an hour to activate a park in Southern California. But also I'm on the coast, so, you know, half of the world to me is ocean. Right. Right, that yeah. I can hit, you know, or, or that I'm whatever. So just, just, Remember that when, when you're going in is that you're, you're going to take longer to make contacts. You, you need to be more patient and it can just be a part of kind of what you're doing and having fun with. The good thing though is it's, it's lightweight. QRP is lightweight generally. It's a real light pole. Well, I mean, uh, that means you can, pack, <laughs> you can pack down your antenna. You can pack down your batteries. You don't have to bring big batteries. You can bring small batteries. You can bring small solar panels even and keep them topped off and you'll still be effective. The question is, how effective? If the bands are totally dead, then you're going to have a hard time no matter what you try and do, right? So yeah. that that's the thing that 100 watts gives you is that you can, you can still make some kind of action, make some kind of play, even in a really bad band day. It's kind of like carrying a fanny pack versus carrying a tote bag, you know? To put it in terms of purses. More stuff? Or you're just talking capacity. Yes. If capacity was watts, yes, you'd have more watts. That's actually not a bad analogy because the fanny pack's super lightweight. You can carry it everywhere. But a tote bag's kind of cumbersome. You have to make sure you, you know, you know, I guess. I was trying to work with it. <laughs> you said it was a good analogy. I'm, I'm just I'm just so glad you're out here talking <laughs> <laughs> about QRP is for heroes, as Leia will tell you, and and I definitely agree with that. But I think I love a good fanny pack. <laughs> do you? No, you do not. I do. I have a particular fanny pack that I love, and oh, you I do. Use it, you're, you're right. You're right. I use it in specific instances, and it's exactly what I want. So we're gonna put a QRP radio in there one day. Will it fit in a fanny pack? Yeah, I've got plenty of radios that'll fit in that fanny pack. Wow! But you gotta learn Morse code. Yikes. That's what a future. We we got your whole future planned out, Leah. You're gonna get your general, get you your extra. Actually, we can we can have a a jumping off point where you can decide: Do you want to do Morse code, 
or go to your extra. Extra. <laughs> extra. You're not learning enough languages right now is what you're, you're, yeah, exactly. You're okay. So to go back, the cool thing about QRP is that it, it, it is a, a game that you can play before you go to sleep at night, if you're an insomniac like me, and you can just think about like, what kind of kid? Oh, did we figure out that's what your problem is? Yeah, that's what they told me. I don't, I I, I had the sleep test. I I do not have the apnea. And they said, oh, you're probably just a raging insomniac. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how long does it take you to fall asleep? I'm like, I don't know, 45 minutes. Like, yeah, that's not good. Like, what are you thinking about? I'm like, radios. (laughs) QRP radios. Have you heard about ham radio? <laughs> Would you like to also have the problem I have? <laughs> Would you like to also not sleep? Like you know how people you know how people go home from work and they're like, man, I just like I come home and I'm just like so frustrated from work and I'm just like I'm I'm mad like all the time. I come from work and I'm like, it's time to play radio. And I'm just like playing radio. And I go to sleep and I'm like, I can't sleep because I just want to keep playing radio. And I know I got to go to work in the morning and it's going to hurt me really badly, but I just want to keep playing radio. Like that's, that's what it feels like to be me. (laughs) So it's not something that just is from uh, you needing to binge. No. Yeah, no, there's, but that's, that's the problem with picking a hobby that's so deep, right? Yeah. Once I get to the end, I'm like, I've made my perfect QRP kit. I am satisfied. <laughs> I can now sleep. And then somebody goes, but what about that satellite rotor? And I'm like, oh, damn, you're right. <laughs> I'm up for another 30 minutes. Let's work this out. Like it, 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 uh, it it's uh, a real, it's a problem. It is it? Is it a problem? <laughs> why, ha- why you hurt me, ham radio? <laughs> I love you so much. I love you so much. I just want to sleep. (laughs) It would just be something else, though. That's the problem. It's not like it's ham radio that's doing it. Like, it would just be something else. Oh, you're just defending ham radio now. (laughs) (laughs) It takes care of me. It takes care of my... (laughs) It protects me when I'm home. It tells me it loves me. (laughs) It says it'll never do it again. (laughs) That's actually not funny. No, it's not. Why did you no. laugh like Why did you laugh so hard? Why did you laugh so hard? It's not funny how ham radio treats you. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Apparently, guys, I'm breaking up with ham radio. <laughs> you need to set healthy boundaries with ham radio. This is where I'll leave the QRP comments. So the cool thing about QRP is, again, you can put it on the backpack and you can go to the nines. Like, again, K6ARK. Look at all what he's done. He's made the tiniest radios. Tiny. I think he swallows them before he goes on the mountain and he poops them out. (laughs) That's why he has to make those Adirondack chairs. No. Because he has to wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He swallows them. Mm -hmm. Scotty uses teleport technology. Teleports them out of his body. (laughs) clean and then he operates so the this, radio with it. so so adam, adam is, is part not of the only like just a master of all things that are like made with your hands mm-hmm. he's also very savvy in building technology mm-hmm. and now has a direct relationship to the future to the future is where right <laughs> okay right, right. So the, Adam that's, is from the holodeck. Okay. <laughs> oh my God! Is he like Moriarty? He broke yes, out. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> Do I have to call Will Wheaton to battle him? Could you? No. Oh, okay. Unless he brings a bunch of Woot Stout over. <laughs> That's the only thing Will Wheaton has ever done I really support is Woot Stout. What is Woot Stout? It's the collaboration with Will Wheaton and Stone. Uh, and it's literally a stout that Stone produces. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Pretty good. You've had it? Every year. Wow. Did they do a vertical of it? And I get pissed at myself every year that I'm buying it. <laughs> God damn, Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. <laughs> damn it, Wesley. That was all right. That, was that wasn't Sean that Connery. Was, that, that was definitely Sean <laughs> Okay, all right. You well, just then. needed to channel your inner anger at Will Wheaton. Uh, that was it. <laughs> I just had to find my muse. It was Will Wheaton. <laughs> you just needed to get yourself in the mindset of Jean-Luc Picard. I, I Hating felt it. Wesley I was, Crusher. I was slightly and French. And that is his whole, whole persona. I was slightly fr- French, and I was upset at this cadet. <laughs> It was too smart for his own good. Never went to the academy. And can't you can't ever really be mean to him because you have a crush on his mom. You want to bed his mother? <laughs> so complicated. I felt it. The struggle in my brain. Anyway, I think that's it. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up, guys. Anybody still listening? There may be five of you. If you have not already, consider subscribing us uh, over subscribing, supporting us over on Patreon. Get involved, uh, so help support the podcast. You can get the newsletter starts at two dollars, and it just goes up from there. If you want, I mean, help. the newsletter doesn't get any better. The higher level Patreon, no, you don't get additional articles or anything. Well, this is the secret chapter <laughs> of the newsletter. It's got a cipher. <laughs> This, it's the same newsletter, but now apply the cipher. <laughs> Listen to your Noah radio at 5 p.m. <laughs> Wait, you're in cahoots with Noah? <gasps> oh, my God. It's coming from inside the house. <laughs> it's coming from me. <laughs> I've got a Noah radio in my brain. <laughs> Anyway, if you want to support us, uh, consider joining us over on Patreon. That's why you like driving in bad weather. That's oh my it recharges God. me. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. 73. 73.